time. Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to RPG Digest! In this livestream formatted podcast, we discuss tabletop role-playing games and comment on the RPG industry as a whole, or hobby, whatever the hell you want to call it. I am John Maxley Oshlow, your favorite, not-so-humble, curmudgeon, critic, judge, executioner, and that guy who makes all the decisions in your life, or should at least, because it'd be, you'd be much better off, well, hell, I'd be much better off. Along with me is the much less echoey Ethan Dog. How are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. I hope we find everyone well, as a matter of fact. And today uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some neat stuff. But uh, before that, uh, go go ahead, go ahead and show show my my new uh, my new background. Oh my god! So oh they are not god. shocked. Okay, here we go. Turn that off. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm shocked. It's, it's shocking. It's shocking. Yes, it is. Oops, that, wrong get, one. How, how do I make how do I make you bigger? That didn't like do this. it. Watch. Boom. Okay, there you there. go. I can't make you bigger. <laughs> Apparently only can make me bigger. I made my the whole thing full screen. That's pretty cool though. Dark Never cave. I could do that. It is. It is very much like a dark cave. Noro is right. Now, uh the the reason this this is happening is because uh the echo from last week and uh I am I am forced into a different room because uh uh Max Leo's stream takes too long and my 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 family <laughs> does not want the uh uh, the, the main area, the main living area taken up for so long. So this is where I, I am now. can die a happy man for I have <laughs> negatively impacted heathen dog's life. Lost ogre. <laughs> the, there's no echo. Right? It's not, it's not, it's not bad. Is it? <laughs> no, there's, there's no echo. Okay, good. If he's hearing so, yeah, it, it's is... Shadzar oh, just Shadzar hosted, hosted the stream. stream. Look at that. Thank you very much. Shadzar. Can you make me normal size again? Cause I don't know how to do it. Make it go. I oh, you just did that. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me get the, the, the thingies back up so we can get through them pretty fairly somewhat quickly. Uh, okay. Boom. So what is RPG Digest? Here are conversations about the TTRGP. I always fuck that up. I mean, mess that up. Segment two. That's when I can cuss. Segment two. Gotta remember that. About the RPG hobby. Truthful, but opinionated. Information you need to hear, but not what you want to hear. Because I'm not going to live in an echo chamber in my life. Oh, hey, look at that. Knock an echo chamber for the idiots who permeate the hobby. And oh, God, are we going to have one later? Don't like our commentary? Well, guess what? You can come on this show yourself and come blabbing our ear holes and tell us why you think we're wrong. And then, well, we'll make fun of you after we kick you out of the channel. Uh, 
<laughs> then of <laughs> course, weird. I know. We have our hashtag RPGate. Use this everywhere. I'm going to make shirts about this. I'm trying to get some shirts done uh, with this. I just haven't had time. Uh, games are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and organic diversity. Not the type that they ham fist and jam into you and say, you must accept all these little, or take in all these little things. You must figure out how to turn 4.1% of the population into 50% of the population. No. People in natural inclusion. Just don't kick people away. How about that? It's so simple. Just don't kick people away. All right. We talk about a little gatekeeping later on today, too. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Talk about hilarity. Look at that. You can come talk to us on Discord and make fun of Heathen Dog, because I cry. Hey. I cry. You guys make fun of me all the time now. All I do is I go there, and it's somebody laughing at me about something. You can come to our website, which I haven't updated in a while. Uh, you can check us out on Parlor, Twitter. You can watch us on Twitch or YouTube. Hmm, interesting concept right now, right? You can back us on Subscribestar, and you can buy our crap on Spreadshirt. By the way, I updated our crap with a new Heathen Dog shirt. Um, did you get one yet or no? I haven't gotten it. I was waiting for more, because the, the uh, street sign one, eh, it's not one that's for me. I'm okay. waiting for the other one. Well, but, I, I've, I'm playing around with some designs. They're not working out the way I had hoped so far. That that yeah. one at least looks like something, so I'm I'm... I've got more ideas, but uh, so far the other two ideas I've had have fallen. They they did not work. Oh, <laughs> Ad, so. But hey, you know, maybe I'll fiver it out, right? I don't know. All right, got some comments going on. Never responds. Yeah, he dog never responds on what? Discord. What are you talking about? That is about? true. That is true. I got to say, never. I mean, the literally the word never, ever. You you can't you can't even search him on on Discord. No, no. <laughs> Yo, I am. As a matter of fact, even when I'm on, it says that I'm not because I have the set. Oh, wait, no, I don't That's have me. the settings like that. <laughs> Max Liao does. That's right. <laughs> I'm pretty much always on unless I'm sleeping or something else is going on. But, yeah, that's but you'll me. never know it. You'll He's never know it. Away. I'm always away. <laughs> I do that at work, too. Uh, our little work chat and whatnot. It's like, man, do you ever work? Nope. <laughs> not as far as you're concerned. Oh, uh, what's number three? I just don't like people, I, you know, it's like social media, man. I don't like people knowing where I am or what I'm doing and so forth. It's none of your damn business. I'll answer back when I feel like answering back. But you know who we will answer back to? We'll answer back to people who support us. Give us money and we'll <laughs> like you more. <laughs> Give us money and we'll like you more. Wow. <laughs> uh, we want to thank our monetary backers, those who subscribe on Twitch. And uh, talking about that, da, 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 da. So let me do this. And let me do that, do that, and uh, let me uh, take this off. Don't we have a giveaway to do from last week? Ethan Dog for whom, for whom? Uh, uh, what's his name? Cat. Oh, Crafty. Yeah, Crafty. There you go. Oh, I'm, crafty I'm, Matt Craft. <laughs> you brought out <laughs> of the web, 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 web page. Oh, now. oh yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I have to do the ticker ticker. Anyway, um, so I, I hope he's watching because I want to give him a game. So I'm going to just spin it. Go for yeah, it. He's here. Yeah, he's, he's going to echo until I'm done with this. So Here we go. We're going to spin the wheel. Not fired. It's his fault. He doesn't wear a headset.
And what do we have? Comes up. It's a oh, great game. Uh, I can't read it. <laughs> what the hell does it say? Uh, oh, you won Border Force. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so craft wins Border Force. I'll have to find the key for that one. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what that game is. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, we get this out of here so that heathen dog. Uh. Is that? Is that? I will stop sharing. Stop sharing. Okay, you can talk now. Oh, look, we got things. No, you can't talk now because you didn't unmute yourself. Yeah, I have to unmute myself. Border Force. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> border Force is a single player and multiplayer game where you can play as a border guard stationed at the UK border. You will be tasked with checking vehicles, their nationalities, their cargo, and more. Oh my God, you're a border agent. That's amazing. You can boot like everybody. This is great. <laughs> Weren't we just talking about no gatekeeping earlier? Yeah, you well, will this, now this be gatekeeping. Is a gatekeeping game. <laughs> so, uh, Crafty, what I'd like you to do, uh, as a whisper, as a whisper, in uh, Twitch, please send me your email address. It's the only way I can do this, and I have to have you do it in Twitch so that I can verify it's actually you, not some other random person saying, "Look, it's me." So, please send me a, a message or send uh, Legion Myth a whisper in Twitch with your email address. And I'm writing this down in something better now. Or a throwaway email address if you have a tinfoil hat collection. However you want to do it. As long as I get it from this account to me, you can send it to your mom, your best friend. You can send it to me. Oh, Shadzar says uh, when Heathen is echoing, he needs to say, Will the owner of a white Buick come to the parking lot? You left your lights <laughs> on. White Buick. License plate Alpha Alpha 747 Echo. White Buick. Thank you. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> All oh, right. KR Choppers blue light special on aisle 12. Blue light special on <laughs> aisle God. 12. How old do you have to be to remember that? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, have we gone through all the beginning preliminaries? Because, you know, I didn't ask the all-important question. The most important question of the day, have you subscribed? Okay, that's actually the second most important question of the day. Yeah, he's still fixing his house. It's like he's doing construction while he's on a video. I think everyone who watches now has a sub, at least on the Twitch side, yeah. <laughs> well, we all, actually, no, I need to bring up the thank you screen again, because we got to thank the rest of us. So, as you saw there, Crafty won a game because he subscribed, like, 400 people or something. So, thank you very much, Crafty. Uh, we really do appreciate that. You have uh, earned that game. Uh, you've probably given out more in subscriptions than what that game is worth. But, hey, we're, you know, nobody's, nobody's counting. Counting. We want to thank our Twitch subscribers, YouTube members, subscribe to our backers, and anybody, anybody who gives us cheers, bits, and donations. We absolutely appreciate that. We also want to thank the people who watch and view and chat, who sit there, and as says, my head is always in that weird angle because that's where my chat is. Try to keep up with that. We want to thank all of our Twitch followers, YouTube subscribers, chatters, and lurkers. And one of the things I do want to remind folks is that uh, when we put the stuff on YouTube, it's only up for two segments. All the rest of it is behind a paywall. That is right. The monetary backers paywall. They get to see everything if they want to. Full stream, 
the, the viewer interaction, the stuff that happens in between the segments, you know, all that fun stuff. This part, this all-important part right here. Uh, anyway, and finally, want to uh, say, if you don't want to give us money for whatever reason, go ahead and give it to the Wounded Warrior Project so they can send me more stuff. I got a shirt, I think I showed you guys that last week, and a flag, and I got this cup that I'm using right now. Oh, you can't see it because I have that thing up on the screen, so never mind. I put it up in the air for no reason. Uh, but yeah. And you can go follow and subscribe to friends of the channel that you will see if you're watching on Twitch TV right now. You can just hover over the screen, unless you're watching on some sort of weird tablet or some modern device that, you know... Look, why, how are you on the internet? How, how do you do that with the whole BBS thing, right? Check that out. And, uh, and give them a follow and say, Legion of Myth sent you. I'm not going to put the schedule up because I just literally don't care. Wow. Tell me when you're next streaming. How about that? Okay. And you uh, got quiet. Well, uh, we are next streaming tonight at uh, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Uh, Garthon's going to play Civ 6 with some viewers. What if this and stream that, is still going on? That stream is still going on. Yeah. No, what if this stream is still going on? Oh, tonight? I might uh, have things to say. I won't be here, but all right. <laughs> I look, I got an extra hour. It's five. It's not 613. It's 513 here in Germany. So I got extra time to yap. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got an extra hour. Uh, th that happened today. I thought it happened tonight. No, oh, it's between Saturday and Sunday. Oh, really? Okay. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm, fair enough. Hex ranting for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull, pull out, out of accidentally. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it work. <laughs> so, so, but here's the most important question. Hmm. How are you doing? How was your week? It was pretty good. I mean, uh, we had our last uh, warm day here in the in the northern Midwest of the U.S. Uh, it was uh, yesterday. No, day day before yesterday, it was seventy degrees. That was amazing. But now it's now it's fifties. It's gonna be gonna be fifties and then dropping off pretty soon. And uh, yeah, so so with that in mind, this is the last time until spring you're gonna see my hair. Get a hold of that that whole bowl of fantastic vid tea. There we go. That's a word. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Because you wear hats in the winter, so you you cut your hair short. Yeah, I get horrible hat hair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but uh, yeah, other than other than that, no, nothing really uh, amazing or horrible happened this week. It was all good. She keeps saying, "Stop it." She keeps thinking that I'm going to come back in the spring bald. Like it's all gonna fall out in the winter time. Mine will. And I don't, <laughs> it's it's really and any day. Every time I wake up, I check my hair and like, oh no, it's still there. Have you thought yeah. about just 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 doing that? Just getting just shaving it, and, and then the goatee, grow the goatee out a little bit. Actually, not not a goatee because that's just uh, the bottom part. But the the Van Dyke, grow, grow that thing out. No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rogaine? I don't know. Head massages? Oh, the the, the Rogaine is not is not for me. Oh. Don't touch your hair. No, Noro, I'm not touching it. It's falling out on its own. I'm not even. I'm not even bad touching this thing. It's Look, just. I, I, I want to. Uh, sorry, I, I I can't let this go. I I have to put this out there. If you wish to donate to Legion of Myth for uh, Heathen Dogs chemotherapy. <laughs> No, no, I, I will say this. I will say this. The the $100 challenge is still out there, all right? $100 <laughs> direct donation to Legion of Myth will get the no pants dance from Heathen Dog, definitely. No pants dance. 
What is and that? Only, well, and ultimately, he only gets half the money. Yeah, it's true. I don't even get all of it. <laughs> what is a direct is donation? Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, uh, there is a direct donation link, I believe, in the... Yeah, there should be both one, two, um, what do you call that thing, uh, PayPal? I won't get a notification of it until I look, though, until I check my email. Uh, there's, you can also do it through Streamlabs, uh, slash Legion Myth, I'm guessing. So. Hey, Communist Goblin! Wait a minute, Communist Goblin? <laughs> what? Co co what? <laughs> hey, welcome! Communist Goblin, that's, that's different. Well, I... Actually, it's it's kind of funny because I've been watching uh, Life of Boris, the the YouTube channel, recently. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you know about it. I, I I put I put a link in Discord because I wanted people to to see the the actual beginning. It's a he. It, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's like ninety nine percent like bullshit, but uh, uh, it's it's funny. He's a he's he's an Eastern European guy. He's he's obviously Russian, and uh, um. He he uh, glorifies the the uh, uh, Russian punk like subculture Gopnik. It's it's kind of like a. Um, I suppose if if I were to to say anything about it, it would be uh, wanna be mob type thing where you know they 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 wear Adidas track suits and. <laughs> oh, so yeah. like so like every Russian out here in Germany. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. It's 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 pretty funny. <laughs> he's he's a funny guy. So I, I I've been watching that recently, and yeah, communist goblin. Streamlabs, crafty Matt Craft just donated one hundred dollars. I'm going to go verify that real quickly. I yeah, there's no there's no there's no reason yeah there's no reason that that I I should pants have to do this. But off if it's real. Actually, I don't even have to do it that way. I can I still have the Streamlabs thing open. Um. Where do I see donations here? Because I haven't done this donation history. There you go. It's real. Go for it. <laughs> Great. We're getting kicked off of whatever we're on now. I'm out. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta take off this. This the screen. There we go. I hit the wrong. You the wrong mute. Uh, so thank you, Crafty. I both hate you and love you right now. But uh, first of all, I really do appreciate the donation. That was awesome, sir. Absolutely appreciate that. Thank you. But I don't appreciate what's going to come because of it. Thank you. I want porn music in the background. He's tearing up his house to do this. By the way, everybody put this on Twitch fails, please. Put this on Twitch fails. Cue the Benny Hill music. I'd give you a dollar, but turn around, turn around. <laughs> All right, so there was that. <laughs> 
But hey, that's what happens when you pay us money. We have to give our fans what they ask for. And that's what they wanted. Gave it to them. Thank you, Crafty, for destroying my dignity with $100. <laughs> Funny thing is, this heathen dog was around back in the days when I destroyed my dignity, as Noro said, for a lot less. Noro's getting flashbacks of fun, Zark. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well... So that happened. Um, so okay, so communist goblin, you're watching on YouTube <laughs> on, on the Twitch side. Uh, we got a Heathen Dog's been saying that uh, for a donation of hundred dollars, he would do a no pants dance, and uh, well, we got a donation for hundred dollars. So it's all downhill from here. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Heathen Dog, for being a man of your word. That is something we should all respect. Respect a man of his word. And now. I have thick glasses. Light hits me and then, like, focuses, right? It's seared into my eye hole right in the back of my pupil, like, zzz, like laser etching. What I just saw. <laughs> tap, tap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tap, tap. I quit. One, two, three. I don't know if I can ever respect him again. <laughs> and with that, a legend was born. I see. I, Oh, uh, you know what I didn't do? I should have done... No, not that. Uh, I guess I would... How would I have done it? That way? Nope. I would have had to have figured out how to make him full screen. One time I wish I would have had HD mom's phone number and tell her to stop sending from uh, me. Right. promise. There it is. <laughs> there it is. You know what? That was worth the entire stream. I don't even care what we do after this because that was the entire stream right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so uh, by the way, I've, I've asked everybody to put that on Twitch Fails. And uh, right. but, and if anybody wants to clip that, uh, I, I still I have a lot of videos to go through. A lot of videos to go through because I haven't made one of our fail videos in a long time. I needed to still do that. I haven't forgotten. I just haven't got to it yet. Um, that'll she has not put the, the clip in Discord already. Now that'll have to be the opener. There you go. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, I think with that, we should start getting into topics we really need to talk about. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's, yeah. um, so here we go. Uh, Let's get a couple other preliminaries out of the way. We'll just call them a pseudo-preliminary. A couple things to talk about here. Once again, we've got uh, Grim, Postmortem Studio. He's still got his October... We'll scroll back up in a second. He still has his October giveaway. It is still October, so he's still giving stuff away. So uh, check that out on his site. This is uh, Postmortem Studios. That's with an S at the end of it. Postmortemstudios.wordpress.com Check that out so you can get stuff. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And he's got like how to do it here and so forth. Um also he's got RPG design from start to finish for 1999. You can buy that entire video series for 1999 or he can consult with you for $20 an hour. I try the video series first. Yeah. Just it's more economical. I'm not complaining about his wages. I work with consultants. That's cheap. I don't know about RPG consultants. I'm just talking in the IT world. So uh hey Grim wants to help you sell your games. He says it right here. So check that out. Again, that's postmortemstudios.wordpress.com. Boom. Let's get rid of that. Coriolis, we talked about that. I'm going to go through it quickly. But they still have the pre-orders for The Last Cyclade, which is the, up, uh, the part two of the uh, Mercy of the Emissaries, I think it's called. I should know. Anyway, it's a thick campaign setting. I showed it out last week. 
So check that out at CoriolisTechRPG.com. That's Coriolis-RPG for you mundane people out there, .com. Check it out and uh, pre-order The Last Cyclade, or just go to uh, the Free League publishing site, and uh, I don't know if you can pre-purchase it from there, but just get Coriolis. Great game. Closing that out. Castle... Oh, apparently I didn't log out. Well, now you can see what I pledged. <laughs> didn't want to show that. We'll just What's go all that there. fake money that... What is that? It's what? Oh, it's Euro. Fake money. Okay, got it. Well, I, th this isn't Euro. No, no, but the the pledge donation. Well, that's because I'm in Germany. It shows it does that yeah, stupid. It shows the fake money thing in Germany. I get it. Castles and Crusades eighth printing, basically. Check it out. Four hundred nineteen backers. Let's see if you can push them to thirty thousand euro or whatever that is in in dollar money. Real money. Real money. There. Check them out on Kickstarter slash projects slash Castles and Crusades Roads to Adventure. All right. So boom. Also, worlds without. God damn it! There. You just logged in everything, aren't you? Well, it's the same. It's the same site. I just usually I log out, but I didn't. Um, your backer. Uh, so I'm a backer. Yeah, I pledged to this one as well. So uh, 147 thousand euro. This is from the same guy who does stars without number, and we talked about that a little bit. Nine days to go. Maybe we can push him to 150 thousand euro. So worlds without number. You can search all. That. I don't have to send you links. You can search for all this on. Uh, Kickstarter, it's not hard. All right. Are you ready to actually start segment one? I'm ready. All right, let's Got brand this. Let's brand this bad boy. We have a book? There's a book about this? There, there's a book. It's right here. That's that's weird. Like like this one? Yeah, just, just like that one. Just Only like mine's better, okay. obviously. Yours is better? Oh, it is now. It just fell on the floor. Like this one? Oh. Yeah. All right, fine. I don't have that or, one. Or, or this one? D Stop it. Stop I, showing I, off. I couldn't hold six books, so I used those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so yes, Dragon, let's actually, I want to show this differently. I don't, I don't like how that's showing. Let's show that differently. Because I don't think I have anything I have to do that's outside of the actual book itself. You're going to so show it in some strange Euro language? No, it just doesn't have all the headers and crap on there. Oh, okay. So. All right, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we have the fundamentals. So a couple things about this. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, a couple things you definitely want. Why can't I click the button? Oh, apparently, I broke everything. Uh, first thing you want to do is you want to subscribe. And after you see, if you hear this segment, you definitely want to subscribe. Also, remember that if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you only get uh, you only get the segments. Like, if you're watching next week or something, that's right. If you're watching next week, I don't care if you watch this a year from now, you're still watching it next week. If you watch this next week, um, you're only getting the segments. If you want to see the whole show, if you want to see the heathen dog, no pants dance, you have to be a backer. Wow, I'm already regretting that. You have to be a... <laughs> if you want to know what the no pants dance is, you have to be a paying backer. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Actually, uh... uh... That may be uh, not good for uh, Twitch or YouTube. The, the the clip may not even be good. You may want to check because uh, my my junk may or may not have been out. At the I end. didn't look that closely, so I didn't look. If it is, um, if it is, yeah, we will make uh, make sure that that yeah that is gone. behind the paywall. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> or, or open up an OnlyFans, a Legion of Myth OnlyFans. That'll, there we go. We'll, we'll redo the dance for OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. All right. <laughs> Take two. Anyway, uh, but uh, no, I just want to let you know that there's a lot more that goes on than just segment one and segment two on this show. Uh, so uh, anywho, that's that's all I have there. So we're going to talk. I got to move this stuff over because I have notes. Yes, Noro, you need to check the video. Do it, girl. Did she miss your dance? No, no, no. She, she wants to check the video for my junk. <laughs> your, 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 your wife is my junk inspector. Thank you. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> Am I supposed to be okay with that? Yes. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> oh my god let's uh let's get the right banner back up now boom we're in segment one so this is segment one we're gonna talk about dragon lance adventures now this week with dragon lance adventures actually uh, this is one of the problems with us having our show on sundays monday news breaks and we're like are you kidding me and on monday a lawsuit broke between weiss and hickman and wizards of the coast and we're gonna talk more about that later but that's um no, I like Dragonlance. Do you like Dragonlance? Yeah, I mean, uh, there there are there are parts of the world that I probably wouldn't have gone with, but when you don't make your own world, that's basically how it ends up. But there are parts of this system that is uh, um, just uh, uh, indicative of Dragonlance that I really really like and have used in in my own uh, settings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really really appreciate Dragonlance. So, so I think I think with you know the current you know things that are going on, as people like to say, the zeitgeist. Uh, I think I just thought it was apropos. Let's let's talk about Dragonlance. You know, we've had a few things come up uh, where we've kind of talked about possibly doing this at some point in the future. This is just a good good segue, and since we know what our next subject's going to be, uh, and it's not going to be Dragonlance. So uh, I do want to let everybody know that as we go through this book, I'm going to be reading quite a bit of it not not the whole thing this isn't gonna, you're not gonna come back seven hours from now i'm still on page 10 like those goofballs in that other video um but in order to segue into segment two better there are gonna be parts of this that i literally read just straight up so uh let's uh let's get into this uh by tracy hickman and margaret weiss uh the, this um this version on here isn't the clearest in the world it's kind of a bad scan i think uh, it was done in, uh, where's the copyright date on this thing? Was it 1987, right? Yeah, 87, there it is. And the preface. We're not going to read this. We've, you, know, you, you can go buy the book. But it talks about how they love the system and the, or the, the realm that they created, and I tend to agree with them. A lot of things to talk about, and we're going to go over quite a bit of this. Not too in-depth. Look at that. Two pages of table of contents. By the way, this, this book, book is not that big. I don't understand why the table of contents is that big. Because it's laid out like crap. Did, did you notice that Tinker Gnomes are like in two different sections of the book? Yeah. Good information, bad layout. All right. So we have the universe. And it starts in the beginning. It kind of gives you a quick background. The tale begins. Or is the universe the alignment of the gods? You know, because gods do have alignments. The place of mortals in the realms. The Law of Consequence, just, just kind of the themes that, to get you into what Dragonlance is. Yeah, it starts off really well, you know, broad strokes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get you in here the are, Here are the stars, which if you read the novels, uh, it's an important aspect yes. of the game. Because if you remember, some of the stars get, went missing in Chronicles. Like, that's a little weird. How do stars go missing? Characters in Grin, which page is this? 11. So I've got some things to talk about. Okay. Um. So something to note, the gods, and this is important, especially for segment two, 
The gods of Kryn take a very active role in the world. A lot of these fantasy realms do. But the gods of Kryn really take an active role. They walk right next to you and say, hey, bud, what's up? So this is an important concept as we go forward and review the races, the classes, and the history of Kryn. Uh, think of this in the vein of Greek tragedies and so forth. Think of, like you know, Apollo and Artemis and so forth, the Titans, walking the, with, alongside people. So uh, the one caveat, I guess I would say, though, that's different is that in that world, that's myth and fiction. Here, I mean, you could, you could touch, you could poke paladines. Hey, paladine. So, to start off, clerics, heathen. Clerics who worship gods other than the true gods are considered heathen clerics in the world of Kryn. They are powerless and receive no blessings from their gods. So, if you decide to bring character over from Forgotten Realms, or from Greyhawk, or Eberron, or whatever worlds they have nowadays, sorry, pal. Yeah, Kryn is a closed system. The, the 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 gods of Kryn have have this particular part of the universe just kind of walled off. That yes, no no godly power gets in or out. They they can boot whomever they like on a whim. Yep. They usually don't. But uh, we we were talking about earlier. If you are a psionic and you end up on Kryn by some magic spell, astral projection whatever you end up on crane boom hey wow what's this place and suddenly you're yeeted off into the into the universe because the gods don't like psionic people and you get the fuck out well they are they well uh, marhawkman they kind of take form so marhawkman says if this is like the one book i read the gods all have unique looks they're easily recognizable by the general populace they can take and well actually it's going to be one of the things i comment on here uh they can take whatever form they want yeah, they they can, but they the what Paladine takes the form of Fizban, the old stupid wizard, and uh, more often than not, yes, yeah, more often than not, and uh, uh, Takesis takes uh, she's she's usually of three things. She's te- uh, no, she's just Tiamat. Yeah, Tiamat, the the multi headed dragon, um, a, a, a beautiful uh, woman, and a, a dark knight. That those are her three main. Is uh, she a dark knight also? You you might be yeah. right on that one. I thought that was more guy, not more well, Who's her lover? Is that more It's her lover? I forget. It's in the book. Fair, yeah, fair enough. You're probably right. I I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, like he said, Santa says there's also something I'm gonna be talking in just a moment. There's another reason you can get kicked off the realm now. If for people who play Spelljammer, I'm sorry, I just said that, but um, you can actually get to Kryn from through was it Flojistan space. You can't get to Athos, which is Dark Sun. So that's mm. the only realm you can't actually fly to in, in a spaceship. But you can fly to Kryn, and it's even in the Spelljammer novel. Because it's the first novel of the Spelljammer series. It actually starts on Kryn. Anyway, so uh, the other thing is Druids. Same thing. Dru- Druids have the same deal. Uh, sorry, but you, you don't have powers. You don't get to have that. So, damn, would you get off me? Uh, see, as you can see, they just... Like he said, it's a closed system, and uh, they protect it. Uh, so travelers from beyond now this goes a little bit more into the concept of you're coming from another world and i have two paragraphs here i'm going to read and it says uh, those who come from kryn from other worlds may find more than they bargain for the gods of kryn have secured their world against such incursions for fear of upsetting the balance of the world not like they don't do that enough themselves but hey yeah, that's all right there is a one percent per day cumulative chance of the character visiting kryn from other worlds cannot return across the void to his home world. You're stuck, buddy. 
This percentage is checked any time an attempt is made. Those failing this check remain on CRIN. Percentage never gets any higher than 98%. There's always a 2% chance you can go home. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Thieves who may find easy pickings elsewhere discover that law and justice in the cities of Crin are swift and complete. I'm not really sure that's so different than other places, but... Uh, da, da, da. Those few voyagers who have traveled from Crin into the worlds beyond report strange things indeed. Gnomes find that there is a 105% chance of failure for their devices whenever the gods of that realm take a dislike to them. 105% chance. What, what, what's the extra 5% for? Just, you know... Hate. <laughs> I guess so. It's, it's just mean. Yes. And uh, the other thing that I uh, want to note uh, uh, as we go on here, several character classes. So it talks about which classes you can be. Remember, magic users and illusionists, if, uh, if you don't follow one of the uh, orders of high sorcery, which we'll get to later, you are um, you're a renegade. renegade. Yep. Uh, one of the things that they do here, I, did, I just saw on page 13, I said, where, uh, where is it? Well, so that I'm not digging for it. Basically, if you hit 18th level, that is level cap. You cannot go higher than 18th level. You can choose not to progress, but if you decide, no, I really want to be 19th level, one of the gods picks you up and goes, whoo, and you go somewhere else. That's it. You're going to end up some random place. Now, there in in the novels, Raceland was a was an exception. Yes, but uh, the the gods understood that he was necessary for Uh, many reasons. He was necessary, so he got to what level 20. I don't remember off the top of my head. It was, it was, I think it was level 20. Um, it's kind of funny that uh, I have it said for page 13, but I don't see anything here on page 13. I wonder if this is a different printing of the book. Anyway, um, yes, it, they specifically mentioned uh, Raceland in here and somebody else, and now I can't find, oh, uh, experience points, that's Cavalier. You know what? It's not that important. You can find it in the book. It's level 18. though. <laughs> Apparently I had my page numbers wrong. All right, so when you think of Kryn, other than, say, the Orders of High Sorcery, if that's your deal, what is one of the things you think of? That's the unique. Knights of, of Salamnia. That mean yep. they're, they are the... Uh... After I read Dragonlance, I actually based a lot of the knights in my world on them because they're the the uh, structure and how they're put together, you know, how they fit in the world was so cool that I just liked it. I didn't rip them off completely, but I used aspects. uh, Shadza, when I quote the pages, I actually look down here. I I use those page numbers. And this is straight out of the book. So I like the Knights of Salamnia. I don't typically play fighters or knights and so forth, but I like them because I think they uh, they represent a good... uh, Good balance. First of all, they break the orders into three, but it's a good balance between the knight, the cavalier, and the paladin. Mm. And I think they absolutely represent each of those in the uh, with the knighthood. Uh, talks about the order, talks about the cataclysm. Now, I'm going to read one paragraph here because this, again, is going to be important later. The king priest of Istar brought down the wrath of the gods upon Kryn. And the gods punished the people for their pride by casting a fiery mountain down on the land. The destruction and desolation caused by the disaster disrupted the world for months, really centuries. Okay? 
It's going to be important later, that's why I'm reading it now, but I want you to remember that. That it was the King Priest of Ishtar who, well, among other things, pretty much led to the Cataclysm, okay? Right. I mean, if you want, if you want to know exactly what he did and why he did it, you can, you can uh, read the book or read the novels. Yep. But uh, basically... Um, the uh, king priest is the is the head of the of the church. You know, he's he's the pope in this world, right? Pope, P pope of Paladine, which is the the head of the good gods. But he he got into his head that uh, that he could do it better. So he started all kinds of just bullshit stuff, like thought police, and yep. um, all of his priests would 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 cast no alignment spells on everyone. And if you came up to be not good alignment ESP were, and everything else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mind, yeah. Mind reading all that shit. And he started doing decree after decree. That was more draconian. And I understand the, that that's funny because there are, you know, draconians in the, draconians in the book, but uh, uh, more and more harsh. And the, the problem with this, even the good gods had a problem with this because it was, disrupting the balance and, and as we said earlier the balance in this world are, is what the gods are going for they have to be balanced good neutral evil they all have to be represented if uh if the whole world is going to continue spinning and they gave the king priest all of the clues if he just opened his stupid dumbass eyes and looked not just him did. they gave the entire world the clues I and mean, yeah. we'll talk about that later the biggest question i always get asked i'm gonna see how you answer this okay. it's like well they're gods why didn't they take the power away from them well again uh it would be just taking away power from the good priests and not the evil priests that doesn't that that's not balance Get, but what they ended up doing was taking away the gods from everybody. They just took themselves out of the equation as punishment. Nobody gets it. Take that. Ha ha ha. See how you like it now. But yeah, I mean, if, if you just, if you just took the power away from the, from the, from the good people, then me, then the evil people would just run roughshod over, over everyone. And the whole balance thing they're looking for is gone. Well, there, there are a couple other uh, extenuating circumstances with the king priest as well. Number one, he had that artifact, uh, the crown. Yeah. Uh, an, an, another one is that uh, he had true faith. So even though he was actually lawful evil, he had true faith. He did. And, I mean, and it he, wouldn't be what he was doing was the work of the gods, was the work of Paladine. He believed it, even though he was horribly mistaken. It's very much like Dr. Doom. For any anyone who who reads comics or or you know anything like that, Doctor Doom is a bad guy. He's tried to take over the world many times. He's killed lots of folks, but in his own mind, he's actually trying to help. He is helping the world because the world needs a strong leader, and he believes he's it. So he's a good guy in his own mind. He is a good guy, just like the king priest in his own mind. He's a good guy. Any objective look from outside of his own freaking head <laughs> would say, no, dude, you are, you're like a, you're like a Kryn Stalin light. You should stop. But no. And, and, and remember some before the cataclysm hit, some of the true believers were, you know, were, were allowed to leave before the fiery. Oh, yeah, no, all, all of the, all of the true priests. Yes. Because, the, uh, the, and, but there uh, weren't that many of them. <laughs> no, there weren't that many be because uh, the the uh, king priest created such a such a bad environment 
that many of the priests in the order really didn't have any priestly powers. They they were they were like our current current priests, like real real priests. They they had knowledge, they had they had dogma, but they didn't have any abilities. But on the night before the cataclysm, I believe it was the night before. It could have been two nights before, but uh, all uh, the their their respective god came to each of the true priests, the ones who actually had magic, and said, "Hey, you, you we got to go." I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you home. You're gonna come to heaven, and uh, or hell or wherever, you know, depending on on where where your uh, where your end result was, because this whole place is gonna get shitty real quick. And yeah, yeah the king priest was basically Twitter. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, so that's uh, what I want to show. So the the king priest got one one of his one of his final things was like all of your true priests are, are missing. That's a clue, man. But he well, that, that by, by that point he was so far, and we're we're going to talk a little bit more about yeah, him he, he later. So we'll get we'll get asked at that point that it, it you know, nothing was going to work, and especially during segment two, we'll spend some time talking uh, about uh, a little bit more about the king priest and so forth. But uh, what I want to read here is to add on to this. Now, there are other other things that happened that could have stopped the cataclysm. There are many things. There are thirteen signs, but mm -hmm. there are also other things that were going on in the world that could have stopped the cataclysm. The most notable one is Lord Soth. And see, let's see what it says here. I'm only going to read two paragraphs. But Soth had dark secrets to keep. He had wed the elf woman in secret, though he was already married to a barren woman of human royalty. Having fathered a child by the elf woman, he then murdered his first wife and claimed that she died in childbirth. Great outstanding guy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Good job, buddy. The child of the elf woman became his heir, and he claimed the elf woman as his lawful wife. When warned of the impending doom of the world, Lord Soth rode forth with his loyal knights behind him. Yet waiting for him along the way was a troop of elven clerical women who stopped him. They knew of his dark deeds and persuaded Soth to turn back in exchange for their silence. Basically, it was one of those things. Uh, we'll turn You can save the world, but we're going to turn you in. Or you can, you know what? We won't say anything and you just go back. And... It, it, it's it's that moral dilemma that you sometimes no, have. That's to not a moral dilemma. See, th this this is part of the story that doesn't make sense to me. Okay. The world is going to end if you don't basically mea culpa turn yourself in. But if you we'll 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 keep your secret, but then the world's going to end. That's not a deal. That is not a deal. I, I'm I'm with you on that, but that it's typical of parables and moral dilemma and and. and you know, heroic journeys and so forth. So that, that's how I see yeah, it. If the world ends, your secret doesn't amount to a to a hill of beans. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Well, they're the banshees the now. World? They weren't then. <laughs> Actually, maybe you could the call them banshees. Then. Gives you a lot of leeway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would the, would yeah. the world have known if he had uh, he'd saved it? Not that it really well, matters. He, Again, it's about doing the right make thing. Sure. Make, make sure the world knows it was me. You know. I, I don't know Sheriff if he was a knight of the crown. I, I I'm guessing yeah, no, yeah, he was a knight of the rose. That's why he's the knight of the black rose. Absolutely, yeah. 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 All right. Let's see. This terrible deed oh, okay, sorry. The terrible deeds of this uh, God, I cannot read for whatever reason. The terrible deeds of this knight did great injustice to the knighthood as a whole. Before long, knights were jeered in public and openly reviled. Darker acts were also committed. Knights were foully murdered. Their castles and homes invaded and their families slain and driven into exile. I don't have to read anymore. That's setting the stage for the cataclysm. They were heroes and then basically got blamed or partially blamed for the cataclysm. 
I mean, it was, it was a world changing event. Yeah, so it's if, a little unfair. I mean, people always need somebody to blame. Though. Yeah, yeah. And the the uh, king priest is dead. It's it's easier to blame someone who's still around. Well, it's also hard to blame the king priest when you fell into his lies. Yeah, yeah. Because then you have to blame yourself as Fair well for, for being a dupe. <laughs> All right. So we the knights have three orders. Knights of the uh, was it Knights of the Sword, Knights of the Crown, and Knights of the Rose. Uh, instead of going into anything other than the oath is simply est salaris oath mythos, which means my honor is my life. That is how they are measured, uh, the oath and the measure. You can read more about that and what it means to be a knight of Salamnia uh, if you get the book or if you, you know, get a PDF of it. But what I do want to talk about is each one, starting on page 17, I think that this last paragraph for each one really tells the essence of all the other paragraphs in here. So for the, for the crown, the, the lowest order of knight, the order of the crown takes its measure from matters of loyalty and obedience to authority of the greater knighthood through its high councils and commanders. So when you're a knight of the crown, doesn't matter what, you could be an 18th level one. Well, really not. You'd be an 11th level. But still, you can, you can be a high level knight of the crown, but you're still, your whole life is about obeying orders. Yes. Uh, examples of acts befitting the measure of the crown, unquestioned obedience to those whose authority is righteously, wow, wow, righteously, didn't notice that for, maintained in the knightly councils, dedication to the ideals of the measure, loyalty to brother knights of all orders, and all other acts that cause the strengthening of loyalty among knights. So I think that well describes knights of the crown. Another thing you'll notice about uh, AD&D is that experience points uh, aren't, equal so let's just look at this here knight of the crown actually probably fourth level is a better one to look at yeah the, the the knight of the crown is the easiest to advance yes so yeah and oh oh no uh so scroll back up because yep. uh the, it it it's uh it would behoove us to talk about the level caps not not just at 18 which is the whole world but uh because of uh title oh so the, yeah. the, this isn't necessarily a level cap he can go further no, no, no. Only oh. one of them can go further. True. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there is one high warrior. That, that's why there's an asterisk by high warrior. Uh, the, the level 11 title is high warrior. There can only be one. And only that one person ah. can advance beyond 11th level. Only that one person. You got to wait until he's dead or retires or whatever and someone else becomes well, a high warrior. Let's so, actually read the, read the asterisk right here. Ahead. Because I believed what you said until I read this, so we were both wrong. Uh-oh. Um, there's All only one... Knights who have su sufficient experience points to gain a level may do so, but retain the... Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, is, is, is that just for the, for the wizards? I, you know what? I, I, the problem is, is I always think of second edition druids, and I think that's where you and I get hung up. Yeah, Although yeah I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But they, uh, they, they, they retain the title. They're, they're, so you could have... The, the head of the order is the high warrior. The head of the order of the crown is the high warrior and he can be 11th level and you can have an 18th level um, knight of the crown who is better in just about every way, but he's still subservient to the high warrior who is like seven levels below him. That's just, that's just the way it is. And it, it's, it's like that in, in the, the Knights of Slamnia and it's like that uh, for the, it's, uh, it's all, the it's, wizard order. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, we'll look at it when we when we titles get titles are very very important. As, well, they were in all of first, first edition. edition in general. 
Yeah, if you look through first edition, yeah. uh, the player's handbook or whatever, each level has a title. Next yeah, each to level it. has a title, and the, and those those titles have have weight. Yep. In, in second edition, they kind of got rid of that. With that, right. you know, having having it really matter. But uh, this is first edition, and uh, titles matter. So we talked about that was the Knight of the Sword, right? So the Knight of the Sword is the about crown. or the Crown. Sorry, Knight of the Crown. Knight of the Crown is about authority and being subservient to that authority. The Order of the Sword... Wow, just had an Air Force flashback. The Order of the Sword takes its measure from affairs of courage and heroics. Examples of acts befitting the measure of the sword. Facing evil without regard to personal suffering. Accepting the challenge of combat for the honor of the knighthood. Defending the honor of the knighthood. Defending the honor of a fellow knight and protecting the defenseless and weak. Hmm, who does that speak to? That's, that's a pretty. The, that's the Cavalier, right? Well, that's a pretty good rendition of Sturm. Yeah, fair enough. So <laughs> it's okay, if, if you you're a little like, bit behind on on the YouTube side. The YouTube side yeah. is a little bit slower. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, if, if if you look at it, the the Knights of the Crown are kind of like cops. They, I mean, they they have to follow the letter of the law, whereas the Knights of the Sword they get a little more leeway. You know, they 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 have to go out. And and be proactive. Find evil. Ne never never uh, never back down from from evil. Find it rooted out. Stuff like that. And then comes the Knight of the Rose, which is uh, I don't know. I guess you could say the the moral authority. Of well, let's the, read of what it says here. Although yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> the Order of the Rose takes its measure from deeds of wisdom and justice. Examples of deeds befitting the measure of the roads, taking compassion on the less fortunate. Sacrificing one's life for the sake of others, giving no thought to one's own safety in defense of the measure and its honor, protecting lives of fellow knights, seeing that no life is wasted or sacrificed in vain. You could argue that that is Sturm also, but I think he's more in the sword, the sword okay. side. Yeah. So again, this book is a big book. We're only on page 19, so I don't want to go through all the aspects of the knights and so forth. That's why I just read those paragraphs. Uh, yeah. Do you have any... Uh, Parting words about the knights? No, no, that that's good. Actually, uh, I I think we should go over to the cleric, just to just just to look to see if uh, if it's well, done the same way. I am going to be talking about them specifically with uh, the spells that they get. The holy so, orders of the stars. That's the that's the clerical stuff. What what page? Uh, Forty one. Had it and lost it. Um. Chosen prophet at level 18, prophet at 15. There's only one prophet for each god. More than one uh, reaches level. DM should choose one of them for the title. The other remains an apostle. Okay, so it's the same thing. You can yeah, still but, gain get your experience. Hang on, but chosen prophet. There is only one chosen prophet for all the gods of good at any given time. This character must be a prophet of Paladine. No other character can reach this level. Now, this one's 18 for the gods of good, so yeah. that's fine. But if you look over to the gods of neutrality on the next page. Star Master. Star Master, there is only one Star Master. No one can be of that, can reach this level or above. That means there's only one God, one uh, Star Master of neutrality that is 16th level or higher. So we're, we're, we're going to talk about some of that later, especially when I start talking about how many spells they get and so forth, because you're going to oh, yeah, note that, that it, it is, uh, it, yeah, the, the whole spell list thing is very, very uh, giving in in Kryn. I mean, if, if, if you, if you bend the knee to these Kryn gods, they, they, they give you a, a pretty compelling reason to stay. 
because uh, the, the, <laughs> the spell lists are pretty good. Okay, uh, we say anybody who played a knight was a wanker. Anyway, you want to just be a normal fighter? Huh? Okay, uh, Tinker Gnomes. Let's start talking about the raid. This is where the book starts to get a little weird because we can talk about Tinker Gnomes here and then Tinker Gnomes later. I have no clue why the Tinker Gnome section is here. There's really no, it shouldn't be here. Uh, except for, I, I know you're gonna, somebody's going to tell me, but it's a class and they're actually talking about the race later. They're not separate. Okay. Tinker gnomes are tinker gnomes. There's no tinker dwarf yeah, I mean, or tinker human. <laughs> you know, orcs can't be tinkers. Well, there are no orcs and crins. That'd be, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> mi minotaurs can't be tinkers. So no. only gnomes can be tinkers. So the, the, the class and the race are synonymous. No, I'm going to spend a lot of time on that awesome, awesome moon chart, Shadzar. Yeah. Love it. Love it. We're going to get to that in a moment. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Oh, sorry. Segment one. Um, so I don't like Tinker Gnomes, especially as player characters. Uh, to me, they're a little more than comic relief, and they should right. always be NPCs. Don't I, let your players play Tinker Gnomes. I believe that. Yeah. As with Kender and Gully Dwarves, there is lore as to why the Tinker Gnomes are the way they are. And yes, this involves both the power of the gods and the necessity of biological essentialism. God, I love saying that. <laughs> Weiss and Hickman understood that demi-humans are tropes and properly created them as such. That was more of a comment for segment two when we get there, but, uh, and yeah, I actually wrote a note here. This book is weirdly laid out as Tinker Gnomes are on page 54, so we'll get to that later. But what's kind of cool about Tinker Gnomes, not cool, but you should note, the maximum wisdom of 12. That's the high end of average for a normal 3D6 roll. That means, um... They're like idiot savants or mad scientists. I mean, unless you really have a high wisdom. If you kind of figure that, you know, maybe you roll 2d6, or maybe a lot of them just have right on that, that smack dab 12 if you roll 3d6. I, I, I don't know how you'd want to do it. I would say roll 2d6. Uh, in fact, it's got two asterisks. Does it say here how you roll? No character. Yeah, cannot have a wisdom higher than 12. So I'd probably have to roll 2d6. That would be an average of a 3 and a 4, a 7. That is below common sense wisdom of, yep. of a human. So... Yeah, they are either idiot savants or mad scientists. Either way, I don't want one in my party. No. No. Anything you want to say about gnomes other than Master Crafts gnome? I know you're not, not a really. fan. I mean, yeah. I, I don't like them either. Uh, I, I, I find uh, the, the whole device section to be extremely clunky and and useless this first edition everything was clunky and first yeah, fair edition. enough fair <laughs> enough but it, even uh even if you make something that is functional and useful which is rare because tinker gnomes <laughs> usually don't check both those boxes it's either one or the other uh it's still um what's the word dumb yeah dumb quirky quirky at best ah, i'm gonna go with dumb it, usually i'm just yeah. saying quirky at best I've, I've never so, seen best. <laughs> so there, there's some, <laughs> we'll do damage. I mean, they're, 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 look at this, two pages, three pages, a drawing. Uh, and now here's some more inventions. So we've got five, six, whatever, however many pages that we had of just crap to do with gnomes making stuff. I think it's yeah. good background lore. I don't want it in my game. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neat having them as NPCs and, and having the, the, the elevator that is actually a, uh, a, a trebuchet aimed at a higher floor, you know, whatever it's funny, you know, but I don't want to use it. And I don't want someone in my party that builds dumb shit like that. I don't need it. 
Nobody needs it. It's yeah, and NPCs just yeah, them and and gully dwarves need to stay NPCs forever. And Kender. Well, okay, we'll, 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 we'll get we'll get Kender, to that. But there there is not sure. an argument for tinker gnomes or gully dwarves. There's not. Fair. I I I mean I generally agree with you on that one. I I don't let people play Kender, but we'll talk about that when we get to the Kender section. So Wizards of High Sorcery. Now this is a no, like the Knights of Salamnia. This is mm-hmm. a very thematic, very dragon lancey thing. Now, if you're a wizard on uh, on Toro, uh, whatever the hell, the uh, Forgotten Realms, you can dress however you want. Just be careful putting on armor. You can wear a leather coat. You you could be the was it the trench coat mafia. You could just sit back and wear a nice, comfortable blouse and and some shorts, sandals on the beach. Not on Kryn. You have on a uniform. Kryn. You have you ha- absolutely have a uniform on on Kryn. Uh, now, the first two levels, or first three levels uh, of your character, you can kind of do what you want, but then you have to take the test, and a lot of wizards die during the test. That's kind of the, the point. They want to know that you can control your magic, that you actually have an understanding of magic, and so forth. Now, I've seen some game masters run that wonderfully, yet still tough, and I've seen more often than not game masters run it stupidly, where either they just went out to kill the character, or it automatically passed because why not the guy wanted to play a wizard. This is a yet another thing. You're going to hear me actually, I've kind of skipped saying it a couple times, but I'm going to say it now. This is another one of those things that is great for a novel, not for a game. Mm-hmm. Just like Tinker Gnomes. <laughs> great for a novel, not for a game. Uh, now with that, the moons of magic that Chad's already commented on. I, what would I, I actually I have a specific note on it. Yeah, it was right there. Moons of magic, that's a cool idea and certainly a great Narrative concept for a set of novels. In practice, at the gaming table, I, I didn't really care for it. Yeah, the the main thing is that everyone needs to keep track of the moon cycle. Yes, all the time. If you have a if you have a magic user in the party, and there, there it is, there it is. You you uh, you roll a couple of d8s, and you figure out on the first day where all the moons are, and then you have to keep track of them. You have to keep track of game days. For the for for the sake of keep, keeping this moon chart current, because the moon chart is supremely important to magic users because they can give you plus minus effective levels, yep. uh, plus minus effective saving throws, more spells, less spells. It can do all kinds of crap to you. So you need to know how the moons are at all times. That it will define whether you attack or not whether you advance or not whether you you travel or not yeah that's one of the things that i re- that really irked me because you know players are like min maxers and uh they're like well i can't cast at the highest damage or at the highest spells so you know I, i'm not going along I'm, ju- I'm just a waste of space like no you're not you still have your brain and you still have things you can do you're just at your struggle time right now nobody's gonna wait two weeks for the sun for the moon to come back up <laughs> while the enemy is pillaging you know, you know landscape and so forth get your butt in there with the warrior and start doing your thing but i know a lot of players who just like nope i don't, I don't want to deal with being weak you know for a couple days out of the week or a couple weeks one of the things that this chart does though and the reason why i want to show it is it is very emblematic as we go forward dragon dragonlance loves its trinities mm-hmm. good, good evil neutral Yep. And if you notice, almost completely across the board, it's just like the dark side of the force. The black robe mages get stuff faster. The black robe mages can do more quicker. 
Black robe mages only have two days at high sanction, but they also only have two days at low sanction. Where the white robe mages, they're waiting for freaking ever. Actually, I feel like I have that backwards. No, you're, that's right. Uh, Solinar, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's just yeah. weird. It's just dark down here. So it could I know, be right? Like, oh. It is weird. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the the uh, the more you go away from evil, you know, you, you, you go toward neutral, and then at the end, you go toward good. Uh, good is the most stable. Stability is is the watchword uh, for for both clerics and magic users. Uh, if you are good aligned, uh, your your power is more stable. It is slower to change, and uh, it that's that's basically it. I mean, if uh, the, the closer you get toward evil, uh, it's 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 very very dramatic, very very dynamic. You know, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down all the time. But that's you know part of part of also your personality. You know, I mean, uh, you're, you're evil. You're, you are dynamic. You want change. You want, you want to rule. You want to do it now. You want to kill. You want to do this and you just do it, do it, do it. And you know, it's like it, like, like you said, it's good for a novel for a story. It really makes a whole lot of sense, but in a game, man, I don't want to hand, I don't want to handle that. I don't want to handle the moon. Stop it. But the, but the, the way they do wizards and you, you got the conclave up right now, the way they, the yeah. wizard govern themselves hey share really, share stop stop working ahead here we're gonna go through that <laughs> i really like i really like the the whole uh wizard self-governance thing because they understand that that uh, wizard power is great in this world and it is it is yep. i mean i i, I said especially it especially when that, the clerics were gone yeah especially when the clerics were gone they were the, they were the only magic in town and uh uh i, I said it earlier that uh the the spell tables are really really uh good if you if you're if you uh if you are part of the uh part of the actual conclave you've you've passed your test you're you're no longer using the regular AD&D spell tables you're using the crin spell tables which are better well sort of better i'll, I'll show an exception but yeah okay. you you generally speak generally better than than the average uh you know AD&D uh spell tables so you know they are powerful so they have to self govern to make sure that other people don't rise up and try and kill all wizards. So that's pretty and, smart. And, and the other thing is they just don't want chaotic. They don't want chaotic magic either. They want you to have control of your magic. So you're not accidentally throwing, I shouldn't say accident, stupidly throwing yeah. fireballs in a city and so on and so right. forth. So um, spheres of magic, I'm not going to get into it, but each one has a different. Now they, they don't have all spheres of magic. You're actually limited kind of like clerics to be fair in this world. Well, they're not uh, called clerics, and they, yeah, they don't pray, and they don't, uh, uh, yeah, they don't act like clerics, but they're essentially clerics. Yeah, you get your magical abilities from one of three gods. That's it. Which, which decided to step away from the the, the other gods and say, you know, we're just going to float around the planet, be a moon. Yeah, uh, all the other gods are far away from from Crane, looking on from afar. They are the stars. They they are representing the stars, but. The gods of magic, the three gods of magic, decided, no, we need to be closer to the people. So they became three moons that orbit Kryn, which is why the, the the lunar calendar is so important. Because, uh, you know, that's your god, so your power is greater or less depending on where it, you know, tracks in the sky. I get it. But, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't pray to your god of magic. You don't pray. But if you follow it, you you are basically bound like, like any other cleric in the, the uh, 
schools of magic that you can learn just like the clerics are are bound by the spheres of magic that they can that they can summon i don't agree with anything shazar just posted uh two things i hate that hickman and weiss stole from Discworld that came out the year prior to dragonlance this is the the to the wizard I, I, conclave I, I, thing well no Discworld wizards are stupid stop it <laughs> Discworld wizards suck i hate reading them i i hate i hate i hate thinking about them and I hate you. I mean, if if I could ban <laughs> you right now, I would do it, but I can't because on on this on this PC, I don't have uh, Twitch. Oh, and he really does hate the rinse win stories. The kind uh, now I you know my disagreement comes to this. I don't think it has anything to do with Discworld. They weren't the first one to come up with a wizard conclave. I would say Tolkien had more of that with the great with the gray wizard, white wizard, even though he didn't really explain it much. Yeah. Then. Uh, than, than uh, a parody uh, series and uh, and also Riverwind and Rincewind. I look, completely so, different people. There's so and there are only so many letters in the alphabet and names and things that uh, I, I just I don't I don't see stuff like that. You know, I guess what I'm objecting to is uh, stole stole from no. Uh, you know, I get themes from everything. Are you going to tell me I stole from every game out there as I'm writing my game? Took some stuff from D and D. I took some stuff from GURPS. I took some stuff from BattleTech. Yeah, for a fantasy game. I uh, I mean, I took some ideas from Earthdawn. I, you know, I, I find ideas, I, I rework them. That's not stealing. Uh, but uh, let's go to <laughs> Chad. Sir is always one to put in some know, com right? comments that get responded to. So that's good. Um, so some people like the Wizards of High Sorcery, others do not. I am one who likes it, but I like it because of theme and feel. Uh, I think it gives mages more non uh, monastic or collegiate feel rather than some random weirdos who fling fireballs in the wind. Uh, like with many things in Dragonlance, the white robe wizards, and here we're going to look at this, mm -hmm. the white robe wizards, the wizards of good who receive magic from the god Solanari, progress slower than the wizards of the other orders. However, they can attain much greater levels of power. So let's take a look at this. You've got, uh, you know, again, first three levels, you're not a renegade. After that, you got to do the test of high sorcery. You have to pass now, the test. That, yes. Yeah. So let's just look. I actually have it written down here because I didn't want to go through charts and charts here. So let's uh, let me take a look at it. Black robe wizards. So that's red robe. Where's black robe? So we got at the end. Red robe. Okay. So black robe's on a different page. Black robe wizards, wizards of evil alignment, progress faster. First ninth level spell, level thirteen. Okay. Just just putting it out there. Look at that. Skips from seven to bam. Eight nine. Okay, and how long does it take this person to get to thirteen? By the way, look how they they uh, hold their power. Level twelve, right? Mm -hmm. Level twelve is the master, or the or sorry, the black mage, right? You yep. can't be a master until level thirteen. Only the master even gets eighth level spells. That is called holding on to your power. Yeah, yeah. That is a huge advantage because the only way to become the master is you, you have to uh, defeat the current master in combat. And if you don't have access, because he's probably not going to step spell, down. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to step down. No, 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 no black robe wizard relinquishes power on their own. No, that's stupid. That's if, if, if that was your idea, you should probably think again and get a different idea. But uh, yeah. So, you know, you have to fight them to, to gain the title. And if you don't have access to eighth and ninth level spells, you're probably not going to win that fight. And that's exactly how it's made. Though Those who are in power keep power. Now, let's look at this. 800,000 for level 13 for that master, right? Okay. Now, let's, let's go up to... Neutrality. Let's look at neutrality. 
Well, I was going to go right to the extremes. Oh, I was right show to the extreme. So if you look at the extremes, level 13, 1.2 million. Okay, 1. Over 2, double, 5, right? Uh, no. 600,000, right? No, it's 800,000. Oh, okay, okay. A little yeah. less than double. Like, okay. Now, but when, when does... Well, he doesn't get his first ninth level spell until, until level 15. 15. So let's look at 15. 1.75 million over double the amount of XP for when the Black Robe Mage gets the ninth level spell. Wish and Time Stop and fun things like that. Yep. But what does the White Robe Wizard get in return? Well, first of all, you don't actually have to be the highest person in the, in the tower in order to have a ninth level spell. And if you are, and you cap out, you get three. I can't get that three highlighted. Whatever. That's you fine. can get three. Well, what was it that the black robes get? Even at one. 18th level, one. Still one. Yep. They get it faster, but they don't get as much in the end. That's the, that's, that's the thing. And everyone loves the, the wizards of, of neutrality. The, the red robe wizards because they get the middle ground they and they get, also get fireball yeah and they also yeah yeah <laughs> they also get to cast fireball too so that's fun but they, they get the middle ground you know they they get the the best of both worlds neither extreme but still still pretty good pretty good um so we it talks about illusionists and how to handle that a couple of uh name spells for turning yeah for well Stuff. it's kind of like anti-turning it's a mind yeah, spin I don't want to try to explain mind spin. No, no, it's fine. Uh, messengers of of the heavens. There's so now we're going to, yes, we're going to start getting to the cleric stuff. Um, I think we talked about this earlier, but just in case. Gender and the gods. This is 1987, and we're we are going to talk. I thought red robes got ev evocation spells. Pretty. I'm going to look in my book because I actually. Uh, Red Robe Wizards, uh, Alteration, Conjuration, Divination, Illusion, invo Invocation. Yeah. In not, not Evocation, Invocation. Well, I'd have to look up what the first edition version of that is, but in uh, second yeah. edition, that would mean they get Fireball. No, in, uh, in Wizard, the White Robes get Evocation. And the Black well, Robes get neither. Yeah, they get neither. In, 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 in first edition, are Invocation, Evocation spells rated separately, unlike second edition, where they're yeah. rated the same? Okay. They're they're rated separately. Okay. Uh, then then maybe you're right. Maybe they don't. All right. So uh, what was I looking? Oh, so gender and the gods. While male and female genders are applied to the gods of Kryn, no mortal has ever been able to ascertain whether the gods have gender. Does it matter? <laughs> Any determination of their gender is impossible, as legends often speak about them appearing in either form at their convenience. Paladine himself, however, seems to have affirmed the relationship as described in this section as being as good a card to toss into the hat as I've ever seen. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Point mm -hmm. is, is even back in 18, uh, 1987, I was going to say 1897, um, hmm. we didn't care about gender. No, nobody gave a shit. We expected gods to basically be androgynous and show up however they wanted. Yeah. Nobody cared. It wasn't a deal for us. We got it. Some gods are going to be female, some gods are going to be males, or show as female, show as male. Nobody cared. We all we still said he. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff for like what clerics need to do to keep their powers and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I was you have to, uh, d depending on what god 
you follow. You have to follow the tenets of that God. Yes. These gods were no joke. I mean, in in, in regular D and D, you uh, you didn't you didn't need to uh, pray to a specific God. You just prayed to God of your alignment, generic, pop whatever name you want in there, and you had to follow the generic tenets of your alignment. As long as you did that, hey, Bob's your uncle and everything's fine. But in Kryn, you pray to a specific God and you yes. have to follow the tenets of that specific God. If you don't, that specific God will yank your powers like nobody's business. And I never understood why anybody would follow any any gods other than Takesis, Gillian and Paladin. Well, because no, the they, reason- they run they run the show. It's true. But but all the other gods give their followers special abilities specific to them only if you look if you look in the well, I, I, i'm i've got a whole i got a whole, got a whole thing on that, that. Yep. that's why it, it's it's more of a thematic deal i mean uh uh oh, sure. you, you you want to be able to cast fly spell three times a day for free then you follow this god that's just an example i don't know if that's true but you you, you follow this god if, if you want to be able to see in the dark you follow this god you know that's it's your thing it's thematic So, like, was, let's just show the XP chart real quickly here. Got a profit, level 17, 1.7 million. When do you get your first ninth level or seventh level spell? Level 16. So, once again, only the only the priests of Paladine can do seventh level spells. Well, uh, level 16, and nobody could pass by. There's only one profit for each god of good. Some more one to reach this level. DM should choose one of the other main apostle. There's only one god. Uh, this character must be a prophet of paladin. No, the character can reach this. Oh, no, you can still do it. You oh, can no, get you a- still can. Okay, got it, yeah. got it. Yeah, yep. o- only, only, uh, only the chosen prophet is uh, is level is has a level cap. Only one can of do them can do that level. Two, <laughs> yeah, two spells. Now, uh, without looking at all the charts again, because we already showed the first one, you can get the book and show the other one. I just let me read my notes here, and, and I think it'll be easier. Um, like the wizards, clerics have different XP charts based on alignment. At first, oh, that's right. There is something I'm gonna have to show. You may look at this and say clerics of good get screwed because it always seems that way, right? Yeah. I mean, again, what would we show? 1.7 million, 2.5 million. Let's say level 10. Let's just pick level 10. 500,000. What's level 10 for neutrality? Uh, oh, 600. Wait, what? No, I, I, I'll get to that. And oh, 400,000 for evil. Okay, now we're back on track again, right? Uh, as, as normal for Dragonlance, the clerics of good of the slowest progression. Additionally, they receive the fewest number of 7th level spells. However, when compared to the clergies of neutrality and evil, the priests of good gain more bonuses, specials, and additionals. Something that's unique to Dragonlance. So what do we mean by that? Let's just pick Majir, because it's here. Majir has these spheres. Specials. Oh, charm animal, summon insects, and silence 15 foot radius. Those are four, one, two, three powers. That you get, and you don't even have to be of the appropriate level to cast them. No. You can cast them as soon as you're a cleric. Additionals. So these are additional spells that you get uh, outside of your normal spheres. Repel insect, insect plague, creeping doom. So, that's that's a, she's a good god, right? Let's look at the neutral gods. And let's not pick Gillian, let's pick somebody else. Uh, Reorks, everybody loves Reorks, right? Wait a minute. Specials none, additionals none. Well, ah, WTF? Special bonus plus two to any craft proficiency, eh? Sure. Yeah. 
But let's go back up here. Wait a minute. When we looked at uh, at the experience chart, oh, six seven or six hundred seventy five thousand. Man, these guys get screwed. Five hundred thousand. But all told, let's uh, let's go up to sort of two million for Star Master, right? Yep. And then one point seven million for Night Lord. I'm looking at their highest level one. And uh, 2.5 million for this. When you add all the stuff together, when you can get your spells, when you get your, uh, uh, your levels, when uh, the highest level you can be, so on and so forth, and combine it with these additionals. Look at all the additionals this one gets. I'm not going to say it's balanced because it certainly is not. But it starts to make sense. I, I don't want. I, I have like these little cross check things here. I do, actually just don't want to deal with that. Uh, but you can look at them all and come to find out that yeah, some gods get a little more than others. But long story short, uh, even though you might level a little slower, you're getting more of this stuff. You might level a little yeah, what, faster, what about but the then evil gods. Do the evil gods put out as much as the good gods? Oh yeah, no. Because uh, the, the the good gods are basically whoring themselves. Uh, so oh, actually, I, I think I had that backward. I think I was thinking of the neutral gods. So Sargonis, that's his, that's her consort. Gets uh, those spheres and these abilities. Tachesis, of course, you know she's the main god. She's gonna give some stuff out. Zaboyum gives nothing except for create food and water, animate object, and only three spheres. Wow. But but it is elemental and weather. Those are pretty cool. So that's yeah, those, those, are, those are, yeah, those are pretty good with spheres if you're gonna have them. Chemosh, Chemosh. How are you supposed to pronounce? I th I always pronounce Chemosh. So that's the one I like because I deal with I like to play necromancers. So Astral Combat Necromancy, yawn. Specials, yawn. Additionals. Animate object, yawn. Yeah, I know. So no. <laughs> anyway, um, if you start putting all that together, you have more considerations than just XP and the, that was my point really, is that it's just more, more than just XP and spell progression chart. Look at the other things you get. Um uh, if but but again, that, that that reinforces the idea that you would uh, follow a different god, but besides the main three, because they each give out different stuff, and this may suit your character more than, say, Paladine, you know? Okay, it looks like we're going into the races of... Or do you have anything you wanted to say about the Order of High Sorcery? Basically, the classes in the game, Knights of Salamnia, Order of High Sorcery, and the Clerics? Well, uh... The with the whole clerical thing, uh, if, if the the bad what I don't like is the is the level cap. If you are not a priest of the main three, you cannot advance beyond a certain level. You can't. You are not allowed. And then only one of you is allowed. Only one of you can actually advance beyond a certain level. Now with the with the good, that's eighteen. You can't reach eighteen unless you are a priest of Paladine. And you are the head priest of Paladine. But right. everyone else is locked at 17. But with neutrality and evil, that that gets that gets hurtful. 12. Oh no, sorry, yeah. 14. 14. Yeah, 14. That's that's a that's a big deal. And at, at 14, you get you get the you get the one seventh level spell, which is nice, you know. But uh yeah, you're that that's your max. You cannot reach 14 unless you are a priest of Tekesis. And the and the and the head priest of Takesis, you are locked at thirteen. But remember, first edition 
Really, I mean, if you even look at the level limitations of uh, you know standard el- you know elves, orcs, or half orcs, and so forth, they're crushing. You can't pass level three. Like, wait, what? <laughs> so, so I mean, it's kind of part and parcel with the first edition game. Uh, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or otherwise, but it ultimately does come down to. I agree with Heathen Dog in this one. Why wouldn't you be a follower of Paladin? See, at least if you're playing a long-term campaign, if yeah. you don't care that you know your character is going to be done at level eight, well, then whatever. Well, no, there there is one reason. There is one reason you may not care. Because level limits in this game are real. Just like first first edition, all of <laughs> there are level limits. If you are a, a demi-human race or a half-elf or whatever, you have level limits if you are not in a specifically designated class. There's a chart at the beginning that or is it? Yes, wait, there is there is a chart at the beginning. Oh, here it is. Oh, wait, no, maybe it is at the beginning. There's a chart that actually shows uh, level limits. Uh, each one, okay, so like Kender, Kender can, can be clerics up to level 12. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so, you know, maybe maybe if you are if you are a, a Kender priest of 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 uh, an evil god, like, oh, I, I can only reach level 13. Well, you can't even do that. You're a Kender, level 12, so you wouldn't matter. You wouldn't care. You wouldn't care to be a priest of Tachesis because you're never going to be able to you know, take advantage of that. Whatever. But that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. Ban him. Ban him. No, no, no. He, no he's making the point. It's crazy. I know. Um, yeah, I, I, I have played this a couple of times, and we never noticed it because we never had characters that were that high. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But it always something that did kind of stick in my craw, and and I spent years. This is many years ago. I spent time looking at like. What, what is the point? And that's it. I had to relook at it for this episode today. But uh, I mean, I remember like, wait a minute, there were there were reasons why it wasn't so horrible to be a priest of a different God or to have the different experience chart. And I actually had to look it all back up again because I'd forgotten it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not meant to be balanced. It's meant to tell. Ready, Shadzar? Ready? It's meant to tell a story. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and that's why I will tell you. Dragonlance, I love Dragonlance. Now, look, it's not, the books aren't written like George R. R. Martin or Brandon Sanderson or Frank Herbert. You know, they're not, you know, stuff that you read when you're in college or high school. This, this is bordering on young adult novel stuff, which makes sense for both the era and the game and, and whatnot. But I love Dragonlance as a story. It's a world you can feel. It's a world that, that you can envision. It's different enough to be interesting, same enough to, to know what you're talking about. I love it as as a novel. I just I I don't want to ever play on it. <laughs> like it's just All right. Races of Crin. Uh let's see. Da, da, da. So what did I want to read here? Oh, for page 49 paragraph 1. Oh yeah. All of the creatures on the face of Crin sprang from one of five sources. Dragons, ogres, animals, humans, or elves. Every race that you see on the planet now, when we start talking about Tinker Gnomes and Dwarves and Kaganesti and so forth, all came from dragons, ogres, animals, humans, or elves. Dragons were born from the world itself and are part of the spirit with it, while the remaining four races were brought in as spirits from the realms of gods. So dragons were born first. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, actually, ogres were born first after dragons just kind of existed, followed by the elves, but don't tell the elves that. Then animals, finally humans. 
Humans came last, as always. We're always in last place. No, 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 no. <laughs> Our creation was very deliberate. It took more there time. That's all. Perfection <laughs> takes time. All right. So I this is where uh, I'm going to read a, a couple of paragraphs here, and then we're going to get into story time. So I want to suggest everybody grab something to drink. Heathen Dog may need to get up and stretch after this first portion of it. Uh, I, I don't know, because I'm going to be reading a lot coming up here. So, but, but before I read a lot, I'm just giving you a warning. And again, I'm setting up segment two with a lot of this. So first, um, so when Rearks created the world, he needed the assistance of men to help him with the work. To this end, one-eighth of all men and their families followed Rearks across the sea in the hopes of learning his crafts. For many years, men worked happily under the guidance of Rearks. Inevitably, inevitably, humans being humans, the men became proud of their skills and used them for their own ends. Rearks was angered. Now remember, Rearks is a neutral god. He's not a good god. No. Rearks was angered. In his wrath, he remade these men into a new race. As they had become tinkerers. So they would remain for all time. He took from them the crafts he had taught, leaving only their burning desire to tinker and build, invent, and construct. He made them into small people. They became the gnomes. Yep. Which is, that was, that was evil. I mean, he should be an evil god for that, because that is goddamn devious. You take away all skill, all knowledge, but, but still leave the need to make something, which inevitably will be shit, because you have no skill or knowledge. So it is going to be a, a, a beautifully crafted idiot box. It's, 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 it's going to work maybe, but usually not. And it's going to be 18 times more complicated than it has to be because you have absolutely no skill or ability. Well, but you, you, have, you, you, you have, the you have need, no wisdom. Yeah, the need, the absolute need to build something. Except you can't build anything. That's horrible. That's evil. Well, he's allowed to do evil acts. As long as he, you know, does good ones too. <laughs> <laughs> Balance it out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to skip one paragraph here. I'm actually going to adjust some things on my screen because this is going to be a lot of reading coming up. Because again, I have to set up segment two for this fool who doesn't know anything about Dragonlance. I'm going to be reading this entire column, this entire page, and finishing off right here. Wow. All right. There are a couple of paragraphs that I could skip, but like I was telling Heathen Dog before the episode, I would have had to have highlighted them or something to figure out which ones I could skip. So, uh, so here we go. All right. This is important. This is about the Greystone. And, oh, yeah. And, and the reason this needs to be mentioned is because in segment two, when we do a reaction video to this uh, weirdo, um, he didn't know anything about Dragonlance and started talking about how the races didn't feel right. Whatever. We'll, we'll get to that. Anyway, this is where they come from. It was also during this time that the single greatest event in the history of Kryn took place. While the tale is most fanciful, it is a fact that some fabulous event took place at about this time that brought about the, the tremendous diversity in the creatures of Kryn. The legends of that time are clear. Hidjikel saw the creation of the gnomes and smiled. Rorks had worked long and hard to forge order out of chaos, yet now... Rook saw that the balance of neutrality was not maintained. Hidjikal knew that Chislev also felt this swing in the balance. Pirin was the foundation for mischief. Hidjikal went to Chislev. 
With cunning words, he convinced Chislev that the forces of evil were losing ground. Their only hope, he said, was for neutrality to take ultimate control. Chislev agreed, and at Hidjikul's insistence, asked Riorks to forge the Greystone. The Greystone was a marvelous artifact, a large clear Greystone with many facets. It was designed to hold and radiate the essence of Lunatari, the red moon of neutral magic. Hidjikul convinced Chislev that this stone would anchor neutrality to the world of Kryn and solidify the neutral position on the planet. Chislev convinced Riorks of the same thing, and thus the stone was created. It was placed in Lunatari, and magic swelled within it. Riorks, although still angered at the gnomes, had never forsaken them. He loved them and now could see how they might yet serve him. He appeared to their priest and presented a plan for, the great, for a great invention he wished the gnomes to construct. It would be powered by a magical stone that Riorks would provide. The gnomes, as was their wont, built the machine 30 times the required size and with mechanisms that never served any purpose. Ethan Dog was right. The general consensus was that it would work once the stone was in place. Riorks now finalized his plan. Among his servants, he found a lowly gnome who truly worshipped his arts. In a vision, the little gnome saw the greystone and wanted it more than anything. He approached the problem of getting it like a good gnome. He invented something. His invention was truly worthy of the gnomes, a mechanical ladder that lifted itself into the sky. Tower of Babel, anyone? The strange device had pulleys and counterweights and wheels and cogs. It made a terrific racket when it worked. Riorx smiled upon that gnome and gave him a secret device. The gnome's ladder worked. One could set it upright on the ground, winch up to the top section, and then climb up to the top. From there, the bottom part would be winched up off the ground so that the ladder hung steadily in midair. Then the operator would climb up the new section and repeat the process. Slowly, the ladder pulled itself up into the sky and eventually reached the red moon. With a magical net given to him by Riorx, the little gnome captured the greystone. He lowered the ladder back to the ground and went to place the greystone into the great invention. But the moment he opened the net, the stone leaped into the air and floated quickly off to the west. All the gnomes rushed to pack their belongings and follow it. They followed it to the western shores of their land and quickly built ships. Greystone floated westward across the waters and the gnomes in pursuit until the gem finally reached the shores of Ancelon, which is the continent on which most of Dragonlance takes place, and counter to Talidus. Riorx was deeply disturbed, for the gem created magical havoc wherever it passed. Beasts and plants were reshaped in magical ways. New races of animals sprang up overnight and spell castings went wild. Instead of anchoring neutrality, the gem only made the pendulum of good and evil swing more rapidly than ever before. Then understood how he'd been tricked by Hijikel and Chislev. At that time, there was a great ruler among men named Gargath. He was a barbarian prince who, who loved the gods of neutrality and served their purposes. One spring day, Gargath was in prayerful communion with Zivlin. When he looked up, he saw a gray gemstone floating above. I'm sorry, yeah, gemstone, gray gemstone floating above the altar. It pulsed a steely gray light. Gargath took this as a gift of the gods and placed it high in a tower. Here, by various traps and magic, he secured the stone so that all could see its light, and yet none could take it away. 
The gray light shone as a beacon for two armies of gnomes. Oh, armies of gnomes. That's got to be a visual. The gray light shone as a beacon for two armies of gnomes who'd been pursuing the gray stone for many years. One army was filled with the desire for the wealth the gem represented. The other army was made up of those most curious about the gem and its working. The two joined forces to recover the gem and proceeded to march on the castle. The gnomes first demanded the stone. Gargath refused. Would you to give in to a gnome's demand ever? Gargath refused to give it up. They threatened war. He welcomed the fight as the gnomes were outnumbered and tiny. There was only one thing left to do. They invented something. Two weeks later, a giant siege engine came thundering towards the gates of the fortress. It broke down just short of its goal. Aw, poor gnomes. The gnomes retreated with heavy losses. Three weeks after that display of gnomish technology, a humongous siege engine approached, sounding like a hundred ghosts wailing. This one rammed the first siege engine and caught fire. It burned to the ground, and the gnomes retreated with heavy losses. Nearly a month and a half later, a towering colossus of a siege engine roared towards Gargas battlements, charging through the ashes of the first two siege engines. Drive mechanism broke. The siege engine fell forward and shattered the outer wall of the castle. Although this wasn't exactly what the gnomes had planned, the result was good enough. The gnomes charged in through the broken wall. As the gnomes rushed into the courtyard, both sides were amazed to see the gray light from the tower suddenly fill the area with unbearable light. When men could see again, the two factions of gnomes were suddenly fighting each other. Gnome on gnome violence. One side was filled with lust for the gem, and the other side was filled with curiosity. The power of the gem had changed the gnomes. Those who lusted after wealth became dwarves. That is right. In Kryn, the gnomes are derived from dwarves. Those who lusted after wealth beca uh, became dwarves. Those who were curious became the first kender. True gnomes yet remained in the far-off lands, but dwarves and kender quickly spread throughout uh, the continents of Ancelon. Of the Greystone of Gar uh, Gargath, none knew where it had gone. That some gnomes followed it to the western shores of Ancelon is known, since to this day a great colony of them still survives in Sandcrest. The rest of the gnomes, they say, followed the stone in ships to the west. The gnomes believe to this day that the stone will return someday with their kin still in pursuit. This event is not pleasurably anticipated by any in Crick. Thus, where the races changed during the age of twilight. They have changed little since that time. I read all of that because in segment two, this jackal is going to say stuff like it doesn't make sense how races evolved a certain way or are a certain way because it's not evolution. Okay. They were forced into this. Uh, what did people say in the comments? Uh, Max can't speak actual English words, but he never stumbles on the fictitious names. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, basically, all of the all of the races that came after the original, you know, the, the dragons, the elves, the humans, whatever, they're all basically punishment. <laughs> they're all yes. they're all like, like uh, uh, you did something wrong or something bad happened and created this new race. So. so that's it. I mean, you know, they, they, they are, they are going to be, uh, I don't know, 
memes, I guess. I mean, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're real, but they weren't planned. They were accident, you know? Just well, except, or... except for the gnomes themselves. Rearx was pretty pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There, it wasn't an accident. It was a lashing out. But still, not <laughs> a lot of forethought went into that. I mean, all the gods came together at the beginning of the world and created these main core races. All right? They, that was purposeful. That was that was that had a plan, but every other race—the gnomes, the kender, the dwarves, the uh, the uh, the ogres—changed as well, I believe. Yes. But well, they they, they changed was, because they were evil. Yeah. All all of that was either impulse or accident, and so they weren't they weren't uh, purposefully thought through. They they weren't they weren't pondered on. They weren't on they weren't on purpose. So they are going to have real bad deficiencies like the the gnomes their their deficiency is they love to build shit but they 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 suck at building stuff right well they're and, great at building it they're they're they suck at giving it purpose well you know actually having it work is the way, is, way is, intended you know, yeah <laughs> yeah the, the work the way you're intended is is a fun thing that they, they can't do dwarves they 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 have that trope of of being greedy and 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 you know all that stuff because that's their punishment that's 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 what happened to them because of of the of the graystone and and the, the kender with this wanderlust and and thievery and stuff that's because Curiosity, of yep. the graystone that is there there is a reason behind it they didn't evolve that way they, they weren't a purposefully thought out race the gods did not make them on purpose they are accidents, so they have severe deficiencies. Oh, wait till we get to the next accident. Oh, it's even better. <laughs> yeah, in their makeup. They have severe deficiencies in their makeup. Yeah, Urda Ogre, that, that is correct. Yeah, Indra, or Urda, sorry, Urda to, to Ogre, yes. The, the Urda, you know, some of them became Ogres because they were evil, and, and the evil on the inside decided to match the outside and all that stuff, yeah. It's like the Sith. I mean, it's, it's a tr again, it's a fantasy yeah, trope. It's a trope, you're right. Uh, so Shadzar said, look, the gods were drunk and after a night of partying ended up with some kids and we're not good parents. It happens. Well, one of the things that, that he says there is actually spot on to some of the arguments that the gods of Corinne get. But I, I want to point out to you, that, you know, like, how could you trick a god? Well, first of all, it was two other gods tricking a god. But let's let's think about it for a second. Pericles tricked Atlas. Yep. Nephthys tricked Osiris. Yep. Prometheus tricked Zeus. And he wasn't even a god. He was just a titan. <laughs> was he? Yeah, Prometheus was a titan. Yeah. Well, Hercules was, what, half human? Yep. So, these again, these are reminiscent of, of uh, worldwide fable, myth, legend, whatever you, want to, whatever you want to call it there. Doesn't have to be its own high fantasy, really weird, based on pure evolutionary you know, st stance. This is based on, maybe not directly, but indirectly, Greek, Egyptian, Sumerian, etc. I mean, you Sumerian, look, you've already got Tiamat in here. Yeah. Akesis. Where's Marduk? So, uh, the, the point is, is like, when you look at these things and you complain about the gods, go read some freaking literature. Now, I haven't read all the Beowulfs and Odysseys, and I mean, I've read those, but you know, I haven't read all, all of the different tales and so forth that are out there. But in the ones that I've read, this fits in very well with that. And, and I, like I, I put a note here, it says, again, Weiss and Hickman understood that in AD&D, demi-humans are tropes, stereotypes, and caricatures, and properly created them as such, and then built the history as to why afterward with the Greystone. This is exactly how demi-humans should be looked at, identified, and whatnot. 
anything anything on that or should we talk about kender no keep uh, kender is fun let's let's do that they suck ass but let's let's do it fun i love your definition of fun apparently uh kender (laughs) so i want i want to highlight this here because it's going to become important in segment two kender are small are small enough to resemble human children kender are small enough to resemble human children don't worry i'll quote it again later okay um like Tinker Gnomes, I'm not a fan of Kender as, a play, as player characters. As NPCs, sure, Tass was quite a character in the books. But as mm-hmm. PCs, they tend to be tediously disruptive. And by the way, the video that we're going to watch in segment two, he mentions this as well. And it's one of the few things I agree with him on. Um, but they tend to be tediously disruptive characters played by players who want to get their giggles at the expense of other players at the table. That is my experience pretty much across the board. There's one guy ever that I knew that could play a Kender and it was only temporarily and it was back in high school and I'm 47. So that should give you some never seen anybody play a Kender as a Kender other than a practical freaking joke. But with that said, Kender themselves are not a problematic race within the lore and stories of Dragonlance, though the population of Kryn may beg to differ. So I have on here, it says page 51, column two, last page. Oh, Four things make a Kender's personality drastically different from that of a typical human. Kender are utterly fearless. Almost stupidly so. Remember when Flint said, I bet you'd go tickle the, the foot of a dragon, and then Tass was gone? Insatiably curious, as part of the Greystone curse. Unstoppably mobile, good luck holding one down. And independent. And we'll pick up anything that is not nailed down, though Kender with claw hammers will get those things as well. Obviously, it's tongue-in-cheek joke there, but the point is, is that their curiosity, they're just thieves. That's all they do is they just steal everything and they cause party problems. Well, that's not a good Kender to just steal everything from the party. A Kender will pick up a freaking shiny rock, some belly button lint, or, you know, the uh, priceless, uh, you know, egg of, of a rock. You know what I mean? And all of them will be equal in his eyes. Yep. Exactly. What the hell? Horny Kender? What? Uh, chat. I'll let you look at the chat because I'm confused. Uh, page 52, Theft versus Handling, I wanted to bring up as well because it talks about this. It says I'm supposed to read it all because it's important for segment two. Ugh. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say the Kender concept of personal property and theft deserve special attention because many Kender develop thieving talents. Most people assume they're merely... Innocent-looking but sneaky burglars. This is just not so. The intense curiosity that a Kender feels... Oh, sorry. The intense curiosity that Kender feel feeds their desire to know how locks can be opened, how to approach people unseen and listen in on their conversations, and how to reach into pockets or pouches to find interesting things. It is not about, I want this. It's like, ooh, I wonder what that's about. And even I wouldn't play a Kender well. It's like... The door's locked. There must be something interesting behind it. Let's find out what it is. It's it's about that. It's not about stealing. It's not about being disruptive to the party. It's not. In fact, um, one of the things is uh, Kender do not steal for the sake of profit. They have little concept of value, as as Heathen Dog noticed a moment ago. Here's some Kender excuses. Um, on the other hand, Kender like everyone else, do not like the idea of someone deliberately taking an item from someone without the latter's permission. Now, some would be like, well, that's an oxymoron. No, do you not understand the curiosity side of it? Yeah, no, this, this is it. If, if you really want uh, something you have to stay out of your Kender party mate's hands, uh, 
make it boring. You specifically show it to him and say, this is mine. I do not give you permission to touch it. Throw it at him, let him hold it for a moment, and then... <laughs> no, no, just say, no, you'll never touch this. Do you understand? I do not give you permission to touch this ever. But that could make him... Even, your pocket. That, that could make him more curious. There's got to be a reason no, why. I wonder why he doesn't want me to touch it. Yeah, no, it that's won't. even written in the books. Yeah, it won't. He won't touch it. No, no, but I'm saying it's written in the books where that kind of curiosity got Kender in trouble. It's like, there's got to be a reason he doesn't want me... There's, I wonder yeah, why he's hiding. Th this, this is made for... If you're going to play a Kender... Fair, yes, fair. Everyone else is out right here sure. that that little that little beginning of the paragraph if you specifically say this i do not give you permission to touch <laughs> this then you can't touch it everything else in your pocket sucks but whatever i had to put that no one requests anyone to play a kender ever that's true yeah uh, it, it usually usually doesn't go well so anyway to be called a thief is still considered a base insult you get the idea right okay so i, I didn't need to read that whole thing it is important for segment two because he's going to go off on the whole uh, uh, thieving things and so on and so forth. Yeah, anything you, uh, I'll let you, well, let's go, actually. Uh, I, I, I think it's super funny that a Kender can be a fighter. Look at the level cap, five. Yeah, but he can be a Ranger, level 10 five. barbarian. Barbarian, strangely enough, 10. What? Wait, what, what's, what's that double asterisk? Uh, Kender, who somehow gained 17 strength, can reach Kender's 11th are, level. So, who somehow gained a 17 strength can reach 11th level. Uh, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, 5th level? That's crazy. On the, that's, that's why most of them are thieves. You know? But if, I guess if you're playing a low-level game, yeah. I mean, you, the Kender's still going to have sheriffs that, you know, probably pickpocket the thieves. Uh, anyway, uh, Harma, so they have the Kender pockets. We use this once in a game. Basically, it's like, what's in the bag? Uh, the DM typically rolls and so forth, but uh, or I reach in my bag and what do I pull out? The problem that I have with it is it's just a comedic trope, and I don't do comedic games, so it's just there's no point to it. It's a, works great for the novel again. I just don't need it in my game. But if you uh -oh. care, what, what's what's? Uh oh, what? Uh oh, what? Hello? Can you not hear me? Am I dead? Is Heathen Dog frozen? Am I frozen? What happened there? Yeah, I don't know. You 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 locked up and everything went away for a second. See, see I saw you lock up. So uh, who is which one was frozen? Me or him? Well, no, it was both of us because you're broadcasting. They'll, they'll see both of us as frozen. No, no, no. Uh, StreamYard isn't being broadcast for me. Only my portion of it. We're actually logged into a server, so it says Heathen Dog was frozen. Yeah. Okay. I just saw the uh-ohs and so forth, and you sounded like, but, but because I've been having the audio problems recently, I thought maybe it was me, because you went uh-oh, and then we're gone. You, you went echo and robot. Yeah, I heard a, a partial robot from you, and then you were just froze. Hmm. I guess everybody, maybe it's stream. Let's bring StreamYard since we both had yep. the problem. Good okay. Uh, you ready to move on to Els? Any, any final things you want to talk about, Kender? No. Okay. Fine. Tinker Gnome appearance, whatever. Read the book. Yeah, we've already talked about Tinker Gnomes. Elves yeah, it's, it's, no, I, I do. I will say this about, about Tinker Gnomes. They actually have a section called Mad Gnomes, uh, which is well, really funny because yeah. Mad Gnomes build shit that actually works. Well, they're mad gnomes also because they usually come from other worlds and they have a percent chance of turning into a, uh, uh, what was it? 
Doug was frozen. Oh, so on the YouTube side, said uh, you were frozen longer. Yay, I win. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but uh, you, the uh, is a percentage here. Oh, only off-world gnomes start off as mad gnomes, mm -hmm. and you can turn from off-world one percent chance of learning the technological skills of the tinker gnomes during any six-month period. So yeah, they, they've got the mad gnomes. But which but are in, actually same books. There, there was there was one gnome. I forget his name, but Conundrum? he actually built stuff that worked. Conundrum. And uh, he was he was ostracized. He was he was considered insane because he actually built stuff that was useful to you know anything. The Twitch police finally caught up with Heathen Dog's no pants dance. Yeah, for there those who missed it, we had the no pants dance earlier. <sighs> Thank you again to Crafty for <laughs> ordering that. Didn't know we were serving it. Um, elves, elves are pretty traditional elves. Uh, again, it comes in the whole Dragonlance. It likes its trilogies. It likes its number three. So you have your Sylvanesti, which are your haughty ones, your Qualanesti, which are just a little less haughty, and the Kaganesti, which are nuts. Well, they're, they're, they're the barbarian elves, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, you can see all the classes they can be and so forth. Uh, I mean, not a lot. There's a lot that they can't be. Right. I mean, usually elves are, are some kind of magic user. That's basically it. I mean, he, the, those can be fighters, but they lock at uh, level 10 and 12. But uh, they only have unlimited for, uh, was it Ranger? Uh, yeah, it was it's Ranger. Well, for the, for the Sylvan Esty. Magic yeah. user. Yep, for the Sylvan Esty. Let's see what the Qualan Esty get. Qualan Esty get uh, Wizard, Thief, Thief Acrobat, and uh, Holy Order. And the Kagan Esty. Uh, what I like about the Kagan Esty, when people start complaining about Gully Dwarf Intelligence, just remember the Kagan Esty. And they can be fighters, barbarians, rangers, thief, acrobat, and uh, low-level clerics. Load them in. Yeah. And but, uh, uh, they can be clerics, but only up to level seven. Right. Yep. Yeah. Just remember, maximum intelligence of twelve from an elf. All right. Uh, dark elves. Dark elves in this game are the traditional dark elf, not the stupid ass drow, which is like, hey, you've been outcast yeah. from society. You can't start as a dark elf. You have to do something that um, turns you into a dark elf. Basically, you're kicked out of society. Yeah. Being evil is enough. Yeah, there's Dalimar. If you are in evil alignment, you're, you're kicked. You're booted. Moving on to dwarfs. Uh, one of the common themes, again, as we talked about, is the whole Trinity trilogy thing. Uh, the number three. So we have hill dwarves. You have mountain dwarves, which actually aren't big fans of each other when the uh, um, uh, the Chronicles happens because of some historical stuff where the hill dwarves felt that they were uh, well, cast aside and because uh, the mountain dwarves shut the door and said, ha, stay out there, buddy. So uh, well, what can they be? Uh, fighter barbarians, ranger, thief, thief acrobat, and holy order. Which one's this one? That's hill dwarves. Where are the mountain dwarves? Oh, they did the hill dwarves first? Okay. Uh, mountain dwarves can be cavaliers and pal paladins. Wow. Okay. Fighter, thief, thief, acrobat. Yeah, the only unlimited they have is fighter. That's it. Yeah. Mountain dwarf, what do you expect? Gully dwarves! You know we're going to spend a little time on this, right? Yeah. Excuse me. So, uh, under the history section, it says read the last three paragraphs, so everything but the first paragraph. Got it. For our purposes, we turn to other sources. The tale of the Greystone of Gargath tells of how the dwarves and Kender came into being. That little story that I told yeah, that little story I told a little while ago. 
In the years that followed, a few intermarriages between gnomes and dwarves occurred in isolated communities across Anzalon. That can't be a problem, can it? Oh, it's fine. Surprisingly, the children of such marriages proved to be of an entirely new race with their own particular characteristics. The members of this new race lacked all of the better qualities of their parents. Good job. Inbreeding. Well, actually, crossbreeding, that really turned into inbreeding, right? Further intermarriages were banned by the... You know what? I'm not going to read the rest of it. Yeah. You, you, get, you get where they came from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, gully dwarves exist because of accident. Upon accident, upon accident. Upon accident, upon accident. I mean, the, the, uh, the two races that intermarried weren't supposed to exist. They were not planned. They were not planned. So the, the offspring of these two unplanned races is a third race that was also unplanned, only like once removed, unplanned. So the, 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 the gully dwarves are, are a mistake of a mistake. All right. Yes. Yep. It's, it's like a it's it's like a, a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox. It gets it it turned out <laughs> bad. You can't read it anymore. All right. So that's what they were written to be. They are a mistake of a mistake. Now, while they so do have a place in, oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. Now, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Oh, uh, they uh they have a place on the Dwarven Council, but I actually I am going to look at this this last paragraph here because this is kind of important. Cataclysm was at once... <clears throat> I'm sorry. My button's over there. I missed it. Um, the Cataclysm was at once the curse of the world and the salvation of the gully dwarves. The destruction of civilization in Ancelon opened up dozens of deserted ruined cities to habitation by wandering gully dwarf tribes. Soon, once mighty towns like Zaxaroth, which, of course, you know, is in the novel uh, Chronicles, became havens for the Aghar. Undisturbed by the rest of the world, the gully dwarves were free to establish their own cultures such as they were. Now, one of the things about gully dwarves, let's go up here. Oh, wait, that's a mountain dwarf. Go down here. Gully dwarf. Here's what you roll for uh, stats. The highest possible intelligence one can have is a 9. Average is going to be a 6. 2d4 plus 1. But they're not, they're not bright. No, no, but, and it gets even worse. Even if you have a 9 intelligence, you are still uh, mentally deficient. Because they, they, they give even even more uh, mental restrictions in the description. Like the whole counting thing. Right. Um, so the, here, here's the, now, first of all, well, actually, what I do want to show, where is it in here? It does actually say that they're stupid. Uh, the stupidity of gully dwarves is legendary. Yep. However, I don't focus on this. Here's where I focus. Gully dwarves are born to survive. They skillfully avoid exposing themselves to harm and regard cowardice as a virtue. Now, whatever. You can turn that into a comedic thing. I see gully dwarves as goblins. Yeah. Rats. Well, I, no, I'm thinking specifically the goblin race. Oh, okay. Specifically goblins. Okay. Cowardly. I, I, I equate them to that. <laughs> traps. Uh, you know, kind of like how you would expect goblins to react. Well, this game doesn't have orcs. So the next best thing, let's go with gully dwarves. Now, you are absolutely, by the definition here, you are not wrong to see the gully dwarves as stupid. Hell, it says it in the text, but you're wrong to underestimate them. And while they are retarded, and yes, I just said that word and don't care, and are certainly the redheaded stepchildren of Dwarven society, yep, said that too, I see them more as feral than stupid. In fact, I don't think you'd be too far off from thinking them as similar veins to orcs or goblins. 
orcs which don't exist on Kryn, of course. Uh, that's again, that's how I. That doesn't mean oh well, they've got a sort of wisdom about them. No, no, really, they don't. <laughs> like you know, yeah, uh, I I I think of them as dwarves with Down syndrome. <laughs> so there you go. I try not to play that part of it up because I don't see dwarves with Down syndrome surviving as a community. I can see feral hobo dwarves. <laughs> what? That was funny. <laughs> feral hobo dwarves. Get off my rail line. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I can see that. But I mean, it's it's a slight distinction and, and you laugh, so therefore it's still just as kind of comical, which is why maybe, maybe, do you think this race is problematic? Stop using the word problematic. You sound like an idiot when you say it. No, no. Well, I, I, I did that intentionally. Oh, okay. No, th this, this race exists because of because of the story okay right no one should ever play this you're right yeah if if you if you play a gully dwarf in an actual dragon lance campaign uh i i as a player a fellow player will will kill you to help you out you know try again <laughs> and if if i were running it i would kill you again to help you out so you can try again and and pick a correct race there you go uh, Gully Dwarves, that old coot prospector from the movies. Uh, I don't think they're even that smart. No, they're not that smart. They're not. They're not that smart at all. Yeah, go, like like I said, dwarves with Down syndrome. The the only reason that they that they exist, like it said in the text, be, because of the, of, of the the cataclysm, they have to live where no one else wants to live. That's the only only way they can survive as a race is to be apart from all other races. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, they 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 are the dodo birds of uh, of of, uh, <laughs> of of races on Kryn. You know, they, uh, attached to any other society, they will be eradicated and rightly so. So in, in Heathen Dog's illusion of player agency, he will let you play it and then he will take yeah, it. Away. Yeah, I'll let you play it. But again, you're just you're dancing in my palm of my hand. You think you're making moves by being a gully dwarf. No, you're not. You're, you're going to have an accident. <laughs> and uh, you're going to end up uh, choosing a different race that I like. But so, it's so going to be your choice. Like you said, Gully Dwarfs were put in the story for a reason. I'm going to talk more about this in segment two, where I have yeah. some notes on this. But the Gully Dwarf was put in there to give race and humanity. Yeah, the, the, the illusion of humanity. The illusion of humanity. Yeah. Okay, there you go. All right, I, I'm going to be completely honest now. We're on page, what, uh, 69 of 130? I have literally nothing to talk about in this book because I don't care anymore. Not that okay. the book's bad. It's just I've talked up until page 114. Okay, well, I want to talk about the, the morality chart. Well, that's page 114. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of, I'm going to slowly go through this. So you got non-weapon proficiencies. So obviously this was done after, what was it? Uh, the Dungeoneer Survival Guide or Unearthed Arcana where those kicked in? Whatever. Uh, creatures, they go through some, the Draconians, which are very prevalent. What I liked about the Draconians, to me, when I first read them, they're kind of unique. And I like how when you kill one, when a boss reaches zero hit points, it turns into a stone statue. The person who struck the death blow must make a successful dexterity check, minus three penalty, or his weapon is stuck in the statue. The statue crumbles to dust within 1d4 rounds, freeing the weapon. It's armor and most... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, and it, yeah the, uh, each one is different. Each yeah. race or sub-race sub of, of Draconian dies in a different way. All of them are bad for the person who killed it. Which one blows up? <laughs> one, anyway, of them do. I, yeah, one of them does yeah, blow one, up. Yeah, one of them blows up, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, it talks about, uh, and it goes into the dragons, which, you know, you think be dra uh, being Dragonlance, we'd spend some time on this, but honestly, it's it's not, you can read about it. Uh, the dragons serve the gods to some degree. There's Huma. 
some decent art for pencil art. Yeah. Tale that was long ago. This is where you start getting into some of the history, like what the map used to look like. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, I like timeline. this book because, because it gives you two eras that you can play in. You can play in before Cataclysm or after Cataclysm. It gives you enough uh, lore and story to be the setting before or the setting after in your game, which I like. Fist and Dantabooble? Fist and Dantalus. No, Fist and Dantabooble. Why Dantabooble? No, no, Fist and Dantadoodle. That's what that's what Carmen called him. Oh, okay. All right. When he was drunk, he's like, ah, Fist and Dantadoodle. Uh, what about running your campaign during the cataclysm? Yeah, yes, right as it's too. hitting. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to start today. Boom! Everybody make <laughs> new characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're on the other side of the world, I guess, yeah. But. Yeah, you, you might survive it, yeah. And then it, it gives you a bunch of magic items. Yep. You know, so, of some course. of them are story important. Some of them are just neat. The, the, the orb of oh, dragon. The, the dragon orbs are just a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. Yep. You know, Admiral Akbar made those. Staff of Mages. And we're at 98, so we got about a few pages to go. Rabbit Slayer, Tasselhoff's Knife. Yeah, yeah, just, just go to page 114. I'm going to 114, letting them see now the timeline, Cataclysm. Climate, we got to know about climate, right? Yeah. I think that was to fill up to get 130 pages, because that was kind of the default right. thing for... Yeah, no, nobody cares about the, the specific weather patterns. Just shut up. There you go. Boom. There it is. Okay, now this is what I really like. I really, really like the uh, the alignment tracking chart, this morality chart. I really like it because uh, there there isn't a lot in in first edition AD and D and second edition AD and D. There isn't a lot of uh, instruction on how to handle alignment and alignment changes. There's some, but this one gives you gives you a, a really really good chart. If you do good things, you go higher on good. You go more left. If you do bad things, you go more right and you're fine. You're absolutely fine with, with your God, your country, your, your higher moral self, whatever, as long as you are within your lane, as you can stay, see, stay in the white. Yes. Yeah, stay, stay in the white and you're in your lane. You move over to the gray. You're in transition. If you are um, a caster of any kind, if you are a cleric or a, uh, or a mage, you are in trouble. You, you actually, you, you start losing power. This, this is to let you know that, Hey, you're going off the reservation here. Come on back to the fold or else it's going to be bad. And if you actually transition to a different alignment, you lose all your powers. Your God abandons you. Your, your, the, whether it's, whether it be the God of magic or, or, or your, or your clerical God is you're, you're no longer getting powers. You have to now petition a new God to get your powers back. But you take a, was it a minus two level hit? Uh, it's, it says it's on page 13. I, I don't remember what everything was. But I do think it was a minus two level hit. Yes. Yeah, I, I believe it's a, it's a minus two level. I, I, it, it might not be exactly minus two, but you take a level hit for changing gods, whether it's, uh, whether it's God of the moon or, or it's a, or it's a, a God of the stars, you take a level hit. Sorry, you started Which freezing I up. Really, I want to make really sure it wasn't me. This 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 transition chart gives, yeah, gives the uh, gives the, the the game master the ability to to track them, and it lets the player understand that hey, this is happening. You got to change your behavior, or hey, you know what? If you want to be neutral now, 
now or you want to be evil now or you want to be good now, then you're on your way, brother. You're on your way. There you go. You're going to take and, a hit, and, but and if that's what you want, then that's, that's what you get. And depending on what acts you do, I mean, it's, what is it, one to four? Like, you can, you can move one to four spaces depending on how yeah. bad what you did is. Now, I, how, I throw how in egregious some, or whatever it was or how good it was, yeah. Right. I put in some, uh, some caveats to that. If you're, if you're a paladin or, or a knight of Salamnia or whatever, and you're up here right in, in the little good area, can you see my mouse? I don't think you can. You're in the good area. We'll just say you're halfway up the good area, right? And you murder yeah, somebody where, where in, starts. and you murder somebody in cold blood, I'm not giving you just four boxes and say, well, you're still good. If you're like, you know what? I'm in the bar. I don't like that guy. I'm stabbing him in the face hole, and I'm going to keep doing it four more times just, just to do. I'm, no. Just to make sure he's down. I'm, I, there are some acts that go beyond one to four, but generally speaking, depending on what you do, it's one to four. I think it yeah. says it up here. Yeah, you, you have leeway, you know? I mean, uh, this this takes into account that sometimes, sometimes, yeah, there to, to win, uh, you know, to, to finish a campaign or an adventure or whatever, you have to do something distasteful. This happens in real life too. This one act is not going to redefine your life. All right. It's just that now you got to work, work harder to get back to where you were, but your life isn't completely in shambles ruined. Okay. You're, you're still okay. You had to, you, yes, you, you killed an unarmed guy, but you had to do it to save five people, but it goes against my code to kill an unarmed guy. Well, you'll lose, you lose four, four, uh, four spaces on this track. You're still not in transition. Probably if you start in the middle. You're still not evil, nothing like that, but you know, it had to be done, but now you, now you have to atone. And while you atone, you will, you will get back in, into, into the graces of your morality or whatever. So I, I really, really like this. I use it a lot in my campaigns. Same here. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, I, I find that it helps the game master and the player understand where they are, you know, where their, where their character stands in the whole grand scheme of things. This this chart really helps them uh, solidify what alignment is in their mind. And of course, these are the races. You know, if it came from the Greystone, look look at everything that come from the Greystone. Look at that. It's just animals and then crap happened. Yeah, on the left side is pre-Greystone. On the right side is post-Greystone. And you, you can see that all of those races on the right side of the screen, they were unplanned accidents. They weren't, they, they, they were not thought out by the gods. Well, these are Only more clans than the left. like, like some of these are more clans than races like the Sylvanesti. I mean, nothing, it wasn't the Greystone that caused me with them. That was an internal rift. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, but as you can see, it, it bypasses the whole, the whole Greystone thing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and anything that has a line that comes from the Greystone is an accident. Well, and, and gnomes that, that was just, you know, it was Reorks being grumpy, getting angry for a second and doing, <laughs> doing an impertinent thing, but whatever. Yeah. The, the, yeah. That moral dilemma crafty. Yep. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, to finish up here, we've got uh, monster charts in the OSR format. Why? Because this is literally OSR. It's not even OSR. It's just OS. Um, <laughs> um, Got some stats. 
No, we'll finish the book up here. Gnome device complexity. Look at that. It's even this sideways. This is important. Chart. Yes. I spend 18 hours making a thing that's never going to work. Shut up. Get out. Spheres of influence. For the gods that you follow and so forth. Well, I suppose you remember this is all based on first edition. Right. Uh, I tried to convert this to second edition. And while well, it works, um, second edition, there are a billion spells. So, Because I have the, the encyclopedias. Spell summary. Okay, enchantment charm. Uh, here we go. I, I want to look. At, I want to look at that because I could have sworn that I played a red. Yeah, because I could have sworn I played a red robe mage that could do it. That might have been second edition though. Um, I don't remember invocation. Evocation. So fireball. This is yeah third level mage spell. I mean, if the book separates it, then it's separate. I mean, I always yeah, consider well, these the same, but, yeah, I, but if, I think that might have been second edition. Red Robe Mage. Yeah. No, I, I get their, that part. For their, for their spells, um, for their spell schools, it only gives invocation. And for the White Robe Mage, it says evocation. But in this chart, they're the same. Well, yeah, it's almost always treated the same. But I think that the definition of the spell itself is, is specifically picks one or the other. Which is fine. Okay. I just I could have sworn I played a red robe mage that that had fireball, but again, I'm also saying that I might have been playing a second edition version of it then too. So anyway, yeah, fair enough. Uh, there we go. At the end, hear the sage as the song's descends, and I don't remember just after that. Uh, so uh, to sum up, uh, Dragonlance is uh, an amazing story, and uh, it has lots and lots of elements that we really like. You know, it has has a uh, has a uh, um, way, ways of doing things that are that are fun, that make sense, and that's all good. But as a setting, taken as a whole, sometimes hard to swallow. By the way, didn't do this enough. You should put that over my face more. Oh, really? Should especially when I was doing that long thing. That. <laughs> um. But then, then we have on here. Did, 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 look at all those tables. How are D and D players who can't read really even understand? Cancel Dragonlance. It's illiterist. Yep. And if you want to judge someone by the fact they can or cannot read in a, in a society that that teaches you how to read for free, um, you you can you can beat them in the face for me. Shadzar, I think he did this on purpose. He made sure that I, he said something that I would agree with. Finally. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Lots of elements that we really like, but taken as a whole. I think it's overcomplicated. Yeah. 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 Overcomplicated. I mean, in, in, in and of itself, is a moon chart hard? No. Is the alignment chart hard? No. Is it hard to, uh, hard to level up whether, you know, somebody in the party is a, a, a good priest or a red robe wizard? No. But... When you're trying to put all of that together under one roof, it's an it's a nightmare headache for the DM. It yeah. is. So, all right. That um, any final comments from you for segment one about Dragon? I think you just gave them, but just in case, yeah, that was it. Okay, my, my final comments pretty much just mimic what he said. I, I've said my comments throughout here, so uh, I love the setting. I want uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman to write more books. Now, I got to be honest, I did not like the third edition books. The the was it the dragon, the soul sword, whatever the hell it was called? Yeah, the the world got weird. Well, Magic souls, went yeah. away, came back. Sorcery was there for a while, and it, it, yeah, the whole the whole world got weird. Well, the the point was to elevate it. No, uh, the, change it. 
to third edition. I mean, let's let's yeah, be well, fair. That, that and then that's why would I really care about a fifth edition Dragonlance book? It'd be tough. It'd be tough. I think they'd still write it well and they'd make decent characters, but uh, you know, some of those changes, Paladin and Tachesis leaving because or because Tachesis died actually. You know, uh, that stuff got too weird for me. You know what? I could actually handle the Forgotten Realms stuff better. And Forgotten Realms gotten a god's dying and falling apart all the time. <laughs> yeah. But but ultimately I think Dragonlance is a uh, the old the original Dragonlance for first and second edition AD&D that that's where the sweet spot is. After that, some of the books were good, but most of them were kind of at best. So. All right, uh, that's uh, Shazer says. Wait, I want race class lack of gods monsters. Did you just give me the hand? No, it's wait. Stop. Dragonborns and Draconians in one world. I know that's one of the things that I was saying. <laughs> Say, can my Dragonborn character explode? Oh no, <laughs> they they can't do a fifth edition. They can't. No, that's they what can't. it have to. It have to be based on it. It has to be. Wizards of the Coast would require it. But you you can't have any race in in Dragonlance. You can't. It doesn't fit in the lore of the world. So I, it, it takes away player agency, and people are gonna whine. Oh, I can't be a tiefling. Oh, my feelings. Fuck you. Well, we're going to get into some of that momentarily. Are you ready for segment two? Let's get that banner up. Also, I want to just remind everybody while I'm getting finding the banner because I clicked the wrong thing. First of all, subscribe. Secondly, uh, if you want to see the stuff that goes on like in between the segments or at the beginning of the stream or at the end of the stream when people jump in, uh, hopefully jump in on the show and talk to us. Uh, yeah, you, 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 have to, you have to be behind that paywall. Crafty is definitely behind that paywall. And if for whatever reason you're not, dude, <laughs> make, sure that, make sure you are. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we put the, the full streams and so forth uh, behind the paywall. So if that's something you're interested in. Uh, check that out. We didn't really have a big transition between the segments today, probably because that first uh, segment went pretty long. It's up here. Well, the first thing actually I want to show is let's talk about what's precipitating all of this right now, which is not what's on my screen at the moment. Oh, it's over here. Share screen. Uh... Margaret Weiss, LLC, a Wisconsin limited liability company. Tracy Hickman, an individual. Plaintiffs. Wizards of the Coast, LLC, a Delaware limited liability company. Defendants. We are not going through this whole thing. There are enough videos out there by actual lawyers. Look at one from, oh, was it Hogg? You can look at one from Leonard French. Uh, I bet you Riqueda is probably going to hit this sometime soon if he hasn't already. Uh, you, you can go through with real actual legal scholars on this <laughs> Uh, without uh, us but this is what we wanted to show essentially the quick version of this if you don't already know is that there's a deal in place uh, back in 2017 uh, Weiss and Hickman wrote the books some shenanigans happened and instead of saying nope we're, uh, uh, we're, we're ending this here they just said we're not going to uh, Wizards of the Coast that's the day uh, said that uh, they're not going to accept any more drafts so legally you know because they are they're required to accept drafts for it to go forward so they're not breaching contract technically 
by by canceling something they promised. Garthon did. They're it. just gonna sit on their hands. Garthon typed the scream. Subscribe. Thank subscribe. you, Garthon. So um, this is why, and the reason I have the legal document here is because there's gonna be one part where I do you know, talk about. But uh, again, the 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 main the main crux of this is that a couple of things happen. It's shenanigans, and now they're not gonna be able to make their books. So to show that we'll keep that there now we're going to get into the fun stuff that hopefully doesn't have too much echo there oh, are you ready for this guy did you watch this yet or no i did are you happy about watching it i am unhappy that he called himself a journalist because you know that's not the definition of the word as it pertains to him but uh, other than that, as a as an opinion piece, it was what it was. Do I agree with it? Not at all. Okay. Here we go. Now, a, a couple of things. First of all, as we always do here, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're going to dish on this guy. I know you think, well, that's backward. If you dish on him, shouldn't you dislike it? No, it's not fair to him to do that. I'm not trying to fuck up his channel. No, okay. no, and and he's entitled to his opinion, and we are entitled to our opinion of his opinion. So everyone, be happy and and un understand that uh, that we we live in supposedly a free country, and we should treat it that way. Right, right. Oh, I'm going to go off on him. Don't get me wrong. But um, this is Complex Games Apologist. That's that's his name. Uh, if somebody wants to put the link in chat, go for it if you want. I'm not going to do it, but uh, uh, yeah, 113. Wow. <laughs> Got a lot more comments now. But uh, to set this up, I want to let you know that I've watched only watched two videos. This one and his video on racist orcs. The orcs video actually wasn't bad. I feel like you try to take a, a similar approach to this video, this kind of thought-provoking, well, what if, how about, you know, so forth. And, and, and the ORC video, it really worked. But it utterly fails in this one because I think too much of him comes out in this one. Sure, I could tell where he stood with the whole ORCs are racist thing. Might surprise you where you think he'd stand on that, but uh, he was vaguely clear. <laughs> as clear as mud uh but this one uh, no i think i think it's very prevalent what he thinks and when he thinks it would you agree yeah i do and the the fact that in the, in the comments he admits that he has very little knowledge of what he's talking about that oh he tried to use that as a defense yeah yeah he used to try to use ignorance of Dragonlance as as a defense of his opinion which is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous uh, Shadzo, you, you're partially wrong on that. Like, likes actually do get you promoted more. Any engagement is good, but likes say that people who watch this type of stuff would probably want to see this type of stuff. It's more targeted. If you do likes, it is more targeted. Mm. Other than that, yeah, you're right. So sorry, sorry, Hughes. Uh, sorry. So are are we ready to play? Yeah. Did you get? Did you get? Did you see all the stops that I've got? I I I, I yeah, doled it. I doled it out yeah. this time. Well, it's again. It's twenty four minute video. Number one, we'll turn it into two hours. And number two, it's uh, we got to make it transformational. So you know we got to talk over it. Um, but I wanted to let you know where the stops were coming in, so that uh, you know if you had one that was like four seconds different, we could just figure out a spot. So. 
Don't show my comments on this video. It may not be appropriate. I didn't even see that. Did I? Oh, no, I did. No, I responded to you for the one from uh, Taking 20. That ass. I didn't even know. He, uh, I did know he was still doing videos, but I hate that guy. No, I don't. I just dislike his points of view. We're not talking about him. We're talking about this guy. We're talking about complex games apologists. Uh, can I go full screen with this? Yes, I, yes, I can. All right, here we go. Hopefully I can stop. And uh, everybody tell me, I'm going to turn that up. Tell me how volume levels are and so forth. You can love it or you can hate it, but it's hard to deny that Dragonlance had an incredibly powerful effect upon the second half of Dungeons & Dragons' tenure when it was still at TSR. It has a huge legacy in shaping a great deal of what we think of as the fantasy legendaria that Dungeons & Dragons takes place in to this day. None of it has been particularly attractive to me, and there are some problematic elements to the settings. I'm ah. looking at you, Kender. I'm looking at you. Did you say stop? Yeah. It, it, whenever he says problematic, I want to punch him in the face. But, uh, you know, so it, it, up until this last part, un, un, up until he said the word problematic, I was on board with him. I was on board. But uh, what what he's about to what he's about to allude to are things that he admits to having no real knowledge about. And it's infuriating to me. Absolutely infuriating. So I was actually going to stop this in seven seconds, but I'll just do okay. this here so I don't have to stop it in seven seconds. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things I want to say about the stories of the original Dragonlance novels and pretty much any good ancient myth or modern fantasy story, Beowulf, The Odyssey, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and so forth, is that they are stories of hubris, failing, tragedy, suffering, hope, and redemption. They're stories of the fickle natures of ancient gods, read, read anything. We talked about it before in segment one, but read anything. Greek, Sumerian, Egyptian. I could argue that the gods had more failings than men. On Kryn, a world where gods take an active vested interest and in where they see life or the existence through the lens of the soul, not the physical corpus, is it really problematic? He hasn't said the word yet. I was actually commenting on his last little thing, but just so I can play it through. Has this pretend intellectual... Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Read any Greek tragedy. I mean, you've got hubris of the king priest and Lord Soth. We talked about that in segment one. You have deceit, the corrupted dragon eggs. You have uh, suffering, the cataclysm, and then the rise of the high lords. You have hope, the dis of Meshachal, the heroes of the lance. Redemption, the amalgamation of the diverse groups that once shut each other off, uh, shut themselves off from each other. Thorbarden, the Hill Mountain Dwarves, Qualnesti and Sylvanesti, the human nations. You have the return of the clerics. Then you have victory. I'm going to say it. Organic diversity through natural inclusion. Good job. Like that? <laughs> that this douche nozzle, by the way, is going to say problematic many, many times. And it's going to hurt every single time. Yes. And look at his reaction every time he says it. It's like he has cockroaches crawling all over him. He's like, problematic. You gully dwarves, I'm looking at you, genocidal gods. But notwithstanding all that, it's got an undeniable legacy. And Margaret Weiss is one of the earliest and most pioneering women within the tabletop role-playing hobby at large. Okay, stop it again. And Wizards of the Coast. God damn it. <laughs> now, he says that a lot, too. He, he, he makes a point to say throughout this entire thing, Margaret Weiss is a woman. Thank you. I couldn't tell by the name. 
Good well, job. Tracy Hickman. Right? No, no, no. Actually, I, that's what I was going to comment. Uh, the 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 gender of the artist isn't supposed to matter, but he's trying to make it matter because she's a woman. Because she's a woman. He says it at least three times. He tries to emphasize that she is a woman. She is stunning and brave. Well, he Whatever. talks about diversity a few times also. Yeah, yeah. But when, when, I, when I was younger and I first read the books, I thought Tracy Hickman was a girl. Because in my area that I grew up, Tracy's a girl's name. I never met a male Tracy before. Same here. I thought they were both girls. Did I care? No. You know, you know, it, does. I'm going to, I'm going to talk later about this, but uh, have you ever read books by Elizabeth Hayden or Jennifer Fallon? I don't, you, I don't remember the names. They, they uh, you know, they're women. <laughs> they make well, you yeah. know in, in the novels. Margaret oh. Weiss do, doesn't. In the novels no. that she did with Douglas Perrin, Doug, it's Doug Perrin, Doug Perrin, I think it is. Um, in in the books that she's done on her own and so forth, she doesn't make you know. You just enjoy the story, right? And uh, have you ever read the book Acacia? It's written by, um, oh my God, I, I can was it Anthony Donald? Crap, I don't remember his name, but uh, it's a black guy. I had no clue about that till years after I read the book. I thought the first book was really good. Okay. So I don't care about the ethnicity, gender, or whatever other preferred class denomination, whatever that a person is. So, all right. This is, after all, alleging that they want to become more inclusive and create a platform for diverse voices to have their work appear on the page within the hobby. Yeah, yeah. Wizards of the Coast does this by shutting down the voices and works of people who have both established themselves and whose works are loved by millions. Well, notwithstanding that, from what we understand, a new trilogy of Dragonlance novels has been cancelled. And with that, we have to surmise that perhaps the setting itself is not going to be seeing the page anytime in this decade or perhaps for decades to come. Well, what happened there? You know what? To be honest, I don't care. Are you okay if I skip ahead a couple minutes? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because he's ahead. just, just kind of going to rehash uh, some of this stuff and say it's not the Twitter mob and so on and so forth. Uh, 326 is where I want to pick it up again. But it seemed in 2017 that maybe things were going through a pivot. And it was in that context that a lot of progress was made on these two new novels. An entire outline for the trilogy was shared with Wizards, shared with the publisher. Uh, drafts of the first novel were completed, and it was more or less done. And things were going pretty swimmingly well to the point that drafts of the second novel were written. And it was around this time in 2019, you won't see any of this in the legal brief, by the way, that a giant kerfuffle erupted around a Magic the Gathering novel which was very carelessly edited and some really strangely overtly biphobic language made it into print. Um, that it's just weird. The narrator's voice uh, basically spoke to how uh, having a woman-on-woman -woman, um, relationship, the character Chandra from the Chick -chick Magic Property, wow. um, after her breakup with her girlfriend, uh, the narrator's voice weirdly discarded uh, that relationship's validity and tried to invalidate 
that she was ever in love at all. It was some weird stuff, given that the setting was weird. headed in a direction Stop that it. was kind of more... I got 10 seconds. Can I wait 10 seconds? Okay, go ahead. ...more inclusive of LBGT voices. And uh, Wizards of the Coast caught some serious flack for this from the Magic the Gathering community. All right, go on. Go ahead. All right. Uh, this is, he, he seems absolutely mystified why why a, a, a company would uh, change an IP like this to, to either change to a uh, homosexual relationship or, or erase a homosexual relationship. Companies do anything for only one reason, money. Obviously, changing her from gay to straight and retconning her to have always been straight is because of money. They either weren't making money or they were losing money because of it. So they, they changed tack. He seems mystified by, by the, the, the thought that a company would, would change, you know, their, would change anything to make more money. Cause that's what companies do. He seems baffled, which I, I find strange. So I, I take a different uh, track on this. Yours is probably more reasonable than mine. we'll find out. Um, the first one is that uh, apparently he didn't read the legal document because if you go to page 9, paragraph 30, it actually talks about this. So not only did he not read the Dragonlance book, as we'll find out later, or know anything about Dragonlance, he didn't read up on, on this portion of it because it is addressed in the legal document. Okay. So now based on what he said... How, specifically just what he said, how is any of what he said biphobic? Another made a baby talk term. To be clear, I've not read the book, so anybody out there watching now or later is more than welcome to correct me on this. I'm only going off what he said. That's hypocritical. You're yelling at him about this. No, I'm not trying to make an article on this. I'm countering what he's talking about. I want to know more, literally. Within the context... Of the book, not how you feel about modern society, how was what was written biphobic? First off, people react to negative situations differently. Perhaps the narrator was trying to show how the character is moving through the self-delusion. I think we've all seen that with our friends over time. Secondly, sometimes people who are, quote-unquote, in love realize they really weren't in love. It took the breakup for the character to realize that. Thirdly, who the fuck cares? If it was a hetero relationship and was discarded or invalidated, who the fuck cares? Sure, we can have opinions about how the character or characters reacted, but to call it biphobic or anything phobic, I'd need to see some more evidence. Just because a relationship, hetero or otherwise, isn't put on a fucking pedestal with little sunbeams behind it, oh, look at me now, doesn't mean it's fucking phobic. Remember, Tenet 3 of RPG Gate, organic diversity through natural inclusion. When you ham-fish shit, then look for anything that doesn't meet your victimhood purity test, you'll find specters, poltergeists, and illusions, oh my. You start believing your own victimhood propaganda. Faux grievance, that's spelled F-A-U-X, grievance, for 4.1% of the population who feels like it should be 50. That's what this is. Anything else or move on? Good. Okay. So now let's fast forward into the future here where 
We've looked at several other controversies unfold about Dungeons and Dragons. There's the Oriental Adventures controversy, which I don't know if I'm ever going to cover here on the channel. And there was the Orcs Are Evil controversy, which obviously I have covered in some respects here on the channel. And a multitude of other things going on, where the brand of Dungeons and Dragons is seen as uh, having a lot of problematic stuff in its legacy stuff, in the, its past. Normal and intelligent human beings do not see any of what this dude mentioned as problematic. If you Stop do, I'm, I'm basing it on what he's doing. I'm talking about him. Stop using the word. <laughs> <laughs> it as, as an issue. <laughs> yeah, because orcs are evil. Yep. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. This guy sings virtues so hard we can use him as a beacon. I know, right? <laughs> Where, I, I don't see that. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Boom. That on the screen. I, I'm not going to be able to read every chat because I'm actually paying attention to him in my notes here. Hopefully he can uh, catch some of these. Yeah, but well, uh, uh, Crafty is right. Um, his speaking style and his, oh, God. his movements are upsetting. I, I, try to, I try to take that away and listen to what he's saying. If you have to close your eyes, I understand. But again, that that's that's not a, that's not a hit against him. That's that's how he that's how he acts. He can't do anything about that. So I so his it. orc video actually wasn't that bad. Like I said, it was like he was trying to be more introspective and thought provoking and so forth. There, I didn't. I mean, I knew where he stood. I know. Let me phrase it. I feel like I know where he stood on that one. But this one is totally different. This one is just a video of ignorance. Now, many of you hopefully have watched it or know that we did a full segment and reaction video to the Oriental Adventures non-traversy. That's right, using internet lingo now. For those of you who don't, a couple of non-Asian Canadians tried to get all butthurt over Oriental Adventures. To counter that, we brought on a real Asian, citizen of Japan. To counter and laugh at them, I'll take the word of my Japanese wife, her friends, and other Orientals with whom I associate over a couple of Canadians who have only the lens of corrupt academia. Oh, you, you just, you just said Orientals, you're, you're canceled. Fucking care. That's what they are. Well, I have to <laughs> do what? Am I not allowed to call them Arab world? Because that's fucking Asia too. Or caucus or fuck them. Even bringing that up will get you in trouble. I don't care. I don't, I, I, don't. I challenge br any last one of them. Logic is problematic. <laughs> hey, you said I can't say it hypocrite. <laughs> Hey, uh, by the way, anybody wants to argue with me on that, you're always welcome on segment three of the show. All right. Uh, it's going to go for about two minutes now, unless you stop me. And this is after a novel came out for Magic the Gathering, which obviously has some permissive or not very um, vigilant editing. We can surmise that it could be that their new editing regime kind of came into play. And we hear from the legal brief that is uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's lawsuit against Wizard that there was a good deal of sensitivity reading that was happening and in fact going swimmingly well up to the point of 70-page rewrites being approved to modulate different parts of the novels to work within the new situation that was going on. Interestingly, that new editorial team that I mentioned, which replaced the people that 
Margaret and Tracy had contacted originally was replaced with a very controversial head of story who is also now the editor approving stuff for these new Dragonlance novels. It's someone who has written um, some stuff which uh, uh, may or may not be uh, very respectful of women. Sorry, this isn't uh, an actual point where I wanted to stop it, but I did read this a little bit. A mother catches you looking at her daughter. She scowls. She knows what you're thinking. She knows what her husband is thinking when he looks at his daughter's friends. Yet she scowls more when she sees her daughter returning the gaze. Whole lack of context here to know what the hell is going on. Is it creepy? Sure could be. Yep. Is it, is it by definition creepy? No. Can't thought police people. You're going back to the King Priest of Istar for this one. Uh, do I like it? Mm, not so much, but again, context is king. But the thing is, uh, even, even taking this out of, out of context, I could, I could see this happening in real life. You know, but this is, it, this is some of the problematic that, uh, stuff that the, the editor wrote. Okay. See, it's, it's not problematic because writers, what, wait, what, what's the, what's the rule of writing that everyone knows you write what you know. That, that means when you, when you're writing something, you have to take from your personal experience. Or the so accounts of others. The yeah. writer actually witnessed this in some way, in reality, and then wrote about it. You're going to be pissed off that these things happen. Okay. Don't be pissed at the writer. Don't say it's the P word because it happened. <laughs> the P word. <laughs> uh. We value all people and perspective inside our walls, except those who don't agree with us, among our players and in our games. Dragons and elves belong in our worlds, and so do you. The Code of Conduct for Players, those games explicitly states, do not promote, plan, glorify, or engage in any illegal activity. And yes, one of those is the solicitation of a minor. I didn't see any solicitation. I, I didn't in see this. any solicitation happen. I, I, I saw a woman, I, I don't know, I, what, what I read was a woman uh, thinking what uh, trying to guess what other people were thinking because your that, husband thinks a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. You're, she doesn't know anything. She's, she's guessing. She's, she's trying to read people's minds and, and determine what they're thinking, which she can't do. So nothing has happened. This is all in a person's head. So th this is pretty much outside of the scope of the, the, of what we're talking about here. But I, but I did want people to say, this is what the person that they're calling the problem editor whatever all right and, and uh, <laughs> his scene is really problematic and they haven't god damn it spoken to uh the nature of that work and wizards of the coast has kind of turned a blind eye to the controversy around their prior work that they had written and published before they arrived it's a he, you don't have to say they so it's weird that this person is being responsible for the approvals and the denials of these new novels but notwithstanding that it was under their oversight, we can surmise, or at least through them, that the corporate termination of this license agreement came to be. Anyone who continually uses the term problematic for a make-believe, pretend, fantasy game is someone who should be ignored out of hand. There's nothing problematic about any of this so far, except with the SJW or... 
Woke scold, as I've been told to call them now, narcissists. These intersectional victimhood mental midgets with can- cancel culture proclivities. Wow, I can't even talk. Remember, SJWs are not people. Don't let them try to convince you otherwise. Organic diversity through natural inclusion, not ham-fisted degenerates who believe in the need for sensitivity readers. Games are escapism, not representation. Entertainment over activism and organic diversity through natural inclusion. Remember that for success. It's on the screen there, as a matter of fact. Anything further? No. Okay, going to be about a minute. A little more than. And with it, of course, we can surmise that, you know, the fans of Dragonlance are, are going to really know that anything that Wizards of the Coast does with Dragonlance after this termination won't be Margaret and Tracy's work. It, it, it's kind of going to become unauthorized by the original authors. And so that, that kind of seals the book on Dragonlance being a setting for D&D in many respects. Because nobody's going to want this unofficial knockoff version, right? And it'll be hard to ignore that in the modern digital age that, you know, this has nothing to do with the old authors. How many people wrote for possibly have been thinking? Well, I put it to you that it's probably just a matter of avoiding any future controversies by resurfacing the Dragonlance brand, which has a lot of problematic stuff in it, which is not really the responsibility of this particular novel. And it's certainly stuff which, you know, smacks of the legacies of a lot of the stuff that has captivated the controversies of this year around D&D. Uh, the... so, so first of all, do you know how many people wrote for Dragonlance? Sure, maybe not the official Chronicles, Legends, uh, t- well, actually, no, it would be for Tales and so forth. But there are quite a few authors who actually wrote for Dragonlance. So... Yeah, sure. Well, we'd rather see Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, especially if it's going to be, you know, the, the, the capstone that they're talking about, especially if it's going to be, or let's change it to the cornerstone of this fifth edition version of Dragonlance. We would absolutely want to see that. If Wizards of the Coast, and he's going to talk about it later, but Wizards of the Coast, I think, is making that decision that we just don't want, we want everything new. Just put it that way. I'm oversimplifying. But there wouldn't be any of these controversies that he says that Wizards of the Coast is worried about if they'd stop making up bullshit with which to find a fence. Remember, a fence isn't given, it's taken. Taking is stealing. If you took a fence, you're a fucking thief. Give it back. A fence back. Yeah, what, you know, what, what he doesn't understand is that Wizards of the Coast wants to make money. Again, I keep coming back. We live in a capitalist society. Wizards of the Coast is a company. The only reason companies exist is to make money doing something. If you don't make money doing it, you do something else. That's what companies are for. And Wizards of the Coast is gun shy because they 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 decide they decide to walk down the road of capitulation to to leftists. Well, they are the leftists. And they and they just. And their own kind just keep finding fault over and over and over. You'll, you're never good enough for the far left. You'll never be left enough. Yeah, and, and let's be clear. I don't have an issue with leftists. You have much less of an issue with leftists. We both have issue with these crazy wacka jobs that are out there. Yeah. Cancel culture. Yeah, but the thing is, people, for some reason, listen to these wacka jobs, right? And uh, 
Wizards of the Coast is now gun shy. They've been hit a couple of times this year. Last year too. They've been they've been hit over and over again and and they're 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 taking they're seeing money go away. And they're worried because of the stupid Oriental Adventures nonsense that that the same thing's going to happen with Dragonlance. They're they're scared, scared of losing money, so they stop it. Stop it. But they wouldn't That's lose if they were to do a 5th edition stop Oriental it. Adventures, they wouldn't lose money. Probably not, but they're afraid they're going to lose money. Yeah. Fear. Because Fear. because 4.1% of the population, actually in this case, 8% of the population is screaming like they're 60% of the population when they're not. Because most people, and this is why I like our segment twos, why I believe in our segment twos, because fuck you. If you're going to scream, I'm going to scream back. I'm not going to go, why, Max, why don't you just let it go, man? Just play your games. Because fuck them. They're changing shit that doesn't need to be changed. Create something new and there's no problem. Did you hear me blast that, uh, I forget the name of the game, but that uh, game that's out there, that, that Lesbians and Swords game or whatever it is? I don't have a problem. You made something new. It's your game. Play it if that's what you want to do. Don't fucking come into my hobby and my games and change the shit. That's where the problem lies. And no, I'm not just going to sit here and be like, I got those games back there. I can just, I'm fine. Fuck you. If you're going to come in and start screaming that things are wrong, I'm going to come in and scream and say, no, I'm not going to capitulate to your bullshit. What did Nora say? People need to learn from George R. R. Martin. Tell fans to F off. I'm the writer. You're the reader. Just read or don't read. I don't know if he said that, but <laughs> there you go. That's about it, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's it. But yeah, I mean, he, 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 this, this, guy, this guy seems just completely bewildered that a... Uh, that you know a, a company would would make decisions based on money he, he, the, this whole thing he is completely bum i think he feels they are it. making it about money based on the stuff he says at the end of the video i think he feels they are doing it based on money but that's just my take i i don't, i i, I how do I say this? I think these controversies are overblown because to me they're non-controversies. They're not controversies at all. I don't know. Do you know anybody? And I, and I mean this in seriousness. I'm not saying that we're out polling all the people, every single person in the world, but for me here in Germany and paying attention to the people who do what they do, you in the States being, you know, they're doing what you do and so forth, talking to your friends across the world. Do you know anybody who's run across these people? I'm sure my friends in Minnesota are probably like this, but I haven't talked to them in so long. I don't know if we can count each other as friends anymore. But uh, uh, I don't know anybody who finds Oriental Adventures ist or orcs as black people or whatever the hell the, the they're going after. The Vistani is as as the p word and so forth. I, I don't I don't know anybody who feels that way. Only on the internet. Yeah. Only, yeah. Exactly. Okay, it's going to be about two minutes, unless you, unless you stop me. No. Kender are a fantasy species, which are characterized as a race. That's the semantics used in the Dragonlance setting, and they are uncontrollably kleptomaniac. They are a lot like halflings, except they look like children, and the nature of their kleptomania is, to my knowledge, as a bystander, not particularly uh, explained. It's not like they have no concept of private property. Um, it's not like it's a product of their biology where they were scavengers um, or uh, 
and the sort of sorry i gotta i gotta stop it even though we're not even close to where i'm gonna say my real comment just remember we covered this in segment one yes all of this stuff that he says doesn't exist exists in segment one and i'm gonna talk about it a little bit it's like one like half a page if you read half a page all of these like oh i'm not sure where that came from is where it came from this is why I specifically spent the time I did in segment one on certain, the to- uh, certain topics. Anyway, I- I've got more to say in a little over a minute here. So, sort of, There's a certain sort of carnivore that uh, is prone to taking other carnivores' kills. Uh, you know, there are many reasons that could add nuance to why this was the case with the Kender. But every time that I've been at the table as a game master and or as a player and somebody wants to play a Kender, it's just becomes an excuse to play a troll character. A a character who trolls the rest of the party and creates a lot of kerfuffles with law enforcement, stealing stuff from shopkeepers, and generally making everybody have a a, not a great time at the table. He's not wrong. What's that? Yeah, and and I'll 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 talk about that. Because, well, it's what my character would do. This could be something which could be explored redeemed or rehabilitated by adding some nuance oh, to it oh, oh as in the case it. of the aracorca race who also have no cash 20 seconds private property but you know generally are not seen as uh very problematic and even very accepted within present day D community so there was an opportunity there to with new works and with new dragon lands to maybe uh, boost up some of these things that people might find don't say problematic. It. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> Ended on that word. You go first. All right. This 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 clown obviously didn't <laughs> read the book. He he admits it so much. This this is what pissed me off about the video the most. This part right here. Thank you, John, for making me relive this particular section of my life. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, the the Kender was not a thought out race. I said it before. I'll say it again. They were an accident. Oops. They weren't supposed to be. They weren't planned. So they have special deficiencies that don't exactly fit in the world because of that. It's in their story. It's in their backstory. It's the lot in life that they that they are given. That's part of the drama. That's part of the the overall arc of the entire world. Is you know these accidents happen and now you got to live with it. That's it. Kender are not kleptomaniacs. They are more or less cursed. Cursed by 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 being an, an unplanned stepchild of the world. That's their story. You change that, you may as well erase Kender from the planet because that's what you're doing. They wouldn't be Kender anymore. That is that is the core of their being. Trying to fix that, there's no fixing. That's how they are. That's it. God damn it. <laughs> well said. So first. Other than agreeing with Heathen Dog, I'm going to agree with this fool on something. He's 100% correct about the players who want to play Kender. I yes. don't allow Kender PCs for that very reason. And in that, he is right. But now, let's, let's backtrack a bit. Did you notice how uncomfortable this mangina was when he said the word race? Yes, yes. He, he, he made a, a race and species. Yep. He, 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 like, I didn't understand what he was saying, but I could I could <laughs> see that he was trying to escape in his head somewhere else, like a, a yep. happy place or something. But I don't know. I don't know what was going on in his head. I, I can't talk about that. So Kendra don't look like children. Remember when I focused on, on that line in the book in segment one? 
Here it is again. Kender are small enough to resemble human children. So are halflings, you fuckwit. The description is in relation to size. It also says in there about how at age 40, Kender are called wizened because they have fine, fine lines, age wrinkles. Did, did you miss that part? In segment one of this live stream, a separate video on YouTube that will post two days after this one goes up. Uh, we talk about why Kender are the way they are. So if you're watching this as the day it posts, you're going to have to wait two days before the, the other one goes up. We do the segments backward because I want the opinion pieces up first. Uh, but they didn't evolve this way. They were created by a power of a god artifact. Kender as a race don't need to be redeemed. And they certainly don't need any boosting up from the likes of your kind. You called him kind. I'm calling everybody who thinks and talks the way he does a kind. Yes. As they are, there is nothing wrong with Kender. Only with the players who play them as disruptors. I suggest you go back and watch the more facts-based and less vitriolic segment. That would be our segment one. To stand corrected because you will be. It shouldn't hurt your fifis unless you're one of those delusional people who inject problems where there are none. But more importantly, based on this idiot's horrible ignorance regarding yet determination to change the Kender, not only should he watch our segment on Dragonlance Adventures, but he should at least read the Dragonlance, Dragonlance Chronicles. Come up to date with them. I literally don't give a fuck what your gaming experience with players who play Kenders happens to be. You're, if you're going to bitch about the race and find them problematic, you damn well best know what the fuck your ignorant ass is fucking talking about. I said F a lot there. I don't care. Yeah, that was, that was a little excessive, but yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he pissed me. Dude, he's got me abs of his ignorance on this, and then he uses it as a shield later in the comments. Is No, he doesn't get to have that. As a player, his ignorance is barely tolerable. But if he, he said he GMs games. If you actually DM games in the Dragonlance setting... You're a shitty, shitty DM for not knowing this. At least for Dragonlance. To be clear, to be clear, I'm not pissed about what this guy thinks about a fantasy race in a make-believe game. I'm pissed that this nonsensical fucktard, or nonsensical fucktards hey. like you, want to change... No, he is. Want to change, destroy the past, when you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Know the facts about the Kender before you decide they need to be changed. Until then, not only is your opinion invalid, but it makes you look absolutely retarded. Now, unless he not has anything else to say, let's get a good pity laugh at how uncomfortable he is when talking about the Aghar, the Gully Dwarves. I think we're go. Okay, I'm going. Likewise, the Gully Dwarves, which are um, described in Dragonlance and in the fiction as a barbaric, um, it just yeah, kind of primitive. They've lost civilization and there's just, uh, it may be because they're stupid. Like they, there's just, they're innately less smart than other dwarves. And, yeah. uh, likewise tinker gnomes, I guess, if I understand correctly. Were you saying something? Yeah, they're, they're stupid. It says so in the book. They are stupid. Yep. And, uh, maximum intelligence of nine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Average intelligence dumb. of six. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's just their race. Not, not everyone, uh, gets the genetic lottery, buddy. Didn't you say you treat them like uh, down syndrome humans? 
Yeah, uh, dwar- dwarves dwarves with Down syndrome. That's what they are. And uh, all 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 the characters I play in Kryn treat them like rats, an infestation that that needs to be dealt with. Because they are they are worthless people, but that's the point. That's that's their that's their place in life. They 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 are the the dirty little dodo birds of Kryn. They 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 have no place. They were an accident of an accident. Of an accident. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they they're are inbreeding. The, <laughs> yeah. They they are the uh, track marks on the underwear of Kryn. That's what they are. They, they need to be scrubbed away. But that's part of the story. All right. So, I, well, I, well I, mine's going to, I'm going to talk in about 30 seconds here, but to answer Crafty, um, the reason why he's not centered on his camera, I think, is because he puts graphics in there. I, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. This is just an artistic layout. There, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing there, but. Um, yeah, but, but Crafty is right when he says it's not the fault of the race, but the person who plays them as to why they're disruptive. Exactly. That's about Kender, right. but still. And, but the thing is, almost no one plays Kender right. So It's hard to. I mean, we're yeah. not Kender. We're not biologically, essentially made <laughs> as Kender. Freckly are innately way smarter than the other races within. And the elves are super product- protective and paternalistic. Uh, to the other races in Dragonlance. Um, which, you know, some of those are known fantasy tropes and have been explored to varying degrees of effect without, you know, being found particularly racist. But the totality of it, 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 it you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Now, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Don't, don't mimic him. Don't, don't mimic that behavior. Um, look, but yeah. Uh, in in the comments, he calls himself a journalist, and uh, <laughs> you see, every everyone, a lot of other people, not everyone, but a lot of the other people on YouTube, they 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 don't they don't call what they do journalism; they call it entertainment, so <laughs> they can interject their own ideas into the subject. This, but, this whole uh, segment, what does it say up? Th- what does it say up there? I can't see because it's covered by stuff, but opinion and commentary or something. Commentary, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the, this person calls himself a journalist, but so obviously uh, interjects his own viewpoint into the subject matter that it's it makes me want to slap him. If you haven't had the opportunity to do so, and, and I'm saying this in all seriousness, I think people should watch his video. It's about five months ago on uh, on the orc on the orc controversy. It's the same t- premise, but he actually is intelligent in that one more so than here. Um, so what I wanted to say is I, I want to start with the gully doors because I got a few things to parse out of this one. He says they are the way they are. He said, um, maybe because they are stupid. I had to quote that. Well, yes, as Heathen Dog already said, yes, they are stupid. Now, as I said earlier, at least in segment one, I see them as more feral than outright stupid myself personally. But I also have to look, and the reason that they're feral is look at how they were treated. During the after the cataclysm, they were kicked out. They were scavengers. Everybody treated them like crap because they are Down syndrome dwarves. I'm going to use that from now on. Heathen Dog, you just gave me a new line. Thank you. Um, but I, you know, Heathen Dog says they're like rats. Why? Well, I, I see them like rats too. I, again, I like I said before, I see them more as goblins. I, I picture them as goblins with beards now. I guess is the best way to put it. But uh, I mean, they're a twice cursed race and then a product of crossbreeding. A liger or a mule or some crap, you know. So there is a lore-based reason 
Actually, I'm sorry, this note was actually directed at this asshat here. There's a lower base reason for which you should know before you waste other people's oxygen. Your ignorant ass really needs to watch our Dragonlance Adventure segment or just go play in traffic, which I'm leaning towards the latter. Remember, unlike us right now, Heathen Dog and I, who are doing a live stream, this moron actually made an edited video. He had plenty of time to do a quick Google search. Oh, by the way, I put this comment in after doing a quick Google search just to see what I could quickly find out about Kender, Gully Dwarves, and Tinker Gnomes on just one search within five minutes. And I found all the answers I needed. He had plenty of time to do that search to at least get an idea of what the hell it is he's talking about. Now, in the novel context, and I think this is important, we discussed it again in segment one, but it really needs to be brought up here. Without the gully dwarf, Boopoo, little one, you really don't get a chance to see that Raceland has a modicum, or in Heathen Dog's term, an illusion of humanity. Raceland was bullied throughout his life, and he saw the same with the gully dwarf, so he took it as a measure of, of familiarity and protection. Tinker gnomes. Yeah, we discussed that in... Piss off Riorks and you see what happens. I mean, right? What's it you say about the game you play? You rolls the dice, take, take the chances? <laughs> like, and, and, and then as for elves, they're a fantasy trope. They just followed the standard fantasy trope. And nobody fucking cares. Look, the elves in their minds are the eldest of races. Really? The ogres are. But why shouldn't they feel a sense of stewardship? If they were blessed by Paladine or they feel their Paladine's chosen, wouldn't that you know, argumentatively speaking here, wouldn't that make them want to feel like they should be the stewards of the world? Anything? Good? No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to just make sure before I hit play so I'm not cutting you off. So It's going to be about a minute and a half. Now, in the process of researching this video, I did hear some very interesting ways of rehabilitating the gully dwarves within the mythos of Dragonlance. One of them is to say that gully dwarves prefer to work with clay when they're making their works. Dwarves, after all, are often very preoccupied with making things of beauty out of the earth. Oh, wait, so wait. they're on the surface because... Okay, so uh, he thinks that completely rewriting the story is the way to fix it. Gully dwarves are too stupid to make anything beautiful. Everyone knows that. It's... What? What? <laughs> Mark Hawkman. What? I might surprise you with my commentary on this, but I don't want to give it until All right, go, my time's up. But, but, but I am going to comment on one thing since it's definitely passe now. He said in the process of researching this video. Like, don't yeah, I know, my, right? My I, first I let response that one is go. don't lie. <laughs> yeah, he didn't research at all, obviously. So in the process of, you know, dreaming up shit that doesn't exist in his head, yeah, in uh, of uh, you know, in the process of 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 uh, oh reading shit, Twitter. I had <laughs> reading Twitter. There you go. Well, what did Mark Hawkman say? Did research by asking questions on an internet forum? Yeah, in in yeah. the process of trying to remember what I never read in the first place thirty years yeah. ago. Yeah, the, this 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 is this is the kind of guy who who forms all of his opinions uh, by blue checkmark people on Twitter. That's <laughs> that's it. All right, clay gets wet. And it's generally it's limestone if it's underground and they're also regarded as dirty by other dwarves because they are 
they live in ruins to work a potter's wheel without getting some mud on your hand and likewise they're creating works of art it's pottery rather than works of metal and the like and this is regarded by other dwarves as something which is less refined less technological less nuanced but is mostly a matter of prejudice and trash talking it's an interesting way of how do you trash talk a gully dwarf kind of a rhetorical question but no they they don't get it (laughs) it literally goes over their head not because they're short because they're retarded livening what has otherwise been you know again anytime that i've been at the table as a dungeon master or as a player uh, and i've seen gully dwarves uh it's it's been a pastiche of developmentally disabled people Yes, that's what I've that's seen what they are. when they're played, and it, it really—it's been a little cringy, actually. What's that? Then they're playing it correctly. I mean, right. if, 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 if you're playing your gully dwarf like a developmentally challenged dwarf, then you're doing a good job. Yeah. Seeing that stuff happen, um, because you know someone chooses the that particular species, that particular race, and then they play the character. And, um, <clears throat> boy, it, it wasn't great. Did he cry? I, I don't care. <laughs> um, so, since gully dwarves are the product of genetic cross-bleeding, bleeding, breeding, with results bordering on a caricature of inbreeding, I honestly, this might surprise you, but I can accept his argument. Not the ultimate conclusion of what he's saying, but at least having the words come out of people's mouths and taking it semi-seriously. The other races, maybe even dwarves, try to uplift the Aghar a bit. Even the segue into the clay versus the iron concept. Not saying it's necessary or that I even like it. But it's still the most valid discussion point so far in this video. And I, and I say that simply because it wasn't the Greystone and it wasn't Riork's anger. It was the crossbreeding that happened after that. I, 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 will, I will allow the conversation to happen, so to speak, with that regard. Okay, Doesn't well, what, what, uh, what I see when, uh, when, I, I, when, when I hear about a dwarf standing up for a gully dwarf, this, this is what I see. You had sex with your sister. You had a baby. That baby is horribly deformed and retarded. But you can't bring yourself to kill it, so you keep it in the basement. That's that is what the dwarves do with with gully dwarves. Is that you know an X Files episode? Fine, I, maybe it was. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. That 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 is that is the the best you can think of a gully dwarf, the inbred kid in the basement because you can't bring yourself to kill it as it should be dead. That's I mean, it. you almost took my next, you actually did take my next point away from me, but since I wrote it down, I want to, I want to put the writing effort into words. So, uh, Ag- <laughs> the Aghar roll 2d4 plus one for intelligence. This gives them a maximum intelligence of nine, which is on the low end of average for humans. If you're one of the people that uses nine to 12 as an average, some people say only 10 and 11 is average, whatever. With this said, they have an average intelligence of six which is objectively developmentally challenged in relation to humans, which is our standard. What did you call them again, Ethan Dog? What? Dwarves. 
with oh dwarves with down syndrome and then you know i'm not a big reader of the dragon lance novels and i don't follow that canon very closely but the other side of it is that the gods of good in dragon lance apparently just nuked in a genocidal fashion an entire civilization because it was the right thing to do and it's also my understanding that after having done that the gods of good um decided to take their ball and go home because people were upset about that and so the gods became dead to the world so this maybe strange things to say about the nature of good within the alignment system which people also are finding objectionable in D&D die 20 monate what <laughs> this is why it's not the legion myth count <laughs> Hey, should we All listen right, to a so German ad? I, I got to listen to get that off the screen. That is objectively horrible. What's happening right on the screen right oh, now? We got Stop. a German ad. I got to play for five seconds. The Salma leidet Hunger. Ihr Körper ist durch eine Lungenentzündung zusätzlich. That's awesome. And so, all right. So, hang on, hang on, hang on. So he obviously didn't didn't uh, read uh, the actual all the things that happened before the cataclysm. It's not just the god the gods of good destroyed. No. All of the gods together. Good. Well, it was even more than that. If I re- if I remember correctly, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this one, I'm I'm going based on memory on this one. It's not written in this book that I that I did for this. The gods of evil want to just wipe it all out. They're just like let's let's end this shit. Let's start over let's again. Start again. Start again. But then they 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 threw a mountain down. They gave people a a hundred ways to turn around to stop it because the gods were all about balance and the world was horribly out of balance. They had to correct it. Now they, they, they feel entitled to do this because they created the world. If they want to shake up the little, if if they want to take their, their little, uh, uh, anthill inside the glass and shake it, it's a dick move. Sure. But they can, because they own it. They created all of you. Do you think they they care what you believe? No. Not unless it unbalances the world, but your individual beliefs are shit to them. They're gods. They can do what they want. They're right because they're gods. How do you know a god is right? He's a god. That's it. So you want to put more morality on that? Fine. But that's that only exists in the one square foot inside your ears. All right? That's it. It doesn't exist in the real world. Well, it doesn't exist in the real <laughs> the fantasy, real fantasy world. world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I caught that. But uh, yeah, I'm going mean, to they... play it for 16 more seconds, and then I, okay. I'm going to piggyback on that. But no, if you got more to say, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So, what does the setting saying about the nature of good? Is this a parody of good gods? Is this a, a commentary on it, or is this even possibly messaging that gods that engage in genocide can still be? morally good okay I, my notes are a little jumbled up here i didn't order them so bear with me so first of all he talked about the alignment system and that is true i've watched a lot of videos in fact the, that's why i stopped watching the taking 20 guy because he's one of those people who thinks alignment is dumb um but first of all so no actual fans of dnd find uh, i'm sorry no actual fans of dnd of find the alignment system object objectionable why can't i talk that's another made-up, faux-grievance, nonsense discussion. The more crap they throw at you, the more they f- 
feel you'll begin that maybe they have a point. Races are bad. Alignments are bad. Love potions are bad. Elves are bad. Pointed ears are bad. Tieflings are bad. I mean, good. Uh, you know, they just can't, you have to catch all this crap. Sooner or later, everything's going to be covered in shit, and it's going to be shit. They've convinced you of that. This is just nonsensical crap. If you play Dungeons and Dragons, use an alignment system. That's like saying the six stats are bad. Oh, wait, that's right. Charisma is bad. I forgot about that. Damn it. Ugh, this is how... This is how they destroy your hobby. I don't, again, I don't care how you make your game. We're gonna, in two weeks, we're going to be starting a system that's tri-stat. There's only three attributes. It's its own system. It doesn't say I'm D&D. So, now, with regard to the gods of good, I think I have a webpage. Yeah, I do have a webpage that I need to show. But, first, we have to get into the story of the king priest. I know some of this was said in segment one, but we've got to say it here for people who only see segment two. The gods of good and evil wanted two very different things. The fiery mountain was the net result of compromise. Better than the destruction of all life, the entire planets, or perhaps even the local cosmos altogether. An empty crystal shard, right? The king priest was given 13 signs. Same vein as like Moses and the Pharaoh, right? Lord Soth himself could have single-handedly ended the cataclysm. Plus there are other little nuances in there. The thing is the king priest had with between his artifact and he thought that he was the right hand of Paladine. He just didn't think that Paladine was strong enough that he was going to elevate to that level and he was going to be the right hand of Paladine and we're going to make this crap happen, right? Some severe hubris. Uh, did this show? It does. Okay. Tracy Hickman. March 17, 2001. Pretty old, huh? But uh, he actually showed it. So yes, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to skip all that. I'm going to go just to the last paragraph. So far as the story and legends is concerned, was every last soul in Istar completely evil and deserving of death? No, I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure that they would not have thought so. However, the perspective of a god who viewed the people of Istar as eternal beings of spirit passing through a mortal experience may have been somewhat different. The point of that is if the gods don't actually see them as killing you, as like, you know, we're going to take the good ones up, we're going to mess up the world a little bit, and the ones that die, we just, we just kind of have to start with a clean slate. It's kind of like the flood story of the Bible, except for... Fire Mountain, whatever. It's cleaning the slate, taking the, the uplifting the ones that are pure, judging the ones who are not pure, and then just moving on from there. Yeah, I mean, has, has this guy never even heard of the Old Testament? I mean, you know, God in in our, in our reality works a lot this worked a lot the same way as the gods of Kryn with with calamity and disaster, cities and assault, assault thing. I mean. It's not now imagine a world where the gods are factually real, no doubt. Yeah. And you get a lot more of it, you think, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't debate morality when it, when it comes to a God, you can't, there is no morality. Gods, gods are what they are. They're, they're ascribing good or bad to them arbitrarily is foolish. (laughs) The gods have go through the fiery mountain down. They only get a four box tick on the on the morality chart. Yeah, only only four boxes. They're, they're still good. They're fine. Uh, all right, um, about a minute twenty for this next one. Ugh. This could be a huge 
fight in Twitter that could go on for years if Dragonlance got really up in the headlines again. So I see why they might be wary of Dragonlance. But, lo, couldn't this be an opportunity to uh, really explore these topics in a mature fashion, to have some not on Twitter streams discussing it, to really be inclusive? And after all, this could include one of the most prominent women authors of the Dungeons again, Dragons again. Legendaria yep. talking, speaking for the setting itself. I mean, this doesn't seem like an open and shut sort of thing. And we do know that the sensitivity rewrites were going pretty well. And we also possibly understand from the lawsuit that love potions were at play. And yeah, that's another side of it. In the legacy of old Dragonlance novels, some characters used love potions as a means to an end. And this goes into the whole non-consensual realm of magic being used to change what people want, which is uh, another part of D&D controversy. Whether love potions featured prominently or the legacy of those old actions of characters was revisited, we don't know. First of all, they're not real people. No, one's, no one was hurt in the, in the writing of these books. Right. And it, potions, they're, they're not a controversy. People have tried to make them a controversy. Again, you throw so much shit out there, somebody starts to believe that maybe this is a problem. we got to start from scratch. Have you not read the legend of King Arthur? It says, trope is old as time. In, in a novelization, there's nothing, nothing wrong with using a love potion as part of a story. In a game context, a player who does this to an NPC is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, simply for the purposes of playing character at a table and even having heathen dogs' illusion of agency, it should never be applied to a player character. That part I'll agree with. But, reluctantly. But doing it to an NPC, you took away that person's agency. It's an imagination. It's not even pixels on a screen. It's literally an imaginated... That's a word. Imaginated? Yeah, it's a word. Shut up. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a made-up uh, construct of your imagination. It doesn't exist. You hurt nobody. I would, you know, you are acting like the king priest of Istar by looking into people's thoughts and taking those thoughts and saying that is now an act of evil. If I were to give a love potion to somebody, hey, maybe that's how I got my wife. You don't know. If I, if I were to give a love potion to somebody, say, drink this, and that person fell in love with me and we died happily ever after at age 105, did I commit a crime? That is, that's a, that's a moral dilemma. They, we're not answering that here. The, the, the point being, if we were happy, well, she wasn't actually happy. You don't know that. She seemed happy to me. She seemed happy to her. She died happy. If you didn't know about the potion thing, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't even have this, this discussion because you wouldn't see anything wrong. Right. That's, that, that's, that's the problem. But yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is love potions in almost every story that they're depicted in always turn out bad. That's the other truth. Yeah. It always goes sour in some way. So it's just a, the, the, the moral that most writers you know, try to give you for love potions is that it's, it's never good. It's always going to turn bad. You shouldn't have even done it. It's you're, you're worse off now than you were before. Yep. That's almost always how love potions are worked. 
This isn't going to end how you think it's going to end. Yeah. And, and really, who the fuck cares what these morons on Twitter have to say? I mean, these are the idiots that cause the problem. They don't create any solutions. They just cause problems. No, there is no maturity on Twitter. Anyone finds orcs, oriental adventures, candor, gully dwarves, and so forth as... Ethan Dog won't let me say it. The P word cannot, by definition, be considered mature. Or mature enough for a discussion on Dragonlance. Remember, when it comes to sensitivity writers, this is not necessarily a Weiss and Hickman thing. They do not own the Dragonlance IP. Watsy does. Wizards of the Coast says you will use sensitivity readers and contractually obligates it. There's nothing Weiss and Hickman can do other than accept or walk away. The reason I'm bringing this up is because some people say, well, they shouldn't have allowed sensitivity. They should have said no to that. They might not have had the opportunity. I can't say that it would be easy to walk away from a creation such as Dragonlance if I were one of them. So I think that's kind of a nonsensical argument to, to say, uh, well, the sensitivity readers, they caused all the problems. Weiss and Hickman are a bunch of SJWs now. But no, they capitulated because that was probably part of the contract and they couldn't have moved forward with this without that. Yeah, and plus uh, D&D &D, uh, has a, had a big push with this sensitivity bullshit. They made a big deal about it that all their books going forward we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, safe space readers and you know make 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 sure that uh, that our, our our games are sufficiently homogenized as to not offend anyone in in any way whatsoever. They made a big big deal out of it. So that's part of the it's part of the Wizards of the Coast landscape now. There's no getting around it. All right, in good news, this is where he starts to get a little bit more tangible and legal. So we're kind of going to get out of some of the realm of, of what we're arguing about, uh, you know, this absolute crazy ignorance of Dragonlance as a whole. But bad news, maybe good news, is that I don't stop this thing for almost four minutes. Um, considering that you need to make a, a video, you know, transformative and so forth, I may just stop it on occasion just to have a couple of comments. Or if Heathen Dog needs to jump in, we'll do that. But we do know that the rewrites, including, you know, if it's going to be 70 pages, that means what the character planned to do, what the player character did, and the aftermath of the character's actions probably all had to be reworked within the plot. Those rewrites were approved. So I mentioned that the people who replaced the original editorial team that had brought Weiss and Hickman on board to start writing a new novel, you know, you got to wonder. What decisions were being made by them? Were these people playing it as cautiously as possible because of their prior reputation? Because of how they might be seen if they had approved something which might feature some sexual violence? That's a great question. What we do know is that Dragonlance is done within Wizards of the Coast doors and until Hasbro decides to let it go out of house again as it did in the early 2000s. We do know that this speaks to how older campaign settings are probably not going to be developed a great deal with location books during the tenure of 5th edition. I am going to pause it here because I, I do want to say this both makes me happy and sad. The sad part is pretty obvious, I think, where it's like, so no Dragonlands, no Greyhawk, no Forgotten Realms. No, Well, yes, Forgotten Realms. Never mind. I skipped that one. Uh, no, no Athos, no, whatever the hell is, Alcadim, Carter. 
But it also means they can't ruin them. I mean, I know that might sound like I'm joking, but I'm, I'm saying it straight forward as I can. They don't make them, at least they can't ruin them. See, I trust yeah. Weiss and Hickman, even though they did the War of the Souls and I thought it was god-awful. I still felt the characters. I mean, they're pretty much new characters, but I, I felt the characters and it was a decent series. I would trust them even under these fifth, uh, fifth edition conditions to write something I would at least be happy that I read if I only read it you know, one time. But 70 pages of rewrites? 70? Come on. <laughs> like, like that, that's, that's absolutely crazy. And if that's going to be the case, then just make your weird little realms. Now, he's going to actually explain it a little differently, the direction he thinks that they're going in. And I tend to agree with him on this, but... Yeah. It does speak to how likelihood that other IPs within D&D are probably not going to see the light of day. And why is that? Well, I have a theory, which I was mentioned at the beginning of this video I might talk to you about. And that's that basically I feel like campaign settings are not part of Wizards of the Coast brand strategy any longer for D&D. Because Jeremy Crawford has spoken to how he thinks of setting lore as intimidating and used as an instrument for gatekeeping. <laughs> Sorry, I'm never, I, I'll wait. Sorry, but Kryn does not allow in psionics. You have been gatekeep kept. Yep. Yeah. But I want to play psionic. Well, then you want to play a different game. No, you're making me not play this game. Agency. Go. Because the books outside of the core three rule books, Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, DMG, what we see, rather than setting books, for rule books are Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, and so on. And these books are a lot like magazine digest articles, just stone soup of all kinds of different manner of things. New monsters, new essays on the different species, uh, a new rules module for playing as a kobold. And it's all mashed together, um, and there's not really a coherent narrative, nor is there any setting stuff, you know, the story of the kingdom of Corm. That's the problem with fifth edition as a whole. It's just homogenized, thrown out there yard trash. Pick up what you want. Mirror, for example. Why is that? Well, I believe that there's a market-driven reason for it. They want to sell hardbacks and they want to see as much of their fan base as possible buying into it. They want a high market cap for each individual D&D release. To pass on to the suits at Hasbro to show how strong the D&D brand is. Because if they were to publish something like, you know, the Shining South softcover, which was one of my favorite releases from 3.x Forgotten Realms, they'd see that, you know, this was only relevant to people who were already interested in Forgotten Realms, probably only relevant to Dungeon Masters who were interested in running their campaigns in that region, which means no players were going to buy this book. And so the size of the print run, the anticipated number of customers, it's lower and lower and lower as you make more specifics adding content. And I think they're trying to avoid that as much as possible. 
Okay, okay, a lot to lot to unpack in the last few minutes that that's that's been said. So um, I want somebody to please put in the comments or put in chat right now. Please, I, I this is just absolutely racking my brain. How the fuck is setting lore used to gatekeep? I mean, again, if you're saying that, well, because you can't play a Sionicist on Korean or can't be higher than 18th level, that's somehow gatekeeping? No, you're supposed to play to the world. The world doesn't play to you. I want to be a halfling on Korean. Well, that's nice. I want to be a billionaire. See, here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, he's under the impression that the, the players gather the table and say, I want to play this. 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 And it's the, it's the game master's job to make sure everything that they want is incorporated into his world. Character and for how, you and a character for you. That's not how real life works. For you. That's, that's player agency and it's by definition bad. But this is a game, not real life. I play these to get away from life. Well, so do I. So stop trying to inject it. <laughs> so so I, I, I'm, I'm saying this for real. Jeremy Crawford. Instead of preaching to an echo chamber of 4.1%, how about you come on this show? Come talk to Heathen Dog and myself. Have a discussion about your nonsensical statements. You won't do it. I know. But how about you come here and talk to us? Talk to people who are going to challenge you, let you know that you're actually, the people you're talking to and working with are this little tiny circle and the rest of the world's this. Let's also talk about settings. You look behind me here. I've got, mostly for second edition, of course, because that's the when I played the most. I've got Alcadim. I've got, uh, oh, heck, they're actually right there. Uh, I have Alcadim, I have Dragonlance, I have Forgotten Realms, I don't have the Greyhawk hardcover, but I do have some Greyhawk books. Uh, Gazetteer, uh, what is that, Birthright, uh, I can't see what that is, Raven, oh, Ravenloft for sure, uh, so forth. This whole thing about not selling boxes, I use those because I'm kind of a lazy game master, I don't want to keep developing a world over and over and over and over again. I feel like doing some weird, you know, two-bit horror, let's do Ravenloft. I feel like kind of being in a natural D&D realm. Let's do Greyhawk. I'm looking for some damn high fantasy. Let's go to Forgotten Realms. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Crafty so, says that uh, he thinks he what he thinks he means is that uh, Grognards will uh, test the a new player's knowledge of the world and if it's not good enough, they'll not be allowed to sit at the table. I have never met a game master who did not welcome someone who did not know a world. Because it could be interesting. You could throw some of the most exactly. basic tropes you know, at them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's a way to get the, the newness and enjoyment all over again by, by, you know, through someone else's new eyes. Yeah, you know, I hate the fact when you, when you have an experienced player there, it's like, well, okay, that's going to be this. Yeah, that's and that's gonna... An experienced player is worse. Know it all, sons of bitches. That's yeah. what they are. <laughs> so a new player is better. A player who doesn't know anything about about Kryn, I would love to play a Dragonlance campaign with 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 this person because it would be great watching them see all these things for the first time. Part of this goes so, back yeah. to um, third edition. If you remember third edition, one of the internal conversations was that uh, Wizards of the Coast didn't like that people would say play Dark Sun or Alcadim. Or Karatur, Dragonlance, whatever. They looked at it and said, well, why aren't people saying 
they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I think that if maybe not, if consciously, although I, I believe it's consciously, but I have no proof of that. At least unconsciously, that's part of the decision-making process in this. They're so afraid of, you know, Weiss and Hickman, who don't even own the IP, I'm just using them as, as an example, don't even own the IP of Dragonlance. They are allowed by the powers that be of Wizards of the Coast to write the world that they created. That's just contractual stuff. That's what happens. That Dragonlance would become more powerful, or I'm sorry, more popular than, say, the, the shitty-ass Eberron world. Or what, what, is the, what is the main D&D realm now? Is it Forgotten Realms? I thought it was Eberron. Maybe it's Forgotten. Whatever the hell it is. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it, it just harkens back to that time of when the, we want people to say they're playing D&D. So everything's homogenized. Everything's universalized. Everything's the same. All rule sets, all everything fit in the same mold. And then, like the Lego characters that started with 3rd edition, you just Lego and snap them together, what you want to use, based on what books you have or what... Uh, what you see happening in your game world. Here's the real trouble in my mind with that. Is that that means that the legacy of all the old campaign setting work stands. Some of it was great work. Incredibly imaginative. I love Ed Greenwood's Forgotten Realms. Of course you do. This way and that way. No matter how much the old school people will say that it is the unicorn van and the, the Conan van of Greyhawk is better. <laughs> what do I care? It's the most anachronistic thing where you can just imagine your character sitting in a bookstore and drinking a coffee, reading a magazine printed on a printing press, and then walk outside and fight with a sword and spell. And it all fits together. Dungeons and Dragons and Forgotten Realms go together like peas and carrots. They were made for each other. And I think that's something to really be treasured. Now I think he just gave me a stroke. So let me clear up his inaccuracy. Forgotten Realms and Wizards of the Coast D&D go well together. Forgotten Realms is the proto-Watsi D&D. It's where race, class, and other distinction, you know, those things that make compelling stories and sources of conflict, they don't matter. It's homogenized tribe where everyone is born with a plus two sword in his hand. Forgotten Realms is the superhero high fantasy pre-5th edition. Though, gotta give credit where credit is due, he does make a very valid point when he expresses that he doesn't care if people prefer Greyhawk to Forgotten Realms. However, I post this why, or posit, this is why settings are both needed and important. You should not expect every single dungeon master to create homebrew worlds. I watch some of these 5e shield channels and 90% of the crap that they come up with, I'd never allow in a game. It's absolutely crap. Let me have my low magic Dragonlance world, my high magic uh, Forgotten Realms world, my home-brewed Greyhawk, my, I can, you know, I can go on and on. If you give me the setting, it's easier for me to read it than to create it. I mean, personally, I create my own stuff most of the time. Pull a little here, pull a little there. But the point is, is don't take this away from people. Unless your objective, and this is what I believe it is anyway, unless your objective is to say, no, 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 it's all open there. Don't take anything away. You have access to everything. Therefore, you should use everything. No. No. Good. 
My next stop, just for effect. Notwithstanding that, if you look at the list of the authors of these elder settings that were very developed, Bruce Hurd, Mistara, Ed Greenwood, Forgotten Realms, Gary Gygax and Rob Kuntz, Greyhawk, Monty Cook, Planescape. You noticing a pattern here? Keith Baker, 2003, Eberron. Yeah. These are all white men. Motherfucker. It's Forgotten Realms now? Okay. In Indigo Dragon thing. What the? Why? What does it have to? It doesn't have nothing to do with any. Okay, I'll come. Well, let's come back in thirty seconds to give you a chance to. And Dragonlance is the lone exception. Is there really an opportunity for a new setting by a new author that works from a perspective that isn't Eurocentric? Would that be an, a great opportunity? for a new setting to come on the market and do something fresh and new. Would this include diverse voices, which is something which so many people say is something that is important to them? Yeah. Yeah, it would. No one ever said diverse voices are bad or wrong. I never look at the race or gender of an author unless I feel the author is attempting to cram some agenda down my throat. Like mentioned earlier, Elizabeth Hayden or Jennifer Fallon. Although Elizabeth Hayden wasn't that bad. Just her books were like, I, uh, the, the female characters always, it was like, uh, um, what's her name? We talked about it before, that, that Netflix show uh, was Katie Seagal. Uh, the guys were always dumb and the, the girl always solved everything. But whatever. Jennifer Fallon was just straight up, her characters were bitches. Acacia was a great book, and I never knew that the author was Black Caribbean until years later. None of this matters to real people. Just make a good product and don't destroy the past. If you follow the code of hashtag RPGate, you will be successful. Games are escapism, not representation. Entertainment over activism. Organic diversity through natural inclusion. And then, then he... Talks about non-Eurocentric. Did you miss Karatur, Rokugan, Chult, Alkadim, Mastika, uh, I can never say this one, Marhasapar, whatever the fuck it is. He goes oh, on. No, but th those, those are probably all written by, by white men, so they don't count. Oh, the, yeah, 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 Oriental Adventures, right? So, doesn't count. Yeah, because now uh, we're, we, we have to judge not on the content, but where the content came from that's where the real judge, that's where the judgment lies. That's where we can have a, have a hissy fit. And yeah, the source and so, matters, not, not the actual, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the actual content doesn't matter. It's only the source. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Well, for, right. for facts, sure. For fiction. No. I'm, I'm going to let this run out for like the next two and a half minutes, unless, uh, unless you jump in or I, or I feel like, uh, but, but this is where we're going to end it in about two and a half minutes. If he brings up that, uh, that uh, Margaret Weiss is a woman again, I'm going to fucking punch a screen. Please don't punch your screen because he's going to. Oh, God damn it. And, you know, for the rest of folks, let me put it to you that if a new setting was made, even if it were in the cause of diversity, this would mean that the gates were open again for campaign settings to start being a thing again. Any voices 
regardless of what color or gender they may subscribe to. And how do you subscribe to a color or a gender? <laughs> how do you do that? I, no, 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 no. I'm going to choose to be black today. Um, did you pay, did you pay your subscription dues? It never yeah, works out. That's I'll, right. I'll you, yeah. Ass hat. <laughs> More world building. I think the hobby would be stronger for it because not everybody is cut out to write tomes of 1,000 feet, giant spell. As, as just just to be fair, this is actually I basically agree with him what he's going to kind of say going on. Not not every word that he says, but just generally the concept. He's kind of saying the same thing we were saying that wouldn't it be a good idea to have these setting worlds so that people don't have to try to write them, especially if if writing is not their forte. Books or monster manuals or subclasses. Dungeon Master's Guild is thriving with all manner of things of that nature. But to really make a great campaign setting, you can't give up 50% of your revenue and pass it on to the landlord. It takes an incredible amount of work in terms of art and cartography and actual investment in the world building and playing campaigns in the world to see them play out. And with Dungeon Master's Guild, I don't think that's an adequate venue for settings to really flower. And we're not seeing them released as products. We're not seeing many Kickstarters for... Hey, fair enough. I don't go to Dungeon Master Guild for anything ever anyway. So <laughs> I don't even know what's there. ...settings anymore these days. And I think that's because the leader of the pack is shy on campaign settings. And what could be more emblematic of how shy they are of this rich and amazing part of the heritage of the RPG hobby, some of which I try to lift up here on my channel with my videos about Harn, with my videos about Traveler. Well, what does it say? If that legacy is concluded, if it's too dangerous to talk about in public for the big money-making juggernaut at the center of the hobby, it's an interesting question. Now, we don't know everything about the context of how the licensing agreement was terminated. Margaret Weiss isn't even talking about it on her Twitter. Uh, this video was done a few days ago. I think actually recently she did giving her side of the story, which is a bit weird, don't you think? I think my lawyer would probably tell me, no, you need to say this to the public and get the fans on your side. Your lawyer would tell you to read the document. Right? Yeah. I think he's, his lawyer would tell him to read the documents before he signs anything. <laughs> exactly. You know, but he he's he's thinking like Twitter now. But if you're thinking like a lawyer, you shut your damn mouth. Yeah. You don't say anything. You'd think that that would be part of this. Maybe they're looking for a settlement, trying to keep things quiet. Well, that ship has sailed now, if you've watched this video. What do you think oh, you're about that campaign? Huh? Okay, I'm done. So, my final comments on, on this part of it, then we can open a discussion for everybody to come in if you want to start sending the link out to people. So, to be on topic here, 
The issue is not directly about a campaign setting. And I, and I think that in our discussions here, we, we did get segued into that as well. Though an intelligent mind can foresee the outcome of successful novels would be the expansion of the campaign setting in the world, right? But ultimately, this is about, this legal document is about the novels. About Watsi not allowing the novels to be written by the creators of the setting. Personally, I couldn't care less about a fifth edition campaign setting because I don't give Watsi my money. Fuck them and their attempts to destroy the hobby and under the illusion of growing it. This is about the lawsuit about novels, not a game setting. And in that regard, I want more Dragonlance novels. Look, they're, they're not Brandon Sanderson. I always say him a lot because he's my kind of recent author that I like with his uh, Stormlight Saga series. But he's not George R. You know, they're not George R. R. Martin. They're written more in what would probably now be termed like a, a young, I don't want to call it young adult. I don't think it's quite that tripey, but, you know, a younger audience, but still fun and interesting. Kind of the same level that I can consider most Star Wars books and so forth. But I like them, and they're nostalgic for me. So I would want to read them. And I absolutely would love to see Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman write another Dragonlance trilogy. Especially since it was supposed to be their capstone. This is supposed to say, we started this back then, we're ending it now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to give them that thanks. And a you're welcome for reading shit. Anything? <laughs> Who cast stone shape on Heathen Dog? Uh, I'm guessing you've got nothing. No, I got nothing. Let's get the uh, spectral fire. Yes, he's speechless. You missed that, the, the you missed the naked heathen dog dance earlier, Spectrofire. We're probably going to get kicked off of Twitch now. Yep, because look, 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 like I said, it, it may or may not include my junk. Are you ready for segment three, everybody? Let's get the banner up quickly for segment three, so you can know what it's about. You ready to join us? FB as a follower, subscriber, stay on topic. Be pithy. Eh, we'll see. And watch the language. You know, if we get ourselves kicked off of, uh, off of, you know, Twitch and YouTube, that's on us. If you get us kicked off, I don't know. I know. I know. I, I know. I know how to find people's addresses. <laughs> um. Uh, just be one moment, Marhawk. I'm not closing anything because I remember what happened last time. There. Got that. All right, let's get this off the screen and let's welcome for segment three. Why didn't I put up the segment three thing? Boom. Segment three. Mahakman, the first thing you need to do now that you're here is you have to recite, preferably standing on your head, the RP Gate song and motto. <laughs> song? There's song? a song? Yeah, really. Games are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and organic through natural inclusion. All right, what do you got, Mark Hockman? Well, it's just that all this discussion about the importance of race and blah, 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 blah that he was doing reminded me of how one of my favorite episodes of that old TV show, uh, Saved by the Bell, dealt with them having this, like, minor... 
Yeah, well, having them when, when one of the members of the high school class found out that her ancestors were slave owners way back in like the 1800s or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to do the equivalent of affirmative action for her classmates because of that. And then her classmates are like, stop it. You're freaking out over things someone else did that don't matter. We'd rather you just treat us like normal human beings and not someone who needs your pity 24 seven. Exactly. You know, one of the things you can't do is, you know, those who uh, was it ignore history are doomed to repeat it, whatever, however the hell that goes. Um, you can't forget. You have to know it was there and you have to accept it. At the same time, I don't know anybody, any type of uh, reparations or whatever over that, nor does anybody owe me anything over that as well. Cause it happened absolutely, you know, crazy long time ago. That's and and in the comments, oh, you know, we didn't go through the dude's comments. We were going to show some of his comments, so I can bring it back up in a little bit. But uh, if we want to, but there are people in there in those comments saying, "Stop it! I don't need you. I am not a weak black person. I am not a weak woman. I am not a weak transgender. I don't need you to hold me up. I don't need you to you know throw this little fake smile at me and pity me. Just let me be me." Ah, I guess I shut down the conversation. Great. I win. Yeah, <laughs> but that's actually something I've seen a lot of other places is that, you know, it's like people are just are getting pissed off at guys like this because he's like trying to be like a holy crusader for a, but, you know, he's tilting at windmills and not actually accomplishing anything. I agree. Mm. All right. Any, any, anything else on that? I mean, I think you said it well, so. Nah, Otherwise, that, that was it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Then we're going to thank you very much as always. I have a, you know, watch, watch the rest of the show. And now we're going to hear from Crafty. Figure out what, uh, what Crafty wants. Hopefully what not going on, dance. you guys? What? I no, think you've been watching no the dance. show. You know what's going on. First of all, thank you for the heathen dog dance. That is forever etched in my brain. <laughs> I'm glad oh, I worked in underwear. That's yeah. not a problem, guys. Not a problem. So let's first let's talk about gatekeeping. Okay. Yeah. So everybody keeps talking about this gatekeeping. And okay. Stop. 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 I'm going to gatekeep you. You have better radio voice than us. I'm out. I can't. I can't have this. <laughs> uh, so Sorry, I didn't mean to take you off track there. No. No, you didn't. Uh, so so gatekeeping. Everybody keeps talking about this gatekeeping and how you know no campaign books because there's gatekeeping or or I can't sit at you you can't sit at my table because well you know you want to be this person you're gatekeeping the problem is is that by saying that they are themselves becoming gatekeepers the the door of the gate swings both ways you know uh, kind of like in Ghostbusters and right now what we're seeing is we're seeing that the social justice warriors are becoming the gatekeepers saying that we cannot run the game the way that we want to run the game. Oh, that, that's, that's been going on for oh, yeah, that, that, a, a little, a little while now, at least, uh, especially yeah. with fifth edition. That's been one of the big things that, uh, that they push. And it's not just fifth, fifth edition. You can look at other games like fate core and so forth, where they're like, listen, we do not ascribe to the theory that the game master is like the owner or the 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 master or the the general whatever term you want to use the leader at the table everybody is there equally and i say nonsense to that 
the game master has to make an interesting enough game and and has to keep everybody engaged to the point where they don't quit the game where people are sitting at the table and having fun but who makes who gets the stories ready every week who puts the who puts the the adventure together together every week or, or however often you play the players literally just need to show up with a player's uh, a character sheet and maybe a player's handbook and they're ready to go the game master needs to actually put something substantive together so yes it's the game master's table but the problem with that is that let's say let's say i'm running a table for four people and i've got three people that are on board for my human centric campaign that mm-hmm. has elves as evil and they well not mm-hmm. evil but they live in the forest under the iron pact that will kill humans uh, anytime that they enter the dark forest of course i'm talking about simba room here but mind you um then you have that one player that goes, well, I want to play an elf. And it's like, well, that's not going to really fit in the game. Well, in today's culture, that person can go to, um, they, they can go to Twitter, they can go to whatever, and they can say, this game master is not allowing me to do this. And all the social justice warriors will pile upon me and get me to either cancel, stop playing, or whatever. Or at least they'll try. Is what I'm try right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, wait, hang on. It's, it's exactly the same. See this this player, this hopefully fictitious player that you've never met. It, <laughs> what 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 they're doing is, uh, they're they want to play a different game than what everyone else is playing. It's it's like uh, I want to be a wizard. Yeah, but you're you're playing Star Trek. But I want to be a wizard. Why can't you let me be a wizard? Because there's no wizards in Star Trek. Okay, keep it. It's the exact right. same thing. You know, you you want to you want to play an elf, but elves all elves are evil, and you guys have to be good because you're the good guys. It's the same thing, right? And they're they're getting angry because they don't have it their way all the time. Nobody has it their way all the time. How is that different from anyone? But you're mad about it now. I don't get it, but it happens a lot. You're right. I but I don't get it. I can't explain it. I I've never understood behavior in my head. The, 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 the concept, now, I, I shouldn't say never. Since I've been an adult, I haven't understood the idea that what I want to play is more important than the game world that my character's on. Well, I want to play a, ha- a half-orc, half-halfling on Kryn. Why not? I've got a good write-up right here. I wrote it up. Give it to me. Like, No. It doesn't exist on the world. You have to play within the confines of the world. If your world, like you said in Simbaroom, which I do own, I just don't like the system. I wish it was your zero engine. Um, I, I love the background and the art, though. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, with something like that, where it's like, this is the game we're playing. You have to conform to the game. Now, if what you say might be a little oddball, but fits within the premise of the game, I could see a game master going either way on that, yes or no. But there's no guarantee that the game master has to say, Oh, well, yeah, since it's in any way, shape, or form possible. I always tell people this, put it quickly. The problem with these games, or the problem with the people in these games, is because game masters tell them things like, hey, if it's possible, I'll allow it. Well, anything's possible up in the noodle. Anything. I don't allow that. I say if it's probable. It can be different, but it has to be probable. Right. So, yeah, but... How how would you change that? How 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 would you get the the narrative away from from the player is always right to something more realistic? Well, um, with that first, you don't play with the 
player that doesn't want to play in your game. I mean, that's the first thing. Gatekeeping. So, well, no, it's not gatekeeping. It's called, hey, you know, I will have a, I'll have a game for you at a later time. But in this particular game, I wish to play this. Mm-hmm. Okay. If uh, if you want to save that write up for uh, my game on Tuesdays, where it's Happy Go Lucky Five E, that's fine. We can definitely do that. But for this game, can we just you know all sit down together? We can all create a party together that works cohesively in the game. And if you don't want to play that game, that's fine. I've got another table for you. That's kind of how you do it. That's not gatekeeping. Okay. Well, they, they see it as gatekeeping, and, and, I, and, I, and I have an, and I have an experience. I'm not going to go into it now, but I have an experience that. It's almost spot on to what you said. It was called gatekeeping. But go on. <laughs> so, but there's also the second point that that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. is that. Uh, so I'm 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 a 42 year old man. I've been gaming for a while. I have gone. Um, I, I went maybe about you know 15 years without playing at a table because I couldn't stand 4E. Uh, once 3E and Pathfinder started like diving into that. Plus, I got married and I had two kids, so mm-hmm. there's that as well. Um, but I survived that first satanic panic. Okay, where all of the parents and the teachers and the congressmen, they all latched on to D&D and tried to crush it because all of a sudden we were studying witchcraft and we were doing this. And thank you, Tom Hanks, stuff that they could not understand. And then in the 90s, it happened again. And it happened with when the craft came out and other things like that. There was a much smaller uh, satanic panic where, again, and this is where I lost a lot of my books. Um, the, the only thing that survived was my Greyhawk folio and two of my uh, basic D&D books. Everything else was gone. So I've had to rebuild over the last 20 years. Wait, wait where did it go? Did, did uh, my father threw it away. No, oh, no. My father threw them away. Oh, okay. So, because he, what he saw was, uh, I, <laughs> I was, I'm not this anymore, but I was very much one of those, um, uh, I, I was a, a goth drama kid, or at least I oh, hung God. out with goth drama kids, right? Yeah, you went through so, that phase, huh? Oh, everybody. So, so I, uh, you know, at that time, you know, uh, and I basically still do, but you know, I, I, you know, clerks was like my movie. The crow was my movie, that kind of stuff. Uh, for those of you who are much younger than me, those were movies that we actually used to go to movie theaters to watch what? Before the pandemic. I know it's amazing, right? So movie theaters, what's that? Yeah. So the, um, the second satanic panic happened, but in, the people who lived through the first satanic panic and the second satanic panic are now the stewards of D and D. And now it, there's, it's not really a satanic panic as it is a diversity panic within the w- w- just culture in general. And they have to uh, – and so if it doesn't form into what culture is today, then we have to throw it out as my father threw out my books. And that's what's happening. And, and it seems to happen about every 20 years. Okay, or every 15 years or so. And right now we're going through a period where it's like, oh, my God, D&D no longer fits into the cultural norm or role playing doesn't fit into the cultural norm. So we either have to get rid of it or we have to change it. So So I'm going to I'm going to say something that that Max said earlier, that uh, um, not having a new Dragonlance can be seen as a good thing because they can't ruin it if they don't reopen it. True, but we've also lost it as well. Well, 
Yeah, so the, I, mean, I see that. There's definitely two sides to that coin. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. That, that that's that's the bad thing. Yeah, you, you can't play it with with modern, you know, fifth edition without it's not, like uh, spending all kinds of time uh, retrofitting it yourself. But you know, they also can't water it down, homogenize it, change it to where it's all but unrecognizable on you, and then you're you're forced with that with the thing Correct. that isn't the thing you wanted anymore. But that may, may, that may be, I said it in the, I said it in the chat and we had a small discussion, but that may be just phase one. Phase one is to contain it. Okay. Phase two is to bury it. Um, now oh. whether wizards of the coast and whether Hasbro does this, but the books are still uh, great sellers on uh, say New York times, bestseller list, LA yep. times, all of that kind of stuff. But what if Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, who owns this IP, just decide one day, you know what, we're going to stop selling it because it no longer, uh, it, it, it's no longer part of, of our way of thinking. So they just stop selling it. And then after they bury it, then they try to make us forget about it. Yeah, uh, so... I'm writing down notes here because you're making a bunch of good discussion points. Uh, I'm going to go backward on this. One. I'm going to talk about what you just said first, which is. Uh, Would you believe that I had my own podcast for 10 years? Absolutely, no, yeah, 100%. No, never believe it. I'm going to joke about that. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, I do believe that. And and I'm Liar. telling you, I don't want you on this show because um, <laughs> you're making me. Because I, I got this little, you know, nasally whiny voice. I don't like it anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, so. In, in backtracking here, what was I going to say now? Uh, I got that one. I got that. One. Oh, it's just like the comic book industry side of it. They Ugh. went to the comic book industry and said, and I'm oversimplifying here. And by the way, I'm pulling this from such shows as, you know, EVS, John Malin and, and so forth and, and Yellow Flash and, and what they say about this. Went to the comic book industry and said, hey, do you want to reach a more diverse audience? Well, we can help you do that by adding in some of this, you know, intersectionality and so forth and of course companies like more diverse audience that sounds good let's do it bring them in oh now that they're in it's like ooh, these people are, are a problem we've, we've got to we've got to push them to the side and you know you've got to do more of this uh that's well, still kind of new we'll, we'll work this out already we'll stop doing that stuff that people like we'll start doing this new stuff and and, and oh we got now we got to change woman wonder woman to having heavy piercings and being fat like wait wait a second here you've destroyed in the comic book industry, you've destroyed comics. You know, people, while comics still sell, sure, on Indiegogo. <laughs> like, comics, like, 40,000 is considered a really good run for a comic book now when they're selling millions or, or a million 20 years ago. So, so exactly what you're saying with regard to that is they come in, and, and I think I said it a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you watched that one or not, but I, but I talked about weirdos in, in the industry when you had that Paco guy on, or did the Paco reaction this has always been a hobby of weirdos it, it just has so you're going to have a higher percentage of like you said goths in, in my case i had the ripped jeans i tried to look like axel rose or something there uh, you go yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean we all we all had our thing right uh, you know but it's always the artists the drama queens the, the, you know whatever else and i'm not talking in that the pejorative i mean like the actual thespian ties it was always the kind of weirdos that were there the somewhat outcasts from normal school because most of us i think picked this up originally in either junior high or senior high I, I'm, right. I'm gonna guess the same for you well good this, this is a great segue in the other part that i want to say the it's become normalized 
So now weirdo behavior that was normally shunned, and I'm not talking satanic panic, but, you know, just weirdo behavior that was normally shunned is now being popularized by, you know, first the Will Wheaton shop, Wesley, and the, you know, and the, the Vin Diesels and so forth, which is actually pretty cool. And you've got actors and celebs. Didn't, wasn't there a couple of politicians that were just recently playing, or is that a Twitch thing? I forget. The point being is now it's mainstream with these weirdo proclivities in it. And they're trying to jam it into the mainstream. And the mainstream, I'd say 90% of it just sits back and says, whatever, just shut up. But that, that tells what, you know, it's like, uh, look, I'm not going to mention any names, but some very close friends who are part of this community, Legion of Myth, you know what, I still buy 5e stuff. I just don't listen to them. I just do what I want. You're giving those people the fucking money. They're going to think it's successful and they're going to sell it. They're getting average. They're getting weird. Did you see the D&D celebration at all? No. no. Uh, we did a little. We talked about it a little bit here. Uh, I know Heathen Dog saw at least a little bit of it because we played some of it. But uh, it was all weird blue haired people that, that are acting like they're 16 years old, but they're in their fucking 40s. They need to get real jobs. They need to see what the real world is, worrying about if somebody's got a goddamn combat wheelchair. And, and then you get these dumbasses like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow saying that she's going to take down the patriarchy. Now, that doesn't sound like D&D or anything, but, th but what I'm saying is, is you've got these celebrities coming in with this stuff. They run with it because it feels good, man. Feels good, man. And that's, that's what's got to be stopped. It's just, I mean, again, include everybody. Remember, Tenant 3, include everybody, but it's got to be natural can't force it uh was it en world en world uh one, one of those uh major blogs came out and said that uh if you're gonna write uh, uh an rpg or have or stream an rpg you must be diverse or it's not an appropriate uh, stream you must have people of color you must have transgender or at least uh people with different sexual proclivities or gender identities whatever or it's not a proper stream fucking kidding me sorry i, I said a lot there but well, they'd have a heart attack with this show. I, oh, yeah. That's, but that's what, honestly, that's part of why I want to do this, is I want to show other people out there, no matter how small this show is, I want to show other people out there, number one, that a right-winger and a former, former left-winger, because I don't think you can call yourself left-wing anymore. I'm <laughs> not, not, not allowed to. You know, can, can A, get along, have very similar thoughts, B, but to stand up. When these people say, you're a Nazi, I'll be like, well, you're a Stalinist, and that's probably worse. You know, what? you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping there is a comment um, in, in one of our videos or, so, or so, someone comes on on Twitch and says something stupid like, uh, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you're not black. I'm waiting for that because then the very next week I'll come on blackface. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Well, there goes our channel. But hey, you know no, what? No, 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 no. I now identify as a black man. So it, it's funny that you mentioned that. Do you remember the whole controversy with Community? Yes. And yeah. their D&D &D episode? Yeah. Okay. Yes. That was about the most diverse group ever. And yes. they were also trying to help a guy who was socially awkward. Yes. As yes. in the entire purpose of D. Yeah. Well, not and, the entire purpose of D&D. &D, uh, but, you know, it's Asian the reason man why. was not in blackface. An Asian man was in drowface. Correct. But they saw it. But apparently, the D&D &D community saw it as blackface, and I'm wondering, 
have they ever played D and D? Do they no, not the recognize a drow? And uh, blue blue checkmark Twitter fiends saw it as blackface. Correct. And if that is considered blackface dressing up as a drow, can everybody that dresses up as a red tiefling or a blue tiefling can we call that red face and blue face? Yes. That's <laughs> you know, the, logic, they are yeah. trying to they are trying to culturally appropriate tiefling society. By their own logic, yes, which is I, ridiculous. I, yeah, I, I hate I hate that term cultural appropriation. I just hate it. It's yeah. made up nonsense again. Well, right, but I'm using it sarcastically. Yeah. In right. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, you're not an elf, so you need to take those ears off because it's highly offensive to elf kind. Yep. Yeah, I, and you know what? I I will back that. I will back up uh, the whole uh, taking that episode of Community down. The very first time a drow comes to me and complains. You wouldn't be alive for long. <laughs> no. If he complains, you're pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, but the right. thing is, yeah, you're you're uh, you I uh, that uh, community episode was offending a race of people that don't exist. So as soon as one of them comes up and, and says they were offended, I'll agree taking right. it down was a good idea. Well, you See, know, get, if, if you look at movies offended about imaginary things, it only exists in your head. Nowhere else in the world. Does it exist except in your in your stupid little imagination? Try try thinking of it like that instead of trying to push your thoughts into other people's heads. Keep them to yourself and move on. Look, look at what like they're, they're doing with like some of these actors and actresses in movies where they have to apologize. I'm sorry, I'm not actually transgender and I played one in a movie. You're a fucking actor. Oh That's God. your goddamn job. Oh my god, there there was there was one. There there was one. This was this was a uh, years ago. Um I forget, I forget the star. It was a white woman and, uh, she, she was playing in a movie, a half Hawaiian pilot. And they're like, well, she's, she's like super white. I mean, think, think like Kate Winslet, let's type white, you know, super white. She can't play that. And then you brought up the picture of the actual woman that, that she's oh, playing. I remember that she's a white redhead. She looks completely white. She looks ginger. <laughs> she doesn't look half half white. That wasn't right? that long no. ago, was it? Because I thought I remember we talked about it like maybe a year or so like, ago. It was around like seven years ago, I think. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was. It was Emma Stone. Emma Stone. There you go. Emma Stone is white as hell, but the person she was playing also looked white as hell. It was proper casting. I mean, if if you actually cast someone who looked stereotypically looked. Uh, half Hawaiian, which I guess would be Hawaiian or Asian or something like that. It wouldn't look like the person who you based it on. This has to be a joke. Please tell me this is a joke. He's One just trolling us right I now. Read was someone complaining in earnest, not jokingly, about the mummy game by White Wolf being offensive to Egyptian cult. <laughs> I had to stop reading it. <laughs> um. First of all, known White Wolf, if somebody sent them that message, um, that, that book probably would have been banned. White Wolf is, uh, is off the deep end when it comes to that stuff. But uh, Well, that can't be a joke. And I say I know, it can't not. be a joke because look at Curse of Strahd. Curse of Strahd is apparently offensive to Romani people. Well, was it Curse of Strahd, the adventure? I thought it was just the Vistani as, as a whole. I thought Curse of Strahd, everybody's okay with still. Uh, they just the original Raven brand, left. Yeah, well, they released that new box set that completely um, it it takes out all of the offensive Vistani language and all the offensive uh, 
gypsy language and stuff like that that's exactly what you're talking about there you know you're playing um you're, you're playing you know mummy i forget what it was called but white wolf mummy offensive to egypt egyptian people you know that'd be i don't know you know that's it is completely the thing is uh, mo most of the most of the people taking offense are taking offense for someone else for another group which i find Im immensely ridiculous well, like, not only uh, that, but like most that, of the people of that other group usually don't want it. Don't give a shit. No, they don't care. Like, uh, like uh, someone who who takes offense and says that is sexist against women. It's usually, you know, not a not a, it's a, a reputable group of women saying that, or or sexist against black people. It's usually a white woman talking like that. Like, I, I know this isn't true true across the board, but one of the things you remember that old saying: "Thou doth protest too profusely." I, I well, really I believe. Don't think it's said like that, but yeah, so, something close to that. Uh, close I I believe in that in a in a large degree. If you look at these folks, whether it's a you know D and D writer or it's a comic book creator or it's it's Rooster Teeth, uh, you know those are the ones who come up and they're like, "You're bad people if you believe this." Blah 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 blah. And then right, you know, they're saying that as the camera's showing up here, but you don't see what's going on below the desk, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so many of them are getting caught up in this. You come to find out that, wait a second, you know, underage. Oh, you got that new one, grooming, but you know, cheating on, on wife. Uh, oh, over here, talked about this, but then, like I said, I don't want to get into some of the things. I think they're pretty disgusting. But if you, if you followed any, any of those, uh, uh, those discussions or events that have happened, it's it's the ones who seem to cry the loudest that are the ones that you come to find out in the end. The reason they're crying is they're trying to uh, what, what's what's it called? Not project. It's um, get you to look at deflect, deflect. Yeah, get you to look the other way. Well, that's the whole pastor priest syndrome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, Plus yes. The, the whole homophobe, like, like oh, you're you you hate homosexuals. Ah, homosexuals are evil. They're bad, and you're secretly gay. That's you know, it's a tale old as time. So right. quick save F5. Thank you very much for following Legion of Myth. Prime. Sweet. Again, so, guys, right. I appreciate you bringing me on and everything like that. You guys have a good day. If you ever you want well. to invite me on, um, I would certainly come on. Um, I don't yeah, have absolutely. a problem with that. So, uh, so, so one, of the, one of the things about the, about our, our show is that, I mean, it's always me, me and Heathen Dog for now, but the ultimate was supposed to be, hey, we can, we can do this however we want. I mean, if Heathen Dog just wants to be on a day, I'll cry. Uh, if he wants to, you know, if we want to have six people on here, that might get a little crazy. There really is no set structure to this other than we have our segment one and our segment two and then, you know, our segment three like this. So, it, yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Um, just as a heads up, while you're still here and we can tell this to everybody else, next week we actually have a special guest. You want to tell who it is or you want me to? No, go ahead. Um, you, you set this one up. Go ahead. Uh, unscripted, unchained reviews. Is that his name? DM Bloodworth. Uh, he does a lot of... Uh, uh, reviews and so forth out there uh he'll be on next week and we're going to be talking about beck me basic dnd so and he's going to talk about why he thinks it's the easiest one for the osr type stuff for people to get into it we're going to go through that and of course uh, what else is going on in the universe and then after that our next game has finally kind of been determined unless yep. uh heathen dog wants to put uh, a quick riffs thing in there beforehand yeah uh, I, but, you know what i might do that just because okay. it was i would be asked for it in the comments but uh it's a big eye, small mouth, fourth edition. Fourth edition, be yeah. Because uh, I bought it, even though he's the dog's the anime guy. <laughs> so. <laughs>
So if you have anything you want to talk about on that, Crafty, you're welcome to come in. Um, you got it. Not a problem. So, Heathen, how long have you been an anime fan? Oh, geez. Um, 92, 90, yeah, 92. You um, haven't done it in years, but did you ever hear of the Method to Madness podcast? No. Oh, well, fine. I cry <laughs> oh, now. That's okay. Sorry. So, no, no, it's all right. Well, have, uh, have you heard of the Legion Myth weekly live stream? <laughs> yes, I have. Oh, you, well, damn it. But, no, <laughs> uh, we, wa people. we watched and reviewed bad anime so that you didn't have to. Oh, bad anime. There you go. Yeah, I did all of it. I did, all, I did good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> I did so, good and bad. Again, but, uh, yeah, um, like, uh, like, like a lot of people, I got my start with uh, Dragon Ball. Oh, and yes. Then, uh, yeah, and then uh, was it Dragon Ball, then uh, Fist of the North Star, Akira, um, Ninja Scroll. You know, very, 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 uh, stuff, very much like, like uh, Oh My Goddess and uh, uh, Tenshi Buyo. Yeah. So those, those yeah, weird, yeah. yeah. Weird I think, I think I've just found our two people for the Saturday podcast that's going yeah. to live stream that's going to start happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it all depends on what my work schedule is. You know, I do sling cars. So. Oh, nice. That's, uh, I mean, awesome. oh, you, you you take money, you steal money from old ladies. That's what you do. So, <laughs> yes. Um, oh, wow. Yes, I do. Well, he admits it. So uh, you know what? I there like an honest salesman. All so, right. <laughs> anyway, if you're willing, if you're willing to buy it at a price, I'm willing to sell it at a price. And even go. if I can go lower, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> All right, All guys. Right, perfect. Yeah, Appreciate it. You have a good one. Bye bye. All right. Anybody else? I sent the link out again. Uh, nobody else has jumped on board here. You know what? Everybody's going to be intimidated after him. I'm intimidated after him. Yeah. I have no shame. I'm okay. But I, I just, I just did an underwear dance. I obviously have no shame. Hey, you know, but again, hey, so that was uh, crafty was the one that, uh, that ponied up I for that one. It. So yeah. thank you very much. You also, I have written down here on my notebook of scribbles there that uh, I owe him a game as well when this is over. So. Ethan Dog's dying. I saw him get the COVID. Saw him get it. I saw it fly into him. All right, if uh, if I'm gonna give a little bit more time here in case somebody else wants to jump in, I'm gonna try one more time. I'm gonna put the link out there in case. Uh, other than that, I think uh, we'll get ready to start to wrap it up. Um, so he, you didn't you didn't necessarily miss it because it's, it. it's, it's clipped. It's clipped it's on Discord. Discord. So and when I make a fail video sometime in the future. But it's not a fail. That was a perfectly great dance. I, I, I call it the old fizzy wig. Should, should I play it? Here, let me play it. No, don't don't play it. You're fine. <laughs> Again, I it, my my junk may or may not be out at the end of that dance. Yeah, we so do. We have, you may not want to play it. Yeah, that would be bad. I hope your junk is not out because that was hilarious me, enough. Me too. To, hey, and because by the way, anybody who's a it. Anybody who's a paying back, see the people who didn't pay or who don't pay, they're just, you know, followers, subscribers, so forth. They don't get to see it. They'll get segment two earlier in the week and then segment one later in the week. The people yeah, we, I, who I are, didn't do it during a segment. Right. The people yeah, who are so there behind the paywall who actually either are YouTube members or Twitch subscribers or subscribe star backers. Here, let me give you a link so you can do that. Uh, where is that? Uh, because at this point, you may actually want to do that. There's Subscribestar. Any one of them. If you're a paying backer, you can see Heathen Dog dance in all his underwear glory. Well, you'll have to, you have to delete it from Discord then. 
because that's for free. So you got to get you got to put the kibosh. Well, that's on just it. that's just a clip. That's only thirty seconds, isn't it? You did it for more than thirty seconds, I think. No, no, it was about the same. Yeah, I did a the the fizzy wig. I did a little a little uh, pseudo Russian thing, and then uh, something else. <laughs> for total, it was about thirty. All right. Um, I'm not seeing anybody else pop in, so I think we're about ready to end it. Do you have anything uh, you want to, I mean, it's not last words yet, but uh, anything you want to close out with before I start putting weird stuff on the screen? We didn't do the disclaimer. God damn it. Hey, you know what? Life's hard. There it is. But uh, what what we're talking about, this whole Dragonlance thing, um, in my opinion, this lawsuit is not going to win. It's, it's a loser. It's a loser lawsuit. Um. They they have the uh, Wizards of the Coast has the has the contract on their side basically. All they have to do is is not perform this action and it's gone. And then uh, the the second part of the of the lawsuit was bad faith. I, I, I the, proving that is difficult. To well, say the Le- least. Leonard so. Leonard French, um, he's one of uh, the attorneys. Uh, you- that I watch him, Hog and uh, Haug, I should say, and uh, Riketa. And Leonard French said it looked, at least on the surface, pretty cut and dry that uh, Weiss and Hickman have all the balls in their court. Hmm. He explained, as a matter of fact, he goes into the bad faith stuff. So, I mean, I can send you a link to that one. But he, no, he's, he the, the Wizards of the Coast may have to pay him out, but they, they can definitely make, make sure that those books never happen. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, if, if if the end result is to get a book out, that's probably never going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, Margaret Weiss and Trace Hickman might get paid the full amount that was that was due for their contract. Maybe I could. See I, that. I, I doubt they'll get 10 million, though. They'll, they'll probably get maybe like a million each settle. Yeah, no, the, they'll, they will get what they were what they were supposed to get in their contract. And then they'll call it a win. But we will. Well, that's win the thing because- is that they're looking for future damages in it. Well, the thing is, is since uh, since Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast owns the IP, you can't prove future damages because they don't own it. So not a, I'm not a lawyer. I can't I can't discuss. The, I, I I I'm not intelligent enough. Well, to I'm an armchair lawyer. I can discuss whatever the hell I want. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, I I don't know what I've watched so far. The lawyers that I've watched said that uh, it the the all the favor right now is to Weiss and Hickman in this, and they can claim going forward uh the future damages based on their past experience with the books that they've sold and so forth but to to sell a book you need the ip holders consent and yeah, and you, they, you and they had prove that. in the future that they would give it no no they had it no they had the consent through 2032 i think it was oh well then okay never mind carry on we're still not going to see a book though yeah i know not gonna happen it sucks on that sad note, put up the links again. Ethan Dog made me cry. Sorry. Sure, I like this job anymore. I will. I will spend my waking hours translating first edition Dragonlance into fifth edition. Do you know enough fifth edition to do that? Fifth edition is so generic; it doesn't matter. You can pretty much <laughs> guess and be right. They had an agreement to write even if it's Watsy property and they terminated without payment. Yeah, right, right. The contract. It's just, I don't think Heathen Dog's read the entire thing. I've watched two videos on it that specifically went over the whole thing by lawyers. Uh, but I, I just, I don't like but to ever not, be like, I know more than you because I 
a win for us would be a book, a, a, a new trilogy, and it's not going to happen. Fair, and, and you know what? I absolutely agree with that sentiment as well. Uh, once again, want to thank, certainly want to thank Crafty. Not only did he come on the show and talk to us with his radio voice that uh, now I have to go practice in the mirror. Man, or something. you are really up on that. You better let that go. It's like, have you seen, have you listened to Sauce Mouse? I don't want Sauce Mouse on here either. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, uh, but he's also the one that, uh, that uh, gave the money for uh, Heathen Dog to Dance. So thank you very much. We always thank our, our monetary backers. We thank everybody. But, you know, monetary backers are the ones that say, hey, we really enjoy what you're doing. We think uh, you deserve a little something, something for that. So, uh, look, especially with COVID time, so on and so forth, not everybody's got money. And we, yep. will never, we will never do anything that says you can't watch us if you don't pay. But, but, <laughs> but that being said, it, it is not beneath us to say that we like people who give us money better than people who don't. <laughs> I wouldn't say That's I like them better, answer. but I have to appreciate you more. That's not necessarily <laughs> like. That's just appreciate. Um, you know, we, we listen to the people that we have a pri- It never gets used, but we do have a private discussion forum for, for folks like this, which I would listen to the stuff that goes in there over over the other ones because that's just the right thing to do if somebody's supporting you you support back right and let's be honest how, how much time did you put in uh maybe i shouldn't ask this how much time did you put in researching this uh the segments for today well i reread the dragonlance book mm-hmm. so that that took a uh, that was over two days on that and uh i i watched i did a cursory watch of that video mm-hmm. that that you showed and uh, that hurt me then it hurt me again today so yeah, I mean, uh, compared to what I used to do for the live stream, like for the, for the live stream every week, I would work during the week. I would take Monday off and then I would be working on my, on my segment from Tuesday to Friday, but I don't have to do that now, which I'm happy about. Which, which is partially intentional. Uh, let me put yeah. that to 12 point font in 12 point font. I wrote 11 pages of just notes. Yeah, you need to be scripted. Well, this I wasn't is, fully I wasn't fully scripted. I was mostly scripted, but not fully scripted. You were mostly scripted. Uh, but yeah, you 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 require it just because you're you. Right. Yeah, yes. It's to make sure I don't forget anything. And sometimes I'll look at bullet points and go, WTF is I think. Yes, in there. crafty. I would believe that you wrote something. There's some stuff you need to say. I believe it. That's good. No, you came on here. You actually yeah. sounded more intelligent than us for a moment. So, you know, again. Well, uh, than you. Than me and uh, so so that yeah i know i'm with you I'm, I'm glad you write notes i like it when people come on now now to be fair it's a little late to say this now but uh i want the people that uh we talk smack about to come on too and talk smack back this isn't supposed to be an echo chamber so uh yeah, yeah you only get kicked off when you're done talking or or you or you say something that could endanger our our streaming our continued streaming yeah just, really. just because you have a different opinion that doesn't mean we're going to block you. Agree. Yeah, that's that's the whole. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we'll go on. So yeah, we want to thank our monetary backers, uh, the people who give bits, the people who subscribe. Uh, Crafty for everything he's done. You know, you know who Crafty reminds me of, what? right now, Zon. Who? Okay. Yeah, I can see that. He's the new Zon. He's the new Zon. <laughs> uh, and uh, so also want to thank the people who. Just watch and chat. I loved watching. Uh, sorry, Charlotte, I missed your comment there. The heart of the issue is Weiss and Hickman. Simply the SJWs that control D&D want you to think things that they're done made popular. They want you to acknowledge it. Yeah, that, that, that's... 
or or everything you did in the past was bad. So sorry I didn't catch your uh, comment a little sooner there. You did get uh, here just in time to miss it. Segment one will go up Thursday of next week on YouTube. Segment two will go up um, Tuesday of next week, and all the other banter with people coming on the show, so on and so forth. Up, oh, that's behind a paywall. All right. Uh, yeah. You, uh, who else was I thinking? Oh, I want to thank just the people who lurk. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Spectrifier actually did more than lurk today. He typed in two comments. Two of them. I know, right? That's crazy. Baldahar was there for a second. I don't know what the hell it is. Oh, Baldahar's still there. Never mind. I see him right there. I wasn't sure he had hands for a while. <laughs> Baldahar said he totally needed a towel for the wipe rub dance. <laughs> for the what? Where? The wipe rub dance. Uh, it's, a, oh. well, it's up a little higher. I'm looking at Twitch chat right there. Yeah. Oh, man. If anybody forgets, uh, we'll have to figure out what to do with that video. We'll have to put that behind a second paywall. Get you rich. <laughs> the double paywall. <laughs> double padlock. Okay. Uh, it was, so that was, uh, we did the links. We did that. I don't think there's anything else we need to do. That's it. I don't, I don't do the schedule anymore because you guys keep breaking it. Do you want to talk about your schedule real quick before I? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sign off with the schedule thing. Okay, uh, tonight this is going to be uh, Garthon and, uh, and viewers playing Civ 6. It's going to be at eight, uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then Monday and Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, is uh, Seven Days to Die with me and uh, Sheris and Mar Hawkman and, and maybe Raven's Lair and uh, lots of viewers. I have my own private server. You, you two, if you have the game, you can join. All you got to do is be a follower or subscriber. Followers get to play. Subscribers get to be mods in my uh, private server. And then on Tuesday night is more Civ 6. Uh, Thursday night is uh, Smite. Me, Garthon, Sheris, and whoever else wants to wants to come on and uh, uh, be old people playing a young person's game. That's a good deal. And Friday during the day is is it going to be uh, is it going to be at noon Central, one Eastern, or is it going to be one Central, two Eastern for you? It's going to it's going to be an hour. I, I can't come home an hour earlier, so it's going to have to start an hour later. So it's going to have to start at noon. Okay, so or, it's going to be uh, one. Uh, one. What time do I normally so start? In, instead time? of noon Central, it's going to be one Central. Sure. It's going to be an okay. hour later. Whatever, whatever an hour, hour later, later so there. Noon Central can be one Central. It's going to be Conan Exiles and Max Liao bought. Again, he he bought a server for that too. So it's it's a persistent world. I'm keeping it limited and, uh, right now until we learn the game, though. Right, right, and un until they learn the game, they're not going to let just anyone in. But uh, after a while, when when they when they get the hang of it, then they're going to open up this. Then I imagine they'll open up the server to subscribers. And Saturday night at uh, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern is uh, Risk, uh, uh, and we are continuing the tradition of me never winning. <laughs> so yeah there's that do i whine a little bit yes is it warranted most likely yeah but that is our schedule we're doing something every day of the week be it uh, in the afternoon or in the evening the new risk game uh yeah risk global domination it's actually risk heathen dog domination because that game dominates me pretty heavily <laughs> like a lot like oh heathen dog's winning oh no he rolls all once He's not winning anymore. Good, good. World is good. Uh, there's some suggestions in our uh, RPG Digest channel, uh, pretty much towards you. Real quickly, you had um, Duncan Idaho was on the show quite a bit. 
yep. uh, from this from the Foundry folks. Who is the other one that you had on? The guy that I said was really boring, never let him on Green again. Dragoon. Oh, well, his name was mentioned. So uh, you can talk to Mark Hawkman about that in, in our on our Discord. Yeah, that that was like the most unexciting person that <laughs> he was factual. I'll give him that. I mean, he had yeah. content. No, no, but... <laughs> he, had, he had good information. It was just uh, tedious to listen to. But a lot of people are like that. Yeah. You know, maybe he had he had the whole you know red light anxiety, red light fright. You yeah, know, I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. But he had good information. I I can't take that. No one can take that away. All right, look forward to uh, D- uh, DM Bloodworth next week and uh, Unscripted Unchained. Uh, th- what's, what the hell? I, I should know better than that what his YouTube channel is. I had his notes in front of me and I don't since this morning. Um, we'll, post, we'll post a link in our Discord because it's fair to give him a shout out and let you go see, see who he is and so forth and get him on the show. So we'll enjoy that. So hope to see you next week and I hope everybody has a most wonderful day.